Welcome back, everybody, to the dog job. Uh, season five, episode, I don't remember. <laughs> uh, this is, uh, yeah, it's been a while. The last one was the Megasode. Which uh, was last month. And now we're doubling up, baby! Yes. So Two Megasodes in a row! We were talking about it, and we're going to do it. We're going to do best of the decade now. We're gonna, Yay. We're copying BuzzFeed. And we're counting down our favorites from the last 10 years. If they can get away with doing it, so can we. Yes, yeah, exactly. BuzzFeed makes them. a lot more fucking money we than we more do. more integrity <laughs> and more journalistic duty. I don't know about some that. Some housekeeping here. We've made some changes for those of you who listened to the last Megasode. Nobody is getting wasted on this one. Right. True. I'm drinking the yeah. lightest beer I could find. I Deliberately. Promise, I promise that this podcast will be listenable. <laughs> I can't promise that it'll be good, but I promise you will be able to physically oh, listen to it. Over 50 people got through that. Unbelievable. So, yeah. Yeah, props thanks, to you guys. Thanks and I, to each and every one of you for suffering through it with us. And then, Sam. <laughs> is it just 50? <laughs> had to pay out because of a... Yeah, a, actually, yeah. I ended up having to pay out on, on a few people. A few people messaged me. And props to the people that messaged me and said the password for the 10 bucks and then were like, you don't actually have to pay me. <laughs> and they're like, oh. <laughs> they just, uh, it was just nice to know that you listened. Thank you. That's cool. Dope. There you go. So, cool. is it 50 people that actually made, made it through or just 50 people that loaded it? Well... 50 downloads. So oh, I okay. used to tell myself 45 that of that was mine, but yeah. I was going to say, I was one of those, so that's 49. <laughs> I, I would guess that my, anybody uh, that listened to it had to do multiple listens. I don't think anybody Chinese sat down farm. and listened to it. Beginning. <laughs> yeah. Five was hours. Like, clear my yeah. schedule. That's yeah, not yeah. an indication of uh, listen time in any way. So I have a feeling that after the first Didn't you get a metric minutes, for listen time? As soon as you hear that pop when you handed me the whiskey bottle, I yeah. think that's when, that's when, that's that's when you, it just cut off. That's right when there. you blacked out. <laughs> like, I, I know where this is going. <laughs> I, I think see. that was the time Corey went upstairs to start drumming. Yeah. Look at me in Slipknot. And he ran upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was not on mic, but yes. Funny story from that Slipknot occurrence. Yeah. And just, just a good... Yeah, I think the, the payoff happened off mic too. Yeah, so what, what ended up happening... I'm not even talking about that night. I'm talking oh, about yeah. way later on Facebook, I saw a video oh, yeah, of some girl... Right. And she was bragging about oh, drumming, yeah, and she yeah. made a video of her drumming to Slipknot. Yeah. So, of course, I, there's, there's hundreds of thousands of views on this thing. She's not paying attention to what I say, right? Yeah. I, I go and I, you know, something to the equivalent of, oh, check out this jabroni who thinks playing Slipknot on drums is impressive. And then he added me. And I tagged Corey yeah. in it. And I love white knights on the internet. This guy comes in, and, and he's like, she looks great, and she's doing what she loves. She doesn't need some limp dick like you. <laughs> <laughs> criticizing her abilities <laughs> like there are guys out there that want a blowjob so bad yeah, right. <laughs> they someone just, who they've never met and on the other side of the planet and just their monkey brain kicks in yeah they're just like, ooh, they're like ooh. women need defense I guarantee you and I can guarantee you that any white knighting like comment yeah. on the internet has never resulted in a blowjob I can guarantee ooh, you I want to see the stats on that have I'm you sure white knighted zero. somebody on the internet? Did you get a blowjob? Hit us <laughs> right up. In. We want to know yeah. your story. P.O. Like, box. We got to survey people. Like, yeah. Call like just robo dial and like press one if you've ever been. You white can't knighted. trust what people say though. But my favorite, the, my favorite thing about it is, yeah, fair. yeah, every everybody's gotten a blowjob from something they did on the internet if you ask <laughs> them at the right time. You know what I'm saying? Like, um. My favorite thing about it is this chick looked tough. She's like in the in like the hardcore like heavy metal gear. She's playing the drums, which means she has more upper body strength than she I have. Good. Like it, you have to be a beast to be good at drums, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you you can tell too when you watch people. Yeah. You can see, and this is probably true for any instrument. You can see like at what capacity of their their level that they're having to uh, use to play what they're playing. Yeah, and she looked pretty and chill. She was just I'll give you that. Yeah, she, she looked just, half asleep. She was chilling. 
But my point is, I click on this guy's profile that's defending her, and he's like some weak little like eighty pound dude from New Jersey. <laughs> it's like, bro, she does not need you. I promise. His, his, his <laughs> she could kick picture. my ass all on her own. His his profile picture is like an anime person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just yeah. some like chick. I guarantee you, go back enough on his pictures, one of them would all be the boxes. Yeah. Yep. Of of internet white knight. Yeah. I think that that's one of the biggest things. Like, if we want to talk about being woke, I think one of the biggest thing guys in general need need to realize. Women are pretty strong, <laughs> and they don't really need us most of the time to step in and be like, how dare you question yeah. her honor? Like, yeah. like, don't real. worry, my lady. <laughs> do, you, do, you think, do you think that she's just sitting around? She's like, oh, how can someone say that? No. And then she reads that comment, and she's like, thank God Mr. New Jersey's here. <laughs> when you look that good, you're that talented, and you're that like physically able, the last thing you need is some, some, some dude. Some weeb from New Jersey <laughs> jumping in and fighting you. It would have been great if you. she would have like commented back and said, I don't fucking need you, weeb. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, oh. that was just a funny result yeah, of, yeah. of, you know, so, so you getting drunk, Corey, don't ever act like it's not a gift to humanity. <laughs> don't act so, like... It's like the butterfly effect. Yeah. Corey gets drunk and then t- Sam gets a dopamine hit two weeks later. <laughs> beautiful, <laughs> beautiful things happen when you get drunk. But yeah, yeah. for our listeners tonight, not happening. Not happening. Uh, we're going to try to keep it a little bit more engaged and hopefully a little bit more focused and just... Uh, <laughs> hopefully this will be a, a, a nice, satisfying, long podcast, but hopefully it won't take six and a half hours to record. Yeah. Hopefully Correct. we won't have to stop to stuff pizza down somebody's throat <laughs> yeah, to yeah. try and sober him up Please enough to finish. Up. Please, God. Didn't happen. But you never know. <laughs> yeah, that was just a funny It was a, it was a perfect podcast. <laughs> People, yeah, I actually, all the feedback I got back on it was positive. All right. So I don't know how that's, how that's possible. But in any case, if you clicked on this, uh, what like, you want to hear have, about. I have the audio file. Yeah. And like, there's been a few times where I've opened it and just clicked at a random point and I can't get through 12 seconds before being like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but if you're back thanks for coming back yeah, and yeah. obviously if you clicked on this you're very uh interested to know about what we thought were the best of the decade which this was actually the hardest list i think i've ever made for this podcast yeah. all times easier because you can pull from anywhere yeah like, all time you're just like oh i'll just name the things i love and yeah. sort them out later with this like there was a little bit more homework and making sure it came out yep but also just the fact that with with the limited options and the fact that very well we'll get into it as we go on yeah. But I had a hard time making this list. Also, yeah. I think it should be noted that I think the majority of us, if not all of us, have made a conscious decision not to list the same things that we listed in our last list. Yeah. And I think I did. Well, uh, it's okay. I mean, obviously, there's some stuff that we're going to list that's the same, but that way it's not the same fucking podcast again. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, if we're like, oh, our number one is this, and it wasn't on the last list, well, you know, it's not that we don't like them. It's just trying to keep it different. Things and, that are worth it's mentioning. A, it's a, I don't. I don't. Ghost. I don't know if anybody put Ghost on their list, <laughs> but it goes without saying. I don't know what you're talking. That's about. like the Hall of Fame band. <laughs> so no matter what, that's one. Like even yeah. if something else comes up, like it, this is number one, it's, it's still center, Ghost. It's that's the my one of the through, bingo card. That's my one it's through the what? eight. Is all the Ghost the albums? Card. Yes, it, it is. It's the, the free space. Yeah. So I will say that, and this is not a joke. For video games, when I made my list, Ghost it, was on there. <laughs> Listening to Ghost is my favorite video game. No, uh, <laughs> far more stimulating Ghost than anything EA has put yeah. out. Um, it was all of the From Software games. We're one through five. <laughs> oh. And I'll just go ahead and tell you the order was Bloodborne, Dark Souls 3, the original Dark Souls, Dark Souls 2, and then Sekiro. Very nice. Um, but it, it, the people that are listening to this have probably been listening for a while. 
What yep. else am I going to say about Dark Souls or Bloodborne that I yes. haven't said? Bay's, right. yeah. Bay's good. Um, <laughs> there, I would not be playing video games today if I hadn't gotten into Dark Souls when I did because they really sucked me back in and have become pretty much my my number one. It's your second life. Yeah. Like at night, I was just telling these guys at night, I just go and I chill and I look for people who need help on some of the bosses and I go and do that for fun. <laughs> so like the Batman of Dark Souls. But that being said, so technically my <laughs> list right. is going to start out at number six. Yeah. Um, because I don't want to talk about Dark Souls and Bloodborne again. All right. So Fair it's enough. an implied one through six is yeah. from software. Yeah, okay. You yeah. could That's just like, we'll put zero from software. <laughs> yeah. All right. Right. I, I had, um, I had a hard time doing music because it's like music is like the timeless. It's the hardest one to be like, <laughs> like Metal yeah, Gear Solid 2. This yeah. is the best. Of album. course. So it's like my disclaimer for my music list is it's music that I would listen to right now. Regardless, like long past the point that I would have gotten sick of listening to anything else. Yeah. Over anything else. What like, I ended up doing, because what I, what I did when I first started uh, putting my list together was I Googled, I'll usually go and Google like what was the biggest stuff from to, to kind yeah. of remind myself. Mm-hmm. But then, and I don't know if this is just me, you start getting sucked into these lists and, and you start almost imitating them because you're like, oh yeah, well that's kind of the expected thing. Yep. So that doesn't work for me because then like, for example, uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild is, yeah. is number one on so many lists. Yeah. And I'm, I know I'm it's gonna, the same thing. I did the exact same thing. And I don't really like that game. So to keep that kind of pressure out and to keep like, if it wasn't something that I try to keep, when I do these, I try to keep them pretty authentic. Like what did I actually enjoy? Yeah. So what I started doing was just listing out the things that I remember that I liked. And if I could remember playing them, then that was a huge plus. Or yeah. remember sure, sure. listening or watching those, them. Those, uh. Those top ten decade list, I only refer to them because I couldn't remember what came out. Yeah, this no, that's decade. that's why I started too. <laughs> it's just like what in the world actually came out. Um, but yeah, so it's gonna be the same format as the Megasode, you know. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting because again, we only really get to nominate three, which is where it really got hard. Right. Yeah, and uh, something could be stolen, and usually that's where the fun debates come out. So I'm excited. Let's have some fun. I do have one question for the audience. I'm just curious when we put out like these five six hour episodes or whatever this one ends up being. I'm really curious. Where do you listen to it? Is it like something you listen to at the gym? Do you really just like sit down in your living room? I've heard commuting. <laughs> I put it on, like, do you have I a mean, commute I, for I think work? The universal rule for podcasts is that no one just sits and listens to a podcast. Right. Yeah. Like, like a, it's you do like an FDR fireside yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Since you I got turn such up a good the reset, dear. Like I, the I talk do, shops on podcasts are like strictly <laughs> while I'm driving for me. Yeah. And while I'm at work, I'll listen to music. So like, um, so since I got such a good response, you know, and I know money was involved from the ten dollars thing, I'm really <laughs> curious. One, tell us what, what your favorite stuff was of the decade, of course. And two, really, if you can, drop us a line. I'm really curious about when you set aside time to listen to this because we still have pretty active listeners. And I'm just curious, yeah. when, when are we on? Are you like you get in a fight with your wife and you go and slam your bedroom door? <laughs> right. I'm going to chill with the boys. <laughs> They're my real friends. They're so pathetic. They make me feel better about where I am. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't aged a day since they started two years ago. Yeah basically still 16 and there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that so should we get started yeah, yeah, yeah let's start right, what do you want to cool. start with i guess we can i think we should shake it up. i think it's gonna we be sh- the most contentious so yeah. i think wherever. we shouldn't start with video games okay let's we let's I think we should shake it up bang out music or something yeah let's start on music bang out music let's start on new I mean, music realistically like i had a lot of, like i love music one yeah. of my favorite things of all time yeah me too but I'm under no illusions that people give a fuck what I have to say about it. Right. Yeah. Well, and we all listen to different music. Yeah. yeah. So there's never like any real argument. Yeah. Usually yeah. we're all pretty, pretty differently placed. So ghost number one. <laughs> well, well, let's start at number well, let's 10. Let's pretend Sam, we, we Sam have integrity. Number 10 on Should these. I start at number 10? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 
number ten, my first one is My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by Kanye West. I was going to put West. that on my list. Yeah. Um, this came Kane out in West. 2010, so it barely put it okay. in the limit. Uh, this is a breakup album for me. That I think. was a different Kanye West. That was a very different. <laughs> you have to try and let yourself forget about Red Hat, Crazy, <laughs> like uh, Big Dick Energy, Kanye West. And you really got to go back. This was like the last of his great albums. Yeah, pretty much. And, and in my opinion, it is his absolute best album. And um, at least his best since his very first. And he really, sonically, it's very diverse. It's catchy, which it, I, I will always be a plebe in the fact that to really engage in music, it has to be catchy. Um, some of these albums that come out that, that all the artists of the world applaud that are just like droning noise for 40 minutes. Yeah. Like tool. I, I was going to say tool. <laughs> I can't do it. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah. But there's a lot of that. There's a lot. Of, even the prog rock sometimes that you guys like, I'm not hating. I don't know. It, Some of the prog rock that you guys recommend to me, I put it on and it's like seriously 37 minutes just, of. You know, I, I, my prog journey has been very funny to me. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, when you, when you're in school, like this happens the most, at least happened to me the most when you're in school and you find something that, that you like, but everyone else hates. Yeah. And so you have to pretend like you're making fun of it. It's like that, but you do that with yourself where you're like, you, and it's, it's this constant like slow roll downhill into like weirder and weirder shit. Yeah. And so it's like, you hear, so like Spotify will recommend something you know, like one point weirder than whatever I'm listening to. And I'm like, ha that's dumb. And then, <laughs> and then you're like, I need every album. Yeah. And then I'm like making fun of it to myself. Like, can you believe they did that? And then a week later, I'm like, I'm listening to all their albums for the fourth time. Right. It's like, that's just, that's the slow descent. I'm not even hating on the genre or any of that. Sure. I, I have I have an equal I, problem I can't with like defend a lot of the music that a lot of the music I listen to is fucking weird. A lot of good jazz music because I there are jazz songs I really like and there are prog rock songs I really like. But when I try to really dive into the genre, uh, when you get into like a playlist of it, yeah, I just I can't do it for prolonged points of time because there's very rarely any kind of hook that activates my monkey brain and is mm-hmm. like Sam like Sam relate yeah. to yeah. this and it's just not the there thing with jazz especially because. Pretty much after I watched the Ken Burns jazz documentary, I was like super into jazz. I was yeah. like, I'm so cool. I like jazz, man. <laughs> but trying to just sit down and listen to jazz is like, it's, it's like doing homework. <laughs> really, you have to you, like sit you down and you're to, like, yeah, the sax is do doing it. something. You need to do it like the FDR fireside chat. Yeah. Like you just sit next to a radio. Yeah. You can't just throw jazz on while you're at work. Yeah. Except like, the one jazz I think that they're the actually the ones, the single jazz album that I think is just good just kind of nice to listen to it's very chill is uh kind of blue by miles davis that's an that's like the go-to album. for everybody though yeah i think it's good though it it's is for timeless. a reason yeah exactly but anyway timeless. going back to kanye west yeah and, kanye. timeless and this album <laughs> um he is catchy but he also gets very art- it's a very good balance of like he was ex- he was experimenting while also keeping it very pop I re- friendly i remember the last thing you said if i can maybe put you back on track sure you said it was a breakup album for you it was uh, yeah, I went through a very hard Thanks, breakup, Corey. And, and this album happened to be uh, one of the the soothing agents I used to help me get through that. And there's some good songs for that. There's ones that pump you up, like Power, and All the Lights, and Is Monster. A, oh, oh, yeah. That's a no good one man should have that all this Saints power. The third. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Monster, which I think is pretty much what made Nicki Minaj established her. Yeah. Huh? No, no, <laughs> 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 monster! Like that's yeah. yeah. That was but, a poll. 
But as far as for the breakup, I mean, there's literally the blame game, which is like yep. a pretty great breakup song, actually. Start at like five minutes, 18 seconds. You get <laughs> and, a good laugh. And Run Away, which I think, I, you know, it's Run a weird away. song. It's, I know when I left you. Run Away is like perfect Kanye away. West. Run Away is like the Kanye West song because it starts out with this beautiful little piano ballad. You've got like these like violins and these synth going and he's like. I sent this bitch a picture of my dick. <laughs> like, that is Kanye Thank West. you, Kane. Uh, so that, you know, any album that really gets me through any kind of either emotional high or low becomes etched in, in time for me and becomes representative of that. And it always is a good place to go and uh, reminisce on where you were and where you've come from, where you've been. And uh, Kanye West, uh, this album in particular will always be that for me. And just as a big Kanye West fan who has been really disappointed with where he's gone, no. Kind of since then, uh, just start doing whatever drugs you were doing when you made this, man. Uh, he gave <laughs> just, up drugs. That's what I'm saying. Like, but I um, now he makes dad. So shoes. when I'm sitting yeah. at work, I get to listen to whatever I want because I'm allowed to have my earbuds in and I'm by myself. Same. That's the dream. That's yeah, lovely. Right. Same. So I've been diving into like different bands I never listened to, and Kanye was one of the artists that I was like, you know what. Sam loves Kanye. I'm going to fucking listen to some Kanye. <laughs> and at first it was kind of rough because I just start from the beginning. Right. But actually, I didn't mind Dropout. And then there was Late Registration after that, right? I think that's a great album. Yeah, too. no, I'm Late Registration. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. And then Sam's like, oh, my favorite is uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Yeah, that's the voice. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's the same oh, voice. That's me. That is what I sound like. <laughs> is that a generic third person voice or is that your, specifically your No, that's very that's for me. specifically Sam. That's okay. my voice. It's just mine. Oh yeah, well, I guess. That's <laughs> so even like you know, we have similar voices. When even my wife is like, I can't tell which one of you is talking. Right. Time. Like, so oh, we're married. Funny. So. Uh, <laughs> anyway, like so I made it through. I want to say the first five or six. What? When is the? Um, I just it's something about the throne. Oh, watch the throne. Watch the throne. Yeah. That's the album I'm on right now. But I keep going back and listening to my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Dropout and late registration. Yeah, those I've, are the three. I've, I've been ha- I had those albums on repeat for the yeah. past week. Good for you. I'm glad that you're getting. I'm glad that you're seeing because like when you tell people like Kanye right now, it has a really negative connotation. <laughs> but if you can go back and see the brilliance that was yeah. at the beginning of his career, and then that that acquiesced to this masterpiece of an album, right? There's I still I still believe in Kanye. Kanye 2020. <laughs> I think he's one terrible thing happening in his life away. From an even greater masterpiece. Mark me <laughs> on that. He's had it too good for too long. Sure. And like anybody well, you who's... you can definitely tell. Yeah, like anybody who's had too much good in their life and has gotten sober and made really good decisions and gotten married and has settled into a form of happiness, yeah. he's lost any connectivity to his art. Right. And that's just the set. It happens time and time again with any great artist. Right. They get comfortable and they stop having whatever demon was pushing them to make these things happen right. to Eminem, right? Yep. And uh but Kanye is one really bad thing happening away from coming back and making the greatest hip hop album of the last thirty years. Mark me now. If if Kim if Kim loses her ass implants <laughs> like she sits on He's a just like, my God. We're gonna get the greatest masterpiece that's ever been made yep. in any medium. <laughs> so Yeah, he got super like um he's gotten super religious late two thousands. That was like his transition into like, I'm not doing drugs anymore. I'm doing, was it Heartbreak in 808s? Is mm-hmm. that what it is? That was like, I'm going full pop now. That was his breakup album. Yeah. He, he broke up with his significant other and he made an entire album uh, about it. 
A lot of people really love that. I've never really been a, been a big R&B guy. It's the same song for the whole that's, album that's for an hour. That's kind of how I feel about it, yeah. I, I mean, it has some good jams on there, but after that... The single from it is good. That's on some of my playlists. Uh, Streetlights? Oh, Streetlights? Is it called Streetlights or... Heartless is the one that's really popular. No, that's... How could you be so heartless? Yeah. That's not the one I'm talking about. I'm thinking about Streetlights going... Happen oh, yeah. to be just like moments yep. passing. That's right. You clicked on this. You decided to listen to it. That's on you. But <laughs> Sam I think used to be enough. a singer. He used to be a front man. <laughs> In a punk band. It's very important. <laughs> I wasn't like trying to... Never mind. Wait. All right. There's a very big difference. Is it pop punk or was it punk? It was pop punk. Okay. There it was. Go. Every I want band you to get your ass pop punk. We weren't pissing on anyone. Yeah. I was, I was never actually in like a hardcore like, <laughs> let's blend up our own fingers and drink it in front of the audience because <laughs> to stick it to the man i was never in like that kind of punk band anyway that's number 10 all right a lot of kanye <clears throat> number nine Tom. number nine let's see here oh geez i don't even hmm, i have it well you know what i'm gonna make a quick substitution i'm gonna say battleborn by the killers all right number oh, nine. sure very good they had two albums that came out this decade, Battleborn and Wonderful Wonderful. Wonderful Wonderful is a great album, but I think Battleborn has more songs I r- routinely go back to listen to. Wonderful Wonderful has like two, has like The Man and Rut. Yeah. Yep. And then that's it. <laughs> and the rest is like, I'm, you know, I'm not feeling suicidal right now, but maybe <laughs> if I listen to this, then maybe I will. I um, would give it to Wonderful Wonderful, but I do like Battleborn as well. Because you got like Miss Atomic Bomb. Yeah. Uh, you got uh the way it was, Battleborn. You know, like the way it was. Good. I love that song. That's a great song. Battleborn. I love the Killers. Um, I'd be remiss not to include them on our official list for the decade yeah. in some capacity. I'm glad that they're on there. I'm I'm always down to talk about the Killers. I love the Killers. They're kind of glammy, synthy rock. Uh, has also gotten me through a lot of hard times and a lot of good times. Yeah, they're like my <laughs> looking back. They're like kind of. They're probably one of the first. Because, you know, we, I think we all shared, a thing, except for maybe Dakota, we all share, like, the, the Christian upbringing. Yeah. yeah. Like, no secular music, only Christian yeah. music. Yeah. Let me just throw in a fun fact quick before you get going. All right. You know, you're all like, oh, we had Christian upbringings. I found out that I was a evangelical. Evangelical? Yep, I was. An evangelical. Yeah? Yeah. Well, if you didn't know. I didn't yeah. know. <laughs> okay, then chances are. I went to a church was- for many years, and I'm like, God, this is super, like, culty like <laughs> no matter what i'm Sounds going to hell right <laughs> right like oh you pushed a kid going to hell yep, <laughs> yeah that's evangelical yeah yes, that is that's true right so um, um yeah but um, yeah so like the first one of the first i had like this mp3 player it was like 32 megabytes can you even believe that it was like yeah. literally a thumb drive that plugged into a headphone jack <laughs> and you could have like four songs on it oh nice so like, one uh, of the songs was somebody told me and you had a boyfriend. And it was like, I got that from, well, my now brother-in-law. Um, so it was like one of the first secular songs that I had access to and would listen to over and over and over again because I had four songs on it. So it was like that. And then uh, Absolute by Thousand Foot Crutch. <laughs> and I don't even remember the other songs. But yeah, so, you they know. Put, they put out a new album recently. <laughs> oh, did they? 
All right. Has it been this decade? Was it in 2020 or 2019? It was in this decade. Oh, man. Dang, I'm missing out. All right. Well, let's take a quick pause and listen to the. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. Because we might be changing our list. This is now an album reaction podcast. (laughs) So let's just put it on. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. In my head, I always try to minimize how much I actually like the killers. And if I actually sit down and actually like analyze it, like they are seriously one of my favorite bands of all time. Like they're great. They're like something I can put on. Yep. in any mood and listen to which is rare for a lot of music yeah because like there's there's tons of bands that's like well i'm not really in the mood to listen to that or i have to be in like a certain state of mind or be doing a certain thing to actually want to listen to that yep band and the one i had on here before that i was going to include on the the official list well i'll just say it it was morning phase by beck sure sure and that's more of like a somber i need to chill kind yeah. of like but the killers this album this was a good comeback album because they took a break for a long time, so they yeah. came back and they didn't like skip a beat. I didn't like it at first because it kind of sounded like the Killers trying to sound like the Killers sure. to me, but I think that was just the context of the time when it was released. I, but, I, yeah. I, I get exactly. That's how I felt about Modest Mouse a lot with their last few releases. Is yeah. that they're Modest Mouse trying to sound like Modest Mouse? Right. The Killers, what they, what's cool about the Killers is that they do up songs so well, they do high energy songs so well, and then they do the low key songs. Yeah. Like it's, it's a rare thing to see bands that can do them both so well. And, and I also like that they don't veer into like emo territory. Yeah. <laughs> like they never veer into, oh, like they're over the top in glamour rock, like no doubt about that. Yeah. Yeah. But they never get uh, cringy. They get like some, they get a little postmodern with, with the lyrics. With the exception of Are You Human or Are You Dancer, which I, which is actually one of my least favorite songs overall oh, yeah. of all time. I hate that song. Really? I've heard I, it I so hate many times. That song. I like that song a lot, but it's just, I've, now I've listened to it so many times where I'm kind of like, oh, that's the one song I'll probably skip. I've hated that song since the first time I heard it. And I, <laughs> I don't know. And the first time I heard it was like in an American Eagle at the mall. That sounds like the soundtrack to American Eagle. And I didn't even know it was the killers, but I heard it and I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever heard. It's making me actively nauseous. Uh, yeah, so and they then, have those like postmodern yeah. lyric songs like that where they like, well, that and like Dustland Fairy Tale where they're, they're they definitely really saying I love that That's song. a great song, but you, the lyrics, you're not really sure. saying anything. One thing I think we could agree on, they definitely take themselves very seriously. Yeah. But... Then they kind of earn it. Yeah. So what do you do about well, that? Well, seeing that, again, I will I'd still say that that killer show we went to is still the best concert I've ever seen. That was I great. hate you both so much. And I regularly, you know, if the one thing I took away from that show more than anything and something that I've actually applied to my daily life. Uh, do this? No, not to do any kind of <laughs> wild hand motions. It was the way he started that show. I really liked it. He was like, greatness is not the, uh, is not accomplishing a task. It is the attempt. Yeah. And tonight we are going to attempt to give you a great show. And I can't tell you how many times like um, at work or something like that, I'll be like, remember, greatness is not in the accomplishment. <laughs> it's in the attempt. Do you wear, are you wearing like a sequent white it's suit? It's usually right after I've that? misplacing an IV and have stabbed somebody <laughs> in the eye. <laughs> They're bleeding oh, out. Sam, that guy died. Yeah. Greatness well, is greatness the, is in the attempt. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. so. Comes out, he's covered in gold. <laughs> yeah. Yes, like the sequence you go, man. We will go see Come the killers around. again. Anyway, great number nine. I think we should move on to number eight. No. Corey, go for it. My number eight, uh, I think there's probably only one other person who likes this album, is Wolves Within by After the Burial. That is a good choice. I, I, it's, it's a metal album. I've kind of fallen. Yes, yeah, metal album. I've kind of fallen out of. Gent metalcore. Gent post metalcore. <laughs> <laughs> I've kind of fallen out of. Uh, favor with a lot of that style music because I think that whole genre 
just kind of like all reduced into the same thing. It does. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of gent. Well, when a genre of music's focused around one sole singular thing, like gent is, it's all gonna kind of sound the same. Yeah, and I think it was the last one. It it, it came at, that album came at a good time too because it was like right at like the peak of like me kind of discovering that kind of music and like getting super into it. And then that album came out and it was dope. And so it's like solidified oh. now as one of my favorites. But I think it's an absolutely fantastic album. Uh. How many times have we seen After the Burial Town? Like five times? You've seen them more than I have. I think I've seen them... I've seen them at least six times. I think I've now seen them four times. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've seen them five or six times. And they just... They're amazing. I've probably seen that whole album performed live. Like just randomly. And songs Minnesota Born and Bred. Except for the yeah. lead singer. Who's Californian. Oh, right. What a cuck. Not a hater, but I've never listened to a full After the Burials album. I'm not even sure I've ever listened to a full After the Burial song. I just uh, went on to Spotify and added it to my searches because I keep forgetting to listen to them. Excellent. Well, that album is fantastic. Because like I said, I get to just sit there and listen to whatever I want eight hours a day. Yeah. So I'll uh, I'll go through the... Which album? Uh, Wolves Within. Wolves Within. I'll listen to all of Wolves Within. I wasn't a huge fan of their last couple. They're okay. Well, if yeah. I got through Graduation by Kanye West, I get, would get through <laughs> yeah, Wolves yeah, Within. Graduation I, is not that bad. That, it was his worst album. <laughs> graduation? <laughs> no. Yeah. His last album Never was his worst album. Oh, yeah. I'll stand yeah. by that. <laughs> I can't even We're back to his, Kanye. I can't even remember what his last album was called. That's how bad it was. It was a Kid See Ghost? Ghost? No, Kid See Ghost was awesome. Oh, what the fuck? Kid See <laughs> Ghost is great. You should listen. It's, a, it's a, with Kid Cudi. Oh, and fuck. It's, it's actually sold. Dope AF. So go listen to Kid See Ghost. Anyway, after anyway, the burial. After the burial. Yeah, so, I, mean, I mean, I knew there wasn't going to be a ton of conversation around this because it's like a genre that pretty much I only like, but I really, really, really love that album. So I'll, it's I'll, on the list. I'll listen to them. The Would it, it play good at the gym? I'll, was that? Yeah. Uh, this is a real question. Would Wolves Within play good at the gym? Yeah. yeah. It would yep. play That's good a good. It's good hype music. You have yeah. my word. The next gym I have. The next gym. The next, the next gym. gym I own. The next time I go to a gym next month when I start... When I see myself naked in the mirror, <laughs> uh, say, I will listen to the wolves within. <laughs> see, Sam, you don't need to work out. You just need to not eat. It's very easy. True. Just don't eat. Just stop being poor. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Goddamn. All right. Anyway. Um, quick note. Probably their best mixed and mastered album, I think. I would agree with that. I think it's that's another problem. It's choppy, and it's like really grindy. It's awesome. That's another problem that genre has. Where everything kind of just sounds like muddy garbage. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, the Rare Farm reissue was pretty good, too. But yes, this one excellent. is tops that easily, handily. Yeah, I would agree. I tried to listen to new metal bands, you know, through Spotify, and they're like, you might like this. I'm like, yeah, why not? And I jump into it. I'm like, if I don't remember it or even their name, I just call it generic metal. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. yeah. That, <laughs> like, sorry. I cannot believe I, we. there's like such an ecosystem for all these metal bands that yeah. exist that it's, they can really make annoying. these albums because there's so many of them and they all sound the exact well same. what it is is that there's bands like Megadeth and stuff touring and they always need somebody to open up and that's the that, that, that is they're the economy the for these bands for metal shows yeah. 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 <laughs> they're the guys the that come out and cannon. play four songs <laughs> yeah. and then you never hear about again that's right. where these bands like come macabre. from the curtain yeah. goes down and then they just execute them and then they're like well, <laughs> oh fuck there'll be six more yeah spin up the next round of clones yeah um all right number seven yeah number seven i'm gonna go ahead and say marshall mathers lp2 yeah okay all right sure yep so that was god that was a really good fucking album 
that came out in hold on i got the, i got the years this came out in 2013 oh shit it I doesn't see. feel like it was 2013 Born was 2012 out. by the yeah, way time is cruel too. as hell yeah <laughs> and i was like god when did that album come out and i was like holy shit it's already seven years ago but anyway excellent album lots of good songs i listen to on repeat all the time i think rap god's probably the biggest rap one god off is of that. huge Deco- fun fact dakota can actually rap rap god which is crazy to. i can't anymore he's done it for me before <laughs> we were on our way back from a show i think yeah yeah and i was drunk <laughs> you knocked it out though you didn't oh. stutter at and then all. i think it was like some nurses in the ed you're like i saw your snap i, snapped, I put it on snapchat like, what the fuck that's just hilarious <laughs> yeah so Dude, you could um, be eminem 2.0 i can't thank yeah, you though you could that was a great it has okay so i wasn't prepared to talk about this but i'm just gonna, the fact that i can remember pieces of it without any prep is is a good sign mm-hmm. it has a great opening track where they flip the stan song yep and it turns out that stan's little brother is going to kill eminem yep it's called uh, that's Bad a guy. great song he had a good one with Kendrick Lamar. That was when Kendrick Lamar was just coming out. Is it called Love? Or something like Baby that? Baby Don't Hurt Me? Baby Don't Hurt Me. But he, they, they have a fun song together. And then, of Ooh. course, Rap God, which everybody that yeah, listens And to, their mother knows. Yeah, everybody's tried to rap Rap God. Eminem is another guy. Love I Game see. is what you're talking about. Love Game, yeah. Yep. And I bet there were more songs I really... Those are the two that pop into my head mm-hmm. when I think about it, but... Revival was shit. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really like Revival. It didn't go viral. It did not go viral. <laughs> no, you're right. Um, can we just real quick talk about how Eminem dropped another surprise album? Yeah. And it was, again, really good. Yep. Yep. It was. Um, I, I, I'm, it was really cool because I happened... I, I'm on my phone way too much, and pretty much at all hours of the day. <laughs> yeah. And I have no excuse to be, I don't do anything like, you know how there are guys that are actually like building a following or doing something important online. I'm not, <laughs> I, I waste so much of my life. You fight on with my people phone. on Facebook. That's I don't pretty think good. There's much crossover between doing something important <laughs> and doing something online. Um, that's, yeah, that's a good point. And I happen to be, uh, refresh my Facebook right at the moment that album dropped. It's uh songs to get murdered by. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a best of album because there hadn't been any hype or anything about a new Eminem yeah. album. Nope, just dropped it. And it was a bummer of a moment because I was listening to it and I was really vibing to it. Like, it's a good album. But I realized that it was like one in the morning and there was nobody I could text about it right. like right then because the whole world was sleeping very responsibly. I think you sent me a message anyway. I probably did. I woke up and I was like, oh, shit. You're like, you're like probably the only person that I would text after yeah. midnight because I know either your phone's on silent or you won't be pissed about it. Yeah. So. I'm like, God damn. God damn, this but, new album. God dang. My only thing about Eminem and this and his his best songs are always ones where he tells stories. Yeah. And that's like that Stan darkness. reversal song. And uh Darkness on the new album. I really wish he I really, really, really wish that he would get away from just trying to string together as many rhymes as he can, as fast as he can, and get back to writing songs like Darkness. Yep. Because those are the things that I think his fan base really looks forward to. We get it, Eminem. You can rap fast. Yep. nobody can rap as fast or as well as you <laughs> i think he's trying to like he's trying to recapture that lightning trapped in a bottle um rap god yeah oh definitely and he beat it he set a new world record oh did he my question is is that this is made in a studio is he speeding up his voice or is he doing anything or can he really do it that fast consistently yeah i'm gonna have to do it again live i mean there's a there's i don't think i bet you he couldn't do it consistently but that doesn't mean you can't do it because that's like what studio takes are all about, right? Like you do something a million times, right? And you just happen to have recorded the best time and you just use that. So like, 
it could be genuine and it also could be almost impossible to do live. And can I can I do something a little brave if we we're talking to Eminem fans and criticize Rap God just a little bit? Sure. Brave tweet. That song's great. I hate the whole like it almost makes it so I don't go I would listen to that song forty percent more if it weren't for that part in the middle where he starts rap ending every line with boy. Yeah. Hey looking boy, gay looking boy, coming out here into the day looking boy. Yeah. I hate that part so much that I, it ruins the song for me. Like you have to get through it to get to the part where he goes really fast. And, yeah, yeah. And that's what everybody looks forward to on that song. Right. But I cannot stand it. I've never been part. a fan of any any rap song where they end the same line with the same word for ten lines. Yeah. To me that doesn't show that you're good at it. It just I'm like I could end a fucking line with the same word over and over again. <laughs> and I think he was doing that as a parody or as a critique or maybe just to show off that he could do that style because he was, was trying to show uh, off as many was, styles as he could. It was him making fun of someone else who does that a lot. Oh, okay, sure. But I don't know who that person is. So it was for a joke, and I don't think that song needed a joke. I really wish that that entire song had just it been a pure showcase of talent. Right. Anyway, good choice. I have nothing. That, that's a good yeah. album. Thanks, Sam. Number six. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure this is breaking the rule that I set for myself, but I couldn't remember for sure, and I wasn't going to go listen to 400 hours of us talking sure. to be sure. Uh, my my next album is Good Kid, Mad City by Kendrick Lamar. Hey, that's on my Very list good. too. Is that on your list? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people like to pimp a butterfly, and I don't I, I don't blame them for that at all. In my head, the best Kendrick Lamar album will always be Good Kid, Mad City, and I am crazy about it. Um, it's again a storytelling album. It's it's as, as a matter of fact, it's a concept album. It's all about this one event, and uh, as I have interpreted it myself, it's about a guy who meets a girl at a party. Uh, she invites him over to get laid. He takes his mom's van, which is where all the messages come from throughout the album, gets jumped for being on the wrong side of town, and it was like a setup. And the rest of the album is about his boys picking him up and them going out and maybe getting revenge, but then they meet an old lady who tells them about the light of Jesus, and they decide not to and instead focus on making hip-hop. And the... Uh, um, the I like the, 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 the subplot of the dominoes. The dominoes. You got my domino? <laughs> It comes in like four different songs. He <laughs> I really thought he, wants his I, I literally thought one of the lyrics was like, if I told you I killed somebody when I was 16, would you believe me? Yeah. No, it, it, it's, I know what you're talking about. Um, this is not a record here saying that I did it, but if I did, then you'd be looking at me different. He's actually <laughs> something like that. Yeah. I'm sorry to anybody. No, those, are, those are the right lyrics. Yeah. And um, yeah, dude, I know this album. <laughs> I okay. love this album. To death. I thought you were doubting yourself. I'm like, no, that's right. <laughs> um. I think that that's about somebody he knows that murdered somebody. Oh, yeah, okay. because before and he doesn't want to tell on him. Before they yeah. said this is this is <laughs> he doesn't need, want to tattle because he does the this is I don't remember the lyrics. I'm sorry, but he something like this isn't me saying that he did it, but they bleep the name. Yeah, in the yeah. song. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So he's yeah. saying he, he knows somebody that killed somebody, but he doesn't want to. He's not saying who it is or that the fact that he did it. He's just he's like this happened at the place this guy happen to be hanging out all, all the time right okay. i'm not saying that he did it but that's another album i literally listen to all will. the time i love this album yeah. to death and the, and there's songs that i can listen to any any time bitch don't right. kill my vibe oh that's so good it's such a fantastic song uh sing about me i love that song to death too um i just love the idea that this was like his first and he had the confidence and he was gonna be huge yeah and but i love the fact that right from the beginning he was like hey can you remember like and he's telling all these stories that actually go back they're, they're a continuation from the album before that. Um, he's telling all these stories of people from their, from Compton and saying, hey, you know, 
when it's over, will you still remember these stories and these faces and these names? But then he flips it and he has somebody mad at him for telling the story because they don't need that. They, they're strong enough to stay on their own. It kind of goes back to the whole white knight thing. They're like, we don't need you to do this for us. Compton is a strong enough city on its own. There, there's a love and respect there where he doesn't need to be the hero that you don't typically see in hip hop. And I think it's that kind of poetic edge that, that has given him the outreach to, uh, you know, uh, superior cloquet, Minnesota, Wisconsin, where yes. <laughs> somebody like me who, who has no business listening to him can still engage. Man, and appreciate can you imagine what he's that doing. side of town? Heck. Like, oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, jeez, Rick. Oh, it's your sound's tough there. But, <laughs> uh, uh can't, huh? Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I can't wait till he comes through again. Yeah, everything he's put out has been at least uh, groundbreaking, and I'm sure that won't change. So, Damn, was a good album. We did a whole episode on it. Yeah. So, Good Kid, Mad City. I. It was actually like that was going to be my number one choice until I got a little sentimental with what my number one choice is, which probably isn't a huge surprise. If I was going by pure uh, talent and the showcase of the musicality and everything like that, this would probably be my number one, but my emotions got in the way and, and I'm, uh, I think we know what number one's going to well, be. We all know what so. number one is. <laughs> all right. So that's We're all I got to say about it. We're a silly game right now. Yeah. Yep. Number five, Tom. Oh, geez. Already. Oh, boy. Okay, well, I'm not going to spend too much time on this one because we did an episode about this back when we did the uh, music book club segment. Uh, this is, well, actually, no, we didn't do this one. We did this guy's other album. So this is A Sailor's Guide to Earth by Sturgill Simpson. Oh, um, yeah. This is, I know this album. It's an excellent, excellent, it's like a soul country album. Um, so we did. we talked about metamodern sounds and country music on the podcast. Yep. Closest I've ever come to liking an entire country album. See, you would like this album. I, I, <laughs> I bet you would like this album. It's not as country. It's got like funk and soul kind of to it okay, a little bit. Okay, it's cool. It's the album is about, um, it's about him being away all the time and trying, but also trying to impart wisdom to his son. Yeah, but uh, it's framed in the way that it's, um. His dad's in the Navy, and he sure. goes away all the time. Sturgill Simpson, I believe, was in the Navy for a while. And actually, yeah, so there's, yeah, I think there's a song where he talks about it. There's a couple of really awesome uh, tracks on this. I'm trying to remember the names. Uh, Keep Between the Lines is super good. Uh, what's the other one? Sea Stories. That's my favorite one. Sea Stories? Yep. I will listen to Sea Stories, because that sounds like a song I would like. Yep. <laughs> do that and then listen to keep between the lines too actually just listen to the whole he does cover they cover in bloom by nirvana which sure. is really weird <laughs> really? to hear him sing it yeah all yeah. right but it's it's really interesting then he has this other song that they did on like saturday night live but it's sure. about like the heroin trade yeah <laughs> so it's really interesting it's a super fascinating album um it's you know if you know sturgill simpson at all his first album was like straight country yeah. like twang and everything matter modern sounds is like i'm gonna talk about psychedelics and like eastern religion and stuff like that and then this album was like this is about my kid and then what oh yeah he has one that also came out last decade which was sound and fury which is pretty good it's like a rock album though it's really sure. weird but like i good. said i am this close if you can see my fingers they're very close together they are very close i listeners. am this close to liking I can assure him. you maybe this will be the album to do it because i, I it want to like him i like i like anybody that tries Try sound to and fury too you might like yeah. that i mean i like it Sort of. I prefer his country because I like country music. So. Sure. I will listen to Sea Stories for sure and, and we'll go from there. Yeah. Because Sea Stories just sounds like the name of a song I would dig. Yeah. It's really good. 
Real good. Listen to it, listeners. Uh, I assure you, it will not be let down. Broaden your horizons. Does that give me number four? Yes. Yes. Yep. All right. It's going to be another wet fart for the room, <laughs> but I I have to say it. My number four is an album called Coma Ecleptic by I Between know this the Buried and Actually. Uh, it Based is, on your recommendation. Yes. It's very good. It was the last album. It was the album that I picked when we decided to stop doing Not Book Club. Mm. <laughs> so, so no one listened yeah, to Yeah, because it. we did Hawk in the Mountain was the last yeah. one we did. And we never talked about it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so this is a prog metal album. Uh, I think it's very, it's very poppy. We always want it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one. Yeah. I think it's Sorry. <laughs> the 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 songs are composed like so intricately, and I don't mean like like that. <laughs> I mean like <clears throat> everything is super deliberate. Like there isn't a single part of the entire album where it's like okay, and then we'll just strum for the pre-chorus, and then we'll do the chorus like that. Like everything is super deliberate, and every instrument is like again. I don't mean in like a shreddy, like a chops way. I mean like everything is orchestrated so precisely and so well. And there's like everything is playing together. There isn't a single instrument that's like, like where the drummer's like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'll do this. That'll sound cool. That'll make people think I'm good, right?" <laughs> Which is like, <laughs> but like it's it's just fantastic. And if you don't like prog and you don't like metal, you probably won't like it. But if you like either of those things, like give it a shot because it is. Oh. I I I will listen to that album beginning to end at literally any time. It's non-masturbatory. Yes. Basically. Yeah, that's so. that's a good way to put it. Like it's you know, again going along with what you said. It does. They're not. It's not like a show offy thing. It's more like. Uh, I, I get what you say. It's nice to feel like a band is pushing themselves and trying to make something unique without feeling like they did it with their head up their ass. With yeah. the I was or the, like look how many notes I can play yeah, real yeah. fast. They, they like, do it in a in a way that's not like well we paid for these UC Berkeley of music degrees right yeah and we're gonna make sure you know it yes. the fibonacci sequence yes. is yes. not heavily yes, featured yes, yes. <laughs> which is very refreshing god i hate tool <laughs> they're the worst is, as much as this is an i love ghost podcast yeah. i think it'd be an i hate tool yeah that should be this like in parentheses after the subtitle it's very refreshing for a genre that's Old tool is best pretty much tool. entirely of people who are just using their instruments as sex toys on themselves yeah yeah true. <laughs> that's true so that's my number four yeah, number four. For what it's worth, you convinced me to try them out too. You're All very. Right. I, 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 I'm. I'm intrigued enough at You're the combination, kind of the prog and the metal. I'll say, I'll say it again. Coma Ecleptic by Between the Buried and Me. And what's? I can't never remember the name of the song that I was singing. Oh, uh, that's Coma Machine. Coma Machine. That's, that's right. Song. Yeah, that. I. Yeah, I think that's, that's a good starter. I think. For I think album. that's. It's. I, I'm going to use this analogy for something else later. Uh, someone asked like on Discord. You can link your Spotify to your to your Discord, so you can see what other people are listening to. They can see what you're listening to. And I was in a voice chat with someone, and they said, "What's between the barrier to me like?" And I just went, ah. like, <laughs> 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 not because it's like a bad thing, but because it's like there's just no like I can tell you like the requisite components that make up the thing, but it doesn't tell you at all like what the thing's actually like, you know. Mm-hmm. So like you just have to try it out, and if you don't like it, whatever. I'm not gonna like say you're wrong because it is. It's a bit weird at parts, but I think it's it's amazing. So that's my uh, that's my sale for number four. Number three. Number three. The stories we tell ourselves by nothing more. So who? literally, who? 
Yeah, literally who? <laughs> I've heard of the band, but I don't know. I don't know. You the guys, album. you guys, all of you here have been to a nothing more show. Oh, th- that was. Are they the guys band. that do the Stormhorn? Yep. That oh! those guys are dope. Oh, That's that, nothing I more. Mad Max that guys. One, <laughs> that one song. We met the lead singer and didn't know it. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. song's That's dope. right. Yeah. I actually love that song. Yeah. That that's the same album. Yeah, I, okay. That's the no, first on, song I'm off that board. album. I actually listened to that album a few times after yeah. we saw them. I like that album. Can I just say something funny about this I'm band? On board. Yeah. So and, and you're all involved. It was when we went to see Ghost last. Yep. We were lined up next to the buses. <laughs> this guy gets oh, out of the yeah. bus. This guy gets out of the bus and nobody I, knows who he is. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm sure he's a part of something, but yeah. you know, he's because he's getting you're out like, of the oh, bus. Like, oh, it's a roadie right? or something. So I'm like, sup? I give him the bro nod. He gives me the bro nod back. Dakota, I, Dakota talked to him for just a little bit. And I'm well, like, oh. I thought he knew him. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. a buddy. So the, way like, he, like, the way he walked away to talk to him, it was like, it wasn't like, a, oh, shit, you're the, you're the dude from the thing. It was like, a, oh, hey, what's up, man? Dakota's no. not a guy that does, like, oh, shit moments. He's, no. But <laughs> I did, Dakota's pretty chill. The funny man. thing is, is I did say, oh, shit. I said, holy shit. I said, that's Johnny. And he's yeah. like, oh, what's up, man? And then he, like, shook my hand. <laughs> I was like, oh my god! <laughs> I'm never yeah. gonna wash this hand. Dakota's <laughs> freaking out after he's like, that was the lead singer. Not freaking out. Yeah, no, I, I was freaked out as Dakota I was, gets. I was pretty fucking excited, and yeah. I get excited about nothing. So we all met the lead I, singer of this band. I, <laughs> I was didn't just, know. I was just reminded of one time. One of the time, the first time, no, the second time I saw it after the burial live. <laughs> it was, uh, it was at yeah, Clyde. I know what you're say. It was at Clyde Ironworks, uh, and I'm just sitting there, and we just watched the the opening band like tear down their gear, and the next band's gonna go up. And I look to my right, and it's the drummer for After the Burial. He's just standing there. <laughs> Dan Carl is his name. He's uh, like the most unassuming looking guy. He's just like he's like dude. the average, the most average white guy you can picture in your head. If you can picture like if you the, a white guy, yeah. that's him. If you <laughs> aggregated like a million pictures of of white males, of white twenty five year old males, it yeah. would be like it would just be him. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So like, I'm like, oh shit, you're Dan Carl, and he was like, yeah, and he. Yeah. He the whole conversation was really weird. Uh, he just talked. He talked to me about symbols for like eight minutes, <laughs> and then I asked him a question, and he was like, "I'm sorry, I'm way too high for this conversation." <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> That's awesome. I get so just, scared talking to other musicians. And he just walked away. I was like, "That was That's that was fair awesome. enough." <laughs> there are bassists that I love and adore that I would never want to talk to about the instrument. Please. Because again, I'm not a guy who I I don't like getting in depth on anything. It's actually one of my biggest flaws. I love a lot of stuff, but I I hate little details. It's like why I love to record, but I can never sit down and talk about mics. Oh, I love yeah. the bass, but I can never talk about the different strings or the different. What's yeah. your favorite string? The, e or A? Yeah, like the different uh, the different kind of dials you on your bass. Of, I don't even know what most of them do. I know they have something to do with pickups. What, what kind of wound strings? Do I'm you just get? not a details guy. If, if, if Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers came up to me, I'd be like, I really like the way you slap that bass. And I just want to leave it right there. If, I remember I remember one of the questions I asked him because he has, so on a cymbal, you have the bell, which is in the middle. It's like the dome part that makes like the ding, ding sound like super loud. Um, and I remember I was like, I was super into gear then because I was like building up my kit. And I, you know, like every single, symbols are super expensive because they're like copper and bronze and silver. And like, you know, so like a symbols could be easily, you could spend like five, six hundred, six hundred bucks on a symbol. And I noticed that his ride symbol was super cheap. It was like, like the, the bottom tier, like the, like the intro line of Zildjian symbols. It was like a hundred bucks. And I, I, like I asked him, you know, I'm like trying to sound smart to this guy. 
because I like respect him, you know, and I want him to think that like I know what I'm talking about. And so I asked him the super long winded question of like why he uses it, like maybe because it sounds like this or maybe it compliments <laughs> that. <laughs> That's what I have. It was a Zildjian Z Bell. You can look this up. Uh, they don't make them anymore because so many people bought them for the reason I'm about to tell you that they they put that on the more expensive ones because they were sick of people getting free mileage out of their cheap symbol. And his his answer was, I just play it because the bell's real big. <laughs> I love it. That's that's how I would talk about the bass. Yeah. Going back to nothing more and the fact that we did see them live, I have to say twice. They, you saw them twice. I know. I, and I want to. I'm, I'm okay. About, I'm, I'm giving. Crap. Calm okay. down, okay. everybody. Jesus Christ! They give a fantastic live show. They, they do. do. They, they really it was, do. It was great. It starts out with a, a storm warning horn that the guy climbs up this this this. It's like he's, a pole. It's, it's he like, like climbs up this ladder and he starts turning. If it. you've seen Fury Road, you yeah, know, and like, like the, the guitar, like and it's like wiggling all over the stage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like a little mini, like uh, the things they like the scaffolding that they build above like uh, oil derricks. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's like a mini one of those that he like climbed to the top of, and there's this big crank. And I mean, sick. if that doesn't get you hyped, nothing will. Because then, even by the time the guitars drop in, you're just ready to go. Yeah. They also did probably. Am I exaggerating? A ten minute, like breakdown where they put a guitar a bass guitar on a spinning disc that's right and everybody in the band goes around this single bass guitar Mm. and they do like this uh with drumsticks yeah Yeah. they do like an i don't know what else to call it except an exhibit or like just you called it a gangbang i did i called it a a facial gangbang it was yeah it it was like performance art yeah it was it was nuts but it was was cool it was ridiculously cool And, and they make a whole song just out of every person like taking a string or a different part of the bass while it's spinning. And they play this full song with like this pretty great beat and this pretty great line. Mm-hmm. And the whole time they're spinning it around and doing little dances yeah. and like the guy with the drumsticks is tapping on it and easily one of the coolest things I've seen live. It was dope. It was So really even cool. if you don't like nothing more maybe on, on album, which I, I hate to admit I've never listened to one of their albums. Uh, they've won me over so hard live that I would go see them anytime yeah. because like you just know you're in for because you went with me you went with me the bitch. first time and I was super pumped for of mice and men like I was like yeah nothing more but then I was like we're going to see of mice and men you know and we almost died in that pit <laughs> <laughs> we were so fucking winded during the opener <laughs> <That's> <laughs> to nothing more Koda and I are not particularly fit men <laughs> no no but I was like, we were, we were done after the pit of, of Mice and Men. We're like, oh my God, we got to go back in for like another hour. We did it. We did it. We man. did it. Yeah. One of the greatest shows I've ever been to, some lady stepped on my foot with a high heel and oh. uh, bruised my toenail. It took a year to heal. Now that I've been to so many shows recently where nobody wants to mosh and everybody yells at you just for like getting into the music. Yeah. Looking back at a show like that and you're like, that's paradise. That's yeah, like it the is. Place oh, you it's just like be. some 41, man. Yeah. Some like, 40. That was the wildest. That's fuck. the closest I've ever come to dying in a mosh pit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Because we couldn't that's breathe. Funny. I could not breathe. Oh, shit. And, and then fat lips started. <laughs> yeah. You, I can't remember. Did you, someone sent me that there's going to be, there's a festival or a, not a festival, but like a, a a big tour with a bunch of bands coming through St. Paul. That's got like Lamb of God and Trivium and Megadeth. Yep. No, I didn't oh send that my. to you. I'm going to fucking... You, <laughs> I, do you know what happens to people in, in Lamb of God mosh They die. <laughs> Literally. Their lead singer killed a dude. Oh, oh fuck. God. And wasn't he in prison for a while? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. He's the guy that went overseas. Yeah, yeah. So this this guy, they were in Czechoslovakia or whatever the fuck it is now. The Czech your motherland. Yeah. Yeah, my motherland. Uh, and this one asshat kept climbing the fence 
and jumping up on stage and running around, and security wasn't doing anything about it. And so Randy Blythe, who's their singer, pushed him off the stage, and he hit his head on something, and he died. Oh, fuck. And so then Randy Blythe went to pr- a Czech prison for like two years. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and that was metal. a calm show. That's metal as that's, fuck. That's yeah. metal as fuck. Yeah. He's like, oh, I guess I'm going to prison. I was yeah. in Czech prison for two years. <laughs> yeah. All for my music. But nothing more. Yeah. Good band. Excellent. Do you actually want like, to talk about the album at all? Yeah, no, the album is great. Uh, you said... <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, no, so they have... Two notable albums out right now, just their self-titled album and the stories we tell ourselves. And obviously their first album when it came out in like, God, when the fuck did it come out? 2015, 2014? Great intro to the band. There's some really good songs on there. But their sound from that album to the stories we tell ourselves is almost completely different. And I would say if you're going to sit down and listen to one album, start out with the stories we tell ourselves and then listen to their self-titled one okay interesting yeah I, I i was curious enough after that show to want to listen to them but i forgot the name of the band and that's the problem nothing i more. think nothing more isn't a terribly remem- memorable not, they're not that big because well, I, yeah that too i mean they're not their huge. name right nothing more <laughs> well, <laughs> well anytime i try to google something of theirs they never come up on, i need some better seo yeah yeah and they're going to be dropping an album this year, actually. So they're, cool. they they will come through again, and I will be going. If you and I'll be going with go. you because I want to see him blow that little horn again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to yeah. see him Excellent standing on that weird yeah. pole vault situation, yeah. twirling his arm. People get in the pit. Good time. I got. There's yeah. a few shows we got to. Uh, DT. Div- yes. Devin yes. said between the bird and me opening. Really? Yeah. Oh my god. We might have to go to that. So. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, number four. Playing first Ave though, which kind of sucks, but. Well, first Ave's a well, it's historic. The Armory was dope. Yeah, the Armory's a great. Place. Place awesome. Was awesome. It's huge. I'd go back to the venue. Like, I, I remember I remember googling pictures in like on their website. And there's Sam being like Yeah. Oh, being like this place looks pretty cool, but like in there so it was fucking cool. <laughs> You'll forever be in that uh, ghost picture. Yeah. <laughs> You're just there. The crowd. I wish I'd know they were taking pictures I would have made a face. It's just yeah. me standing there with my typical slack jaw. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Lost in translation face. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Anyway, uh, that was number well, four. Number no, that was number three. That was number three. Oh, number three. No, I don't get to do a number two. I get to nominate. We all oh, nominate yes, our yes. number one. Yeah, and I, I've I've been here before. Everybody, I remember how this works. On three. <laughs> okay, we know it's Ghost. So I, we're only saying the name okay. of the album. <laughs> all, all right. right. So on me. three, say say the name of the album. Okay. Our on go actually. So we'll say one, two, three, three, go. Okay. One, two, three, go. Meliora. Meliora. <laughs> okay. I know. I thought the prequel. What? You heard me? Did you say prequel? Yep. Okay. Well, but it's not my number one. Here's the thing. I propose we just call this the decade of Ghost because all of their albums came out this decade. Yeah. Ghost wins again. Who would have thought? (laughs) And and I just picked my favorite one. Like I'm not like. What was your favorite one? uh, Infest your mom. Really? I was. Going back is that the one with Year Zero on it? Yeah, oh. it's a good, good. That's nothing wrong with that album. I think Meliora's edges out a little bit because they just have more. Mainstream songs because that one has a couple not as I think there's hype some really under, I think Majesty is a super underrated. That's a good song. song. It is a good I song. I love that song. But I'd say uh, pound for pound, Meliora is comes out on top just because of he I is series. Too, yeah. yeah, literally every track on that. Absolution. Album. Can we settle on this with Meliora at number is, one? Oh, uh, um, yeah, and your album and, at number two. Can I actually? <laughs> say, oh, we're we're, we're talking about Absolution. Say, can I actually say uh, Absolution's excellent? It and is live. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so good. Um, you, the 
I didn't like Mummy Dust. You don't like Mummy Dust? Wait. Until, until I saw it live. Until me yeah. and Sam, yeah. just me and him. I remember him being like, uh, it, I can't do a Dracula voice. But uh, he's like, uh, <laughs> uh, like, are you gonna, ready to have your taints we're tickled? We're going to play a metal song. And yep. I'm like, okay. And then he started Mummy Dust. And I was like, oh, this song's okay. But it was fucking high. Oh, when yeah. it's, when it's <laughs> Mummy Dust, actually, I still don't really like it on the recording. Same. You have to see that one live. Yeah. yeah. You just have because to see They go nuts on that song they, every maybe time. Maybe they just needed to do some different takes or something. Because like, that's that probably what it was. Awesome. Well, I think that they were still, I, I think Meliora is where they really nailed home their sound and really yeah. got the direction that they're going going to be going in from now on but i still think they were finding it i don't think they saw themselves and i still think they need to give themselves more permission to go harder than they do yeah they kind of have this tendency to fall back in my opinion when they should be really pushing forward and going for some harder just harder across the board i want to complain that my favorite ghost song was never officially released yeah i know yeah there's a song called zenith that was exclusive to a collector's box set yeah it was yeah. it was a limited vinyl print of Meliora. Yeah, yep, yep. Uh, and it's called Meliora. Zenith or Zenith. Yeah. Melio, it's not Meliora. Meliora. I, I never know and if I'm pronouncing words it's right. It's like the quintessential ghost song. Yeah. It is like it is ghost, and it's w- so it's a it's fantastic. I and would like, actually say that Year Zero is the ghost. That song. is probably in my the opinion. Ghost song. Like if there's one song. And what's really what's a bummer about Year Zero is Becca actually really liked Ghost when I played her like <laughs> Oh, here we go. Oh, she actually Zero. really liked this song, and, and she was getting really into Ghost to the fact where she was excited to go to live. Year Zero came on, and I'll never forget it. And she's she's like she loves choir, so she's like this is cool. And then suddenly she stopped and she looked at me and she went, "Is this band satanic?" <laughs> <laughs> You're like, got ya. Well, well technically uh, they're humanist. Well, actually. <laughs> a parody and supposed to be like a whole and like yeah. i started going to that she's like no she's like stop she's like is this song worshiping satan <laughs> and You're i like, had to be like maybe well <laughs> and other lords of hell <laughs> yeah um, i mean the chorus even the i know that's that's beginning. what it was they're going through the names for satan <laughs> like, <laughs> i don't know why what every time i've gotten in trouble in my marriage is because i make this assumption that she's not paying attention <laughs> which she absolutely is and i just need to learn yeah. that she is listening she has ears yeah. so um I but i would say year zero is the quintessential like i ghost think it's song i think it's funny because like when you introduce people to ghost that are very religious or they have <laughs> a religious upbringing and they like them and they start listening to it they're like wait a minute like we know we know a guy that he's just like oh, i don't fucking love them but i just feel so bad listening to them uh-huh. yeah so the first while i listened to them same yeah, there's like there's this little little guilt. It's like a chip, oh, yeah. that that's implanted at your brain stem. <laughs> and whenever something when you have a religious when something upbringing. that like directly combats with that upbringing, <laughs> yeah. it like releases feel bad. Uh, I won't lie, it hit me so hard the last time we saw them live at that incredible show. Yeah, so I don't know good. why, but it was like somebody put like just this big heavy damp blanket on me <laughs> for like, and I was getting yelled at by the crowd, and and like, we told that story before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I'm sitting there, and he's just like, "This is for Satan," and they're like, everything in me was just like, it was like that old like that voice from my teenage years, and it was like, "You need to get out of there." And you need to go read the entire Bible. <laughs> <laughs> cover to cover. And you need to pray you don't get left behind in the rapture because it's happening any minute now. Yep. And like all those old panics came back and I was like. <laughs> but this, the silly thing is, because this is like, basically Ghost is like the kiss of our generation. Yeah, that's exactly what yeah. they Kiss was like, knights in Satan's service. <laughs> but it's just like, it's the showmanship. <laughs> 
it's like you, no one listening. Well, there are a lot some, of people listening are crazy and actually. Well, yeah, I was, gonna, I was just the, the case for, some people watch the news and think yeah. the weatherman is the weather lady is talking to them personally. It really is supposed <laughs> to be. It's I always justify it like the, it's supposed to be like the 70s horror genre vibe. Right. And really you're you're seeing a horror movie. You don't get mad when uh say when when the antichrist is in the omen. Right. And is planning on bringing hell on earth because it's a movie and you're not really supposed to root for the antichrist, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is all done as like this big parody and this kind of joke. Well, there's like, no like satanic pope. That's not a thing. Yeah, but like, it's not like It's the it's the flip of the Catholic Church. It's like on but its head. I will say this and this is just I mean goes and back to my Catholic. upbringing. <laughs> When they want you to sing along, and there's all the parts that are like, Hail Satan! Yeah. I can't do it. <laughs> oh. I always say something to the equivalent of Hail Santa if I need to sing Hail along, so I just get quiet. Because <laughs> I just... Eggnog I, is actually good. pledging actually pledging myself to the, to the Dark Lord in this concert is a step too far. I'm like happy to let everybody else do it. I'm like... <laughs> yeah. I think it's funny, because yep. I didn't like... Yeah, I had that like certain upbringing, but during that time... I was just like, fuck this. This doesn't make any goddamn sense. I hate this. <laughs> and it's all like, you guys are like, ah, oh, it makes me uncomfortable. I'm just like, fuck yeah, let's go. <laughs> so I think it's funny that, you know, <clears throat> but it's you to feel the surprise way. of no one. This is a ghost podcast. It's in the tagline on our yeah. website. So, yeah. And that was where I got <laughs> sentimental. You know, ghost, honestly, beyond just being uh, what I love, what they do with their instruments and the fact that they always find these incredibly catchy melodies and these ways to bring this kind of epic, epic, uh, theatricality to their music oh, time and time and time again they almost went Broadway <laughs> with like rats yeah. right yeah. like they just they're so epic um, it was really cool finding a band that like you guys all engaged into too and that we all kind of got into together it was like a really cool moment I, I for love like that every time we've seen them the, yeah. the venues have gotten bigger and progressively yeah. and, and the production and the, value and the sets and the production have gotten yeah. better and better like the last show with all the pyrotechnics and like the confetti cannons and yeah. stuff that was so the fucking awesome. dollar bills yeah <laughs> i have it I hanging have on my wall i still have the next too. time the next time somewhere. we like one of these days we're going to be seeing them like selling out the xl energy Center. yeah for yeah. real yeah. That, that's the next i bet step. yeah i was yeah. gonna say that's the next tour because and you guys I, saw them at like whiskey junction yeah we yeah. saw them at like a bar we, it, was, really, it was great oh, it was, it was a bar with a concert it was the myth right yeah but we saw them at a yeah i like that venue that's where i saw reliant k that's yeah that was great that was my favorite small venue i think and every time we've gone back, it's just bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, and yeah we're, we're going to see them in a stadium one of these days. Yeah. And, and I, I'm really glad that we we didn't like like them before they were cool, but we caught them right when they were getting yeah. the buzz that's yeah. rocketed them to the That's always like yeah, one of the best right feelings. Right after the Grammys. It, yeah. Well, yeah. was it? I think it was right. I want to say we, I, 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 I'm it not was, trying to be a hipster, but I would say we saw them before the Grammy win. Well, because oh, okay. Sam sent us both the vi- that video in the group chat. Yep. Like right around the time when that dropped. Well, yeah, you were playing bloodborne so what i was i was playing bloodborne and i was listening it's like 2017 maybe i want to say we saw them live and then they won the grammy because i was like yeah 2016 i think is when you guys saw them because i could i didn't go okay yeah i think it was 2016 I and we know. almost didn't go. No we almost to, didn't. No, no reason to retell that story for the next <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, that's I still think about totally how funny it is. So are, so we, are we good with the consensus of Meliora being number one? Yeah. Infestus yeah. being number two? Infestus. Assumenstas. Yep. Prequel works. That's an easy enough one. All these weird... Yeah. What are they? Swedish? Like Swedish mixed with Latin. Well, like they have like... Spoktenskaskakt is yeah. one of the songs. There's, on a, there's a band on my Spotify called Schlimmagognar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they're excellent. Schlimmagognar. They're amazing. It's Horrible one, mention. Yeah. 
<laughs> I don't, when did that come out? That's going to be... I'm, I'm no joke going to make Slim that. Glaglar. In any case, I'm pretty happy with this list. Should we run through it real quick? Just, yep. And then I we can real it. quick and do honorable mentions and we'll take our potty break. And our our honorable mentions just the rest of our top tens, basically. Can, That's what I'm going to do. Mentions, okay. I just do, rapid fire, not... Before well, we do well. honorable mentions, I want to do a near miss. Like okay. something that almost came out this decade. Okay, sure. Forget and not slow down. Damn. Yes. Would have been yeah. probably my number one. Probably that's a good album. me too. If it's it had a really come good out album. one year later. Yeah. That yeah, that's that's a thing. But anyway, yeah. going through the list real quick, number ten, it did not did it start with me? Yeah, yeah it, it did. did. Okay. It always starts with my beautiful dark uh twisted fantasy by Kanye West. Uh okay. Uh number nine is Battleborn, the Killers. Uh number eight is after the burial, Wolves Within. Oh, I thought he was going to retcon right there. Number seven is Marshall Mathers LP2. Number six was Good Kid Mad City by Kendrick Lamar. Number five was A Sailor's Guide to Earth by Sturgill Simpson. Number six was Coma Ecleptic by Between the Buried and Me. Number four. Yes. <laughs> Number no, three. We back up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're going the other way now. <laughs> and then it's just all the ghost albums. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Number three is Stories We Tell Ourselves by Nothing More. Number two, Corey. Number two, uh, infinite, inf- if infestesus, the infestumum. the orange album it. by Ghost. Infestesumum. Infestesumum. Yes. And number yeah. one, Meliora by yeah. Ghost. The green well, we're, we're album. Officially naming this the decade of Ghost. Yeah. All of their albums came out except for the earliest one. Yeah. Sam. The blue um, album. Uh, I'm just going to oh, run Opus through them real, real, real quick. Came out this yes. decade. Uh, Kintsugi their demo came by out, right? um, Death Cab for Cutie. Acid Rap. Uh, Carrie and Lull by Sefjan Stevens. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, Danger Days by My Chemical Romance. Guilty Pleasure. <laughs> Black Star by David Bowie. Uh, Run the Jewels 2 by Run the Jewels, which is just a dope-ass album. Go listen to it. And then uh, topping off the list, 13 Voices some oh man okay i forgot about that uh my honorable mentions real quick morning phase by beck we talked about that one already we are no good kid mad city's already on this list so that's air for free reliant k oh yeah uh strangers to ourselves modest mouse epic cloud devin townsend project that came out this decade yep yep that was that almost made my list this is a band that i've wanted to talk about because they're ghost ish but they take a cult approach i won't get too into it we can talk about it later but science fiction by church of the cosmic skull Cool. Okay. I'm sold on the name. I'm, I'm yeah. down. Listen to them. They have three albums out now. One came out just like at the end of 2019. Uh, and then Shape by Fire, As I Lay Dying. I consistently oh, go yeah. back Shape and listen to that. Fire. That's a good, a very good, uh, good metalcore like, album. Yeah. Corey, honorable mentions? Honorable mentions are... Somebody went to the hospital. They like dragged the guy out. Remember that? Oh, shit. Well, my honorable mentions. <laughs> honorable mentions are I had a uh, Devin Townsend project Epic Cloud as well. Uh, I have We Like It Here by Snarky Puppy. Oh, that's a good one. I have uh ba 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 Infant Infant it's French. I don't fucking know. L'Enfant Sauvage. By oh, yeah, yep, yep, yep. that's an excellent album. Uh, uh that's all I got. Uh, uh, the I, Electric Fetus. I song? mean, I could say <laughs> the Yes, it is. Uh, I could say Schlumagognar, <laughs> but no one's going to fucking know how to spell that. Uh, Schlimagognar. So, so I'm gonna say, spell it as it sounds. <laughs> so I'm gonna say, if you care, Google the Dawn of Motion. That's a very good song of theirs that came out this decade. But if you don't care, do whatever you want. Whatever. I'm not your dad. Okay. Yeah. Deco- that wraps Deco- it up. Deco- oh, 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 oh. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, oh. I, I don't know why. I just you fuck. I'm so used. To, so many years of just three. You know. <laughs> 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 All right. 
<laughs> just kidding. Anyway, uh, okay, I'm sick by Bad Flower, and the Pale Emperor by Marilyn Manson. Oh, the Pale Emperor by Marilyn Manson is actually. I'm really so glad good. you listened to it. That's actually like, I'm not even a Marilyn Manson guy, but uh, so, that album Day Three of a Seven Day Binge or whatever. Yeah, I, I gave that a listen, and that whole album kind of follows that same. I. It's very like bluesy. Like I just want to say yeah. that's why he's like the anti Johnny Cash. <laughs> <laughs> like, that album is like the dark uh, shadow universe version of a Johnny Cash album. <laughs> the shadow realm. Yeah, that's what it really is. And like that album is actually so good. I've rocked it that is, one it's a lot. Really, yeah. really good. I'll check that out. It's really good. I usually don't really care much for Mr. Manson. Mr. Manson. Like I said, I'm not a Manson guy. I'm not like a big <laughs> fan. But that album. Oh, yeah, he's, he he's gotten away from that sound, which is really unfortunate. But you don't. You like the dirty, <laughs> yeah, uh, like dirty. Grindy. Well, like I've told Sam, I'm probably sure I've said it before on the podcast. But if I go back to see any show, it would be like a Antichrist Superstar show when he was in his prime. Absolutely. What year would that have been? 94, think- 99. Okay. Because I remember hearing about him when I was like in middle school a lot. Yeah. But that was like. No, late 90s was his time. Three. Yeah. Yeah. That was when he was at his right around the Columbine shooting. Yep, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. All right. Well, that, that was doom. music. It was fun. <laughs> yep. It was. Uh, that's category one. And we'll take a little break and we'll be back. Woo! Oh, you won't notice right. the break, of course. And we're back. There we go. <laughs> and we're going to go to movies now. Which, Tom, you get to kick off. All right. Well, All right, Sam. I'm going to kick it off. All right. With the movie that came out in 2012, the bygone year. And it is called Cabin in the Woods. Oh, That's on my list. I forgot about that. That's fucking That is such a great movie. In the theater. That is such a fantastic movie. That's on my, no, no joke. That was on my list. I love that movie. Excellent movie. Joss Pete, Whedon. Pete at Joss his, Whedon. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Best writing. Drew Goddard directed. Um, I would have bet. I would have not bet any money that anybody else was going to talk about that movie tonight. I love no, that movie. I'm impressed. Excellent movie. AF. <laughs> That's actually one of my all-time favorites it, because it's like there's been like genre movies that have been made before where it's like you take the tropes and you do something silly with them, but this movie did it in such a way that it was at the same time as it was playing off of the tropes that you see in all these horror movies. It also built a story around it as well that was compelling and had like some lore addition to it mm-hmm. where it made like some semblance of sense. Yeah. But it wasn't like over the top or very shallow. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. Like, and there's one scene in that movie that is the greatest. Which one? The elevator. Yep. Oh, shit. Everybody yeah. knows the elevator. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In the woods. And they had the boomer from Left 4 Dead is in there. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, I love, Um, I didn't put the connection together until now. Do you guys know what SCP is? Yes. I'm sorry, I do not. Uh, it's, Super child porn. Yes. What the fuck? <laughs> it, it for, I thought you had me. I thought you were serious. Stands, I was like, where is this going? It stands for Secure Containment Protocol. Oh, sure. And it's like this online... How, creative how, writing yeah, exercise. Yeah, it's like, it's like an online collaborative creative writing exercise. Okay. Where people, the idea is that there's this fictional organization that's in charge of cataloging and containing and and keeping under control all of these weird artifacts that no, that don't make any sense and that shouldn't exist in the real world. <clears throat> and I didn't put the connection together until now, but basically all of the monsters at the end of Cabin in the Woods are like SCPs. That's true. Yeah. Well, the lore in the movie is that when the ancient ones went into their slumber and left the world alone, yeah, 
the uh, creatures that they used to kill everybody are leftovers from the time before humanity sure. settled over. Okay, fine. Right. But you can imagine the fictional company that's in charge of like making sure that the ritual is carried out yeah. is basically like the SCP organization. If anybody knows what that is, like that's exactly what it is pretty much. So it's like it's it's no secret that I love 70s, 80s, and, and early 90s horror movies. Mm-hmm. Evil and, Dead, man. I just watched that trilogy recently. I haven't seen any of them. The fact, dude. Oh, you, you need to see gotta him. gotta watch him. Hand me that. And I'm saying this having just recently watched him. It's worth it just to watch Army of Darkness. Yeah, Army of yeah. Darkness is so good. That is a fantastic movie. In my opinion, Evil Dead 2 is the best one. That's just me. I think. But Army of Darkness is pretty great. Well, Army of Darkness is just like, we're ditching horror entirely. Yeah. And we're, we're going straight like, this is like a weird fantasy adventure movie <laughs> with this incompetent, bumbling yeah. asshole as the protagonist. Um, but the fact that, it, <laughs> the fact that Cabin in the Woods... <laughs> Play, pays such perfect homage, and and it's just uh, a, a smorgasbord, a buff, uh, all you can eat buffet for horror fans. Yeah, all of the different creatures that are in it, and all all of the great yeah, gags that pay off. That, the whole yeah. setup, the premise is like every horror movie yep. from that time period. The fact that the right from the beginning, right from the very oh, yeah. the you first the scene OGs. of that movie, where it's just uh, the two guys down in the office just having a normal conversation about the weekend, and he's like, "Hey, do you want to come over after this?" and the do you hear me? And then right then there's like this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh my God. And then, um, the payoff, my favorite payoff in that entire movie is the merman. Payoff oh, where, where the yeah. guy, the whole time he's oh. like, I'm never going to see a merman. <laughs> yeah. And like, there's even the bit where uh Thor before he was Thor, yeah, yeah. he's about to blow on the conch shell, which would have summoned the merman. <laughs> yeah. Instead of the, <laughs> but what she it, reads the, the book or something. She reads the diary yeah, of yeah. the tortured zombie family. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. With husband's book. Okay. Evil dead Two. It's so, the remake Evil Dead. We're okay, looking so we're looking at my Netflix. You TM. really should watch the original. Well, okay. It's hard to Okay. Evil Dead 2 is basically a Evil remake. Evil Dead again. It's remake with more comedy. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much. So, you don't have to have seen Evil Dead 1 to watch 2 because 2 is basically just one okay. again. But Evil Dead 1 is funny in non-intentional ways because they were trying to shoot a serious horror movie. But it has Bruce Campbell in it. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, very good. <laughs> All right, very good. Mm. The Exorcist is very good too. Event the Exorcist Three is also Event good. Horizon. Movies also good. That start with E now. Event Horizon's good too. Yeah, you've seen it. Yeah, I'm going to ask us to get back on track. There, yeah, gentlemen, we'll turn this <laughs> off. Yeah, he's once Corson again just looking at us. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and start a movie. <laughs> I was I was looking to see if I had Evil Dead because I wanted to watch it. <laughs> yes, Evil Dead is definitely worth watching. Cabin in the Woods is kind of like the evolution of that in that's a way. what i was kind of yeah. driving towards because it's like it it feels like a raimi movie almost it's there's like, so much love and care my another uh thing that i don't hear mentioned a lot is like um pinhead from <clears throat> hellraiser from hellraiser they have a version oh, of him yeah but it's it's buzz saws in his head instead and he and he has a puzzle circle instead of a puzzle yeah, yeah instead yeah, of a cube yeah, yeah. yeah right but yeah. but like for instance you could have had him be like this really loud guy who's moving around and, and very shaky and scary instead he's just a very quiet solemn guy who just looks at her with with kind of like this like hungry curiosity which is exactly what pinhead would do and like all the little things like just as a big horror guy yeah uh, watching cabin in the woods is fun every time i do it because there's always something i notice that that is just well, a perfect and, and the fact that instead of just being like oh here's these things that you recognize there is a plot yeah and it's a very creative awesome plot so that's where joss whedon comes in yeah 
for the first Avengers movie, and he's written a ton of stuff. He's super great at ensemble cast. He is, yeah. yeah. Like having a big variety of characters that come together and they each, you know, share screen time. Going all the way back to Buffy the Vampire yeah, Slayer. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. When he deviates from that and does like individual characters, he's not so great. But he writ- wrote for X-Men, yeah. the comics, he, you know, I mean, of course, Avengers. And like all of his TV shows, Firefly, he's great with an ensemble cast. And this is just him. Basically, they're just like, here's every horror movie make some kind of plot around this. I, I just recently read a really interesting article about like the production of the Avengers, like the first one. Apparently they brought, jo- like the, they had the screenplay and they brought Joss Whedon in as just like to touch up the script, like to write the jokes and the little moments and stuff. And then he wound up rewriting like basically the entire screenplay. He did that for Toy Story too. Yeah. Where they brought him on, like they literally just needed like, you know, like the cloud, like the Marvel humor. I yeah. think that, the quips and the yeah. one-liners, yeah. They just needed those, and so he like he was. They just paid him to write those, and, and then he's he, good at the quips and the one-liners. Yeah, he's very good at them. And then he basically like re- he did the entire screenplay basically, uh, and they just went with that. And now, like Marvel humor is what it is right now. Like, yeah, he like he shaped that. That, that thing yeah. is patented. Like, whatever he delivered because of Joss Whedon. What he did in that first Avengers movie changed the dynamic of every Marvel movie that came out after that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 100%. And uh, because he's all, been involved in because like if you everything. look at that phase one Marvel movies and yeah. you look at each of them separate from each other, they each have like such a unique flavor to them because they're different directors, different writers yeah. and stuff. And then you know Russo and all like the brothers took the over. Russo are standing on the shoulders of Joss Whedon. Well, they're yeah, very that's, good, yeah, that's but what they I'm absolutely stood on the well, shoulders of a like, giant. It all of those separate movies were like so different from each other, which I will say I prefer to how things have gone now. I don't like the fact that they fell into a, a generic style where everything kind of feels yeah, the same it's, now. It's like a factory cranking these With things With the exception yeah, of yeah. Thor, which I think actually got Ragnar, better. Well, that's had Taika Waititi directing, yes. and that Ooh. guy is the best. He is really the is. funniest I also, yeah. just, I just rewatched uh, Winter Soldier too, and that movie is pretty good. That I'm going to say yeah. a few controversial things tonight. One of them is going to be that I don't love the Winter Soldier as much as everybody else seems to. Okay, fair. I don't like have a specific reason why. I just, it doesn't. That was kind of the tipping point, I think, for me. Because that was the last, that might have been the last Marvel movie I've watched was Winter Soldier. Well, actually, outside of Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor Ragnarok. But those ones, see, the thing, those two movies had like such a unique vision behind them. Because one yeah. had Taika Waititi directing and the other one had. Um, that was the Russo Brothers debut. Yeah. If we're talking about Winter Soldier. Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I was talking oh, about. Oh, Gar- I love Guardians of the Galaxy. Was it? Who directed that? Ryan Johnson. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. The guy that got fired and hired back. Is that him? Yep, yep. Yeah. The guy that did. Nope, I'm not going to say that because I think I'm wrong. He it's did... not Ryan Johnson. It's not. Because no, that's Ryan the guy Johnson's that did Looper. And he one. did Star Wars. Ryan Johnson's the Star Wars guy? Yeah. yeah. This is somebody. He's a big name. He's the one who ruined Star Wars. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. We're Googling now. Sorry. While you're Googling and while you're figuring that out, I'll just say Cabin in the Woods is a master class. Yeah, it, is. it really in, is. In um, paying homage to a, a genre of fiction while elevating it. And I'm, I'm, I don't want to sound condescending, but I'm so impressed that it's on the list because it wasn't in my top three that I wanted <laughs> to recommend. But I'm so glad that it's on there because I love the hell out of Cabin in the Woods. The scene where... James Gunn. James Gunn. I knew oh, it was right. Yeah. He yeah. did that movie yep. with uh, Dwight Schrute where he hits people with a wrench. <laughs> oh yeah yeah super super yeah 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 uh but yeah White continuing Trump. slightly what i was saying they had a unique vision behind them with those yeah. directors and now it's kind of like everything's so homogenous and kind of yep. bland 
uh, that scene in Cabin in the Woods where Thor gets on the bike and he's going to jump the gulch. That is that's so good. probably one of the greatest he scenes. crashes into, into the plasma does. shield. Also, I love that the like they have all the archetypal archetypal ar- is it archetypal, right? Yeah. yeah. Or you could say I, stereotypes, you stereotyped could say. Yeah. horror characters including a stoner guy. Yep. And yeah, the funny yeah. thing in this movie is they basically how they guide it and like how it works is they set up these scenarios for these young people to go to these cow like, you know, horror settings. There has to be the fool, the jock, the whore the virgin the virgin and the stoner and the scholar yeah yeah that's, oh yeah the fool i'm really impressed about how much i remember about this movie yeah. that's that's how good they it is. guide them with like these <laughs> gases and hormones and like yep. like they'll gas them and be like they make them horny up, and they know. they spike their beer so that they get way too drunk yeah. too fast yeah. and increase their testosterone and, and then, stuff but the funny thing is the stoner guy is immune to all this because he's so high on yeah. weed yeah yeah he's on a special weed <laughs> like, so that's oh. why he hears the subliminal voices there's like voices being like split up yeah and he's like I think one of my favorite. There, there's no, so many the good scenes. What the fuck is that? There's a yeah, scene yeah. in that movie where the they, the zombie people first come back, and one thing I love about that movie is all the stereotypes are actually flipped. The virgin is actually like has been sleeping with a professor. Yeah. The uh, the stupid jock is actually like a sociology because major. Like, yeah, well, it yeah. has to be an actual virgin. The like, whore is like a, a pre med like super genius. Yeah. Um, but they have a scene right when the when the evil zombies first come, and they're like, "Okay, we're going to be smart about this. We're going to stick together." We've got a plan. We're going to survive the night. And then like one of those subliminal voices is like, split up. Yeah, the gasps. And the stoner's like, what is that? And then they're just like, wait, this isn't right. We need to split up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the stoner's like, what? Yeah. The stoner's like, are you guys serious? <laughs> God, that movie is so good. Yeah, Cabin in great. the Woods. If you haven't seen it, and, and it's, it's a little gory. Yeah, um, it even has some horror moments. Well, yeah, spooky, sure. like legitimately, but it's so good. But it's like a, it's and like a horror comedy. Almost, that's kind of not even explaining it, doing it justice. I would say, but Joss Whedon is a little woke, and sometimes it can be a little frustrating. There's one scene where it actually, in my opinion, where wokeness can work, and there's a scene where she, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I've not seen this movie in a long time, where they're waiting for the the blonde whore, the whore, quote unquote, to take off her top. No, and like everybody's like. Oh, is she going to do it? Is she going to take off her top? And he's like, get out of here. Your, your basic human things disgust me. And then the two guys that are left that shame them, they lean and they're like, show us the goods. <laughs> <laughs> but where wokeness works is that you, when you see, because everybody in every horror movie from those times is waiting for, for a girl to take off her shirt. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you watch the movies before the age of internet porn, right. which, which <laughs> I'm old enough to have done. They were titillating. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there's something that works in a, in a, where this girl that's pre-med and they set up her character before they mess with her hormones to make her a very uh, a likable character. Where you kind of see, it's kind of like a mirror at yourself and you almost feel a little gross. Yeah. That you were waiting to see her boobs and like seeing these other three horny guys like lean in and wait to yeah. see the boobs. Where it's like you see like that's literally me. Yeah, you're yeah. like, oh. That's like you and the reflection of your laptop <laughs> yeah. screen. Yeah. Like when you turn on your phone and you like see your double chin. Like, <laughs> you're, like, down oh, and you're like, oh, fuck. Oh, I'm kind of gross. <laughs> that's where wokeness can work Wait, in a script. What? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> not, not Corey. Not skinny Corey. <laughs> no, but. I like how it's evolved to skinny Corey. Yeah, I, skinny I, had Corey. Com- I pretty much completely forgot about this movie until I was researching what came out this decade. And I was like, oh, shit, that's right. This movie came out. And then I started remembering all of the plot and how great it was. I, I got to lo- watch it again. It's been a long time. I, I, I'm going to watch I it I love again. how they're betting on them. And yeah, they, they, they all bet. Yeah, 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 yeah. They bet on what they're going to summon to kill them. Right. There's also really cool things where they... they ah, Sorry. 
This is this is what's fun about a podcast like this is that I have not thought about this movie until I started putting together this list. Yeah, and now as we talk about it, I remember more and more. Right. They are watching because this ritual, this sacrifice, happens all around the world. Yep. And they're watching the other There's countries. Japanese one. And they have the Japanese <laughs> yeah, one yeah, yeah. where the little girls like sing the ha yeah. and then like the spirit disappears and a little frog jumps yeah, out. Yeah. Just so perfectly Japanese. Because they, yeah, because they they not only they well they directly reference American horror movies, yeah. which have this same trope. But then they reference other style horror movies, like The Rings, based on. Yeah. A Japanese horror movie. Like, I want to say they, they even go to Mexico it. and it's like a chupacabra. A chupacabra. Yeah, I can't remember. The, you know, it. There's so much. It's a movie that really benefits from rewatches because you yeah. pick up so many more details. Like if you look at the whiteboard, this like all yeah. the options I've paused are it hilarious. On there. Oh, yeah. sorry. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I paused it on there. I'm like, God, I wonder what else is going on that they and can then pick. It, the great thing about this movie is you wish you could see those other events yes. on that whiteboard happen because just the way the movie's laid out. Right. And it has the balls for a, for a hardcore ending. Yeah. yeah. Like they don't kill the they don't kill the guy and the gods rise up from below and essentially the earth is destroyed. Yeah. yeah. That's the end of that movie. You know, yeah. I'm 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 really mad now after talking about it for a while that I didn't remember that this movie came out. Yeah, like decade. I said, it is... It just completely slipped by. It's number seven on my list, which is unfortunately not high enough to get mentioned if I'd like just been doing my list, but yeah. God, do I love that movie. They marketed it pretty well, too, because yeah, they, they did. didn't... They didn't, didn't give they it away. And it was right they after the Avengers. hand. Yeah, yeah. Right after yeah. the... It was Joss Whedon using his Avengers success to make his dream movie, basically. Yeah, I think so. And uh, it's they, if, if you are listening to this and you're not sold and watching it, there's a scene where... They, they do a great purge and every horror creature is released at once and it just destroys this facility. <laughs> yeah. And these elephants. But there's this whole tactical squad that goes up an elephant. Well, I don't want to spoil it too much. Well, that's all we'll say. Just yeah. imagine a world where every horror creature that's ever existed is unleashed on a facility it's, at once. It's real and they're enslaved and imprisoned okay. in like these cells by an organization Remember? and they all get loose. This is okay. I also love the perfect description I heard was from actually, I think it was Yahtzee Croshaw yeah. from Escapist. Where they were talking, he was saying like the blue balls you get in the Merovingian scene in the Matrix, where they're yeah. like, all yeah. of these things are real vampires, werewolves, and they're all coming for you. And then they, nothing happens. It's just a wet fart. And yeah. you're like, I want to see some fucking werewolf action going <laughs> right. on. This Underworld. is like, this I'll, is like that, but fulfilled. Like they're yeah. like, go see Cabin in the Woods. It's yes. fantastic. It's I love that movie to movie. death. Let's. Real number quick. 10 yeah. number nine <laughs> yes number yeah. nine or number nine me i love that you guys love that movie like it's i'm seriously like, surprised i'm like, like really surprised movie man my number nine it might be a little cliche but i love this movie inception oh that's on, on my list that's a good movie. excellent yeah it's I, iconic i i think it changed the way trailers were made forever yes yep. that well actually for, that for sure seven years I think um, <laughs> now it's like a remake at of the, like at the risk music. of you looking at me like I'm wearing a fedora. I think that movie <laughs> is also a lot smarter than a lot of people think it is, because I mean I could get it I could I could talk about it for a while, like as in a, like an a, like an autist thing, but uh, I think I mean the movie's great. Yeah, it's it like, really it's is. Um, movie. It's produced. I mean, Christopher Nolan makes excellent movies. That's not a secret. And I, I thought I was a tool for putting it on my list, but I'm like, yeah. it has to be. Y- yeah, same, same. Because I'm like, because I felt like a, I felt like a bit of a basic bitch, like putting on <laughs> my favorite movie on this list is Your Inception. Fucking, fucking pumpkin spice of the movies. Yeah, yeah. But it really is just fantastic. It is. Um, and like the multiple timeline stuff is so good. Um. I loved I loved the stuff for like like how time slows down as you go deeper yep. like yep. that that part was super cool, um, 
And they did a really good job when they're juggling like four simultaneous timelines or something, mm-hmm. like representing like it's always the payoff to that movie is incredible. It builds tension super well. Yeah. Because like you're it's always in the back of your mind, like where you're you know, you're on like the snow level and you're like, Well, what's happening on that like city level yep. and or what's happening when they're in the back of the van and it's like and everything works out so well. And and um also as an aside, I don't see do you guys all remember the ending of the movie? I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to spoil Inception. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Spoil it. 10 like, years later. Yeah, 10 years later. There's no way yeah, he's literally. awake at the end, right? Well, I always assumed that he was. There's I no way. I kind of thought he was, too. I kind of thought that he was. There's one thing I noticed watching that movie. It, you know, I mean, they, it wiggles right at the end. They have, um, what, are they, what do they call them? The, the totems. Uh, totems. His totem doesn't make any goddamn sense. No, it doesn't. What's that? It's his ring. The top. The top is his wife's totem. Yeah, but... Okay, Sir. Listen to me. <laughs> listen to me. Damn, you got told. You, the, one guy, the one guy's totem, the forager guy, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a casino chip that's forged. It's like misspelled in a way that only he knows. Yeah. Um, so when the guy has the loaded die, right? Mm-hmm. The top falls... That's what tops do. Mm-hmm. If you were in it, if you were in someone else's dream and they were dreaming that you spun a top, the top would fall. That's what tops do, right? Right. Whereas a loaded die, it always comes the, up as the thing, whatever but, but, number. A totem, a totem relies. No, right. A totem, a totem relies on the person whose dream you're in not understanding how that object actually interacts in the real world. I think and how how a top interacts in the real world is it falls over. But. That dream. was exactly the point, though. But is that in a dream? That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's a problem with the movie. Wow. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I thought the idea was that in a dream, the top would just continually spin. That's what they. That's what Cobb says happens. Oh, but you that's don't actually what, see it yes, happening. I'm not criticizing the movie. Okay. Yeah. I'm saying that's a part of the script that, like, I don't. I notice on like my third rewatch where I'm like, this that actually doesn't make any fucking sense at all. Yeah. So maybe he is sleeping. Well, I mean. I wouldn't, I, I'm not sure, I, I get where you're going with it. I would actually go a little less deep with it and just say that if it's not his actual totem, it wouldn't work. Because that it's his be, wife's totem, and that if it's, if it's his wife's totem, he wouldn't be able to use it properly in the dream world. Yeah. Maybe yeah. she has some attachment That's to what it. I'm saying, like, yeah. there's... But um, my one story about Inception, it was the last movie I saw when I was in the army before I got out, mm-hmm. and you're talking about how tense and, like, exciting it is. Yeah. What I remember about that movie is when, when the lights came on and I got up... My shirt was covered in literal fingernails because <laughs> I'd been biting my fingernail <laughs> the whole way through. That's, I was down awesome. to nubs, and when I got up, like they literally fell off my chest onto the yeah. ground. And the brilliant thing about that movie is like the setup for the whole thing. They they tell you everything you need to know about yeah. how the dream world yep. works right up front, and then they're just like, "Now we go do the thing." Yeah, and they don't. It's such a thin line. It's like a time travel movie or something. Where yeah. It's like. As soon as you start to explain too much, it's like it, it doesn't make sense anymore. And right. like the whole plot, you're like, well, why didn't that happen? Right. Yeah. It's like they explain the absolute skeleton, like bare minimum you need to know. And then the rest, you, you sort of deduce from watching or you see like how things interact with each other through the course of the movie. It's almost mathematical. Like, you know, the operators. Yeah. Now we're going to start putting them together right. in interesting ways. Like, yeah. Yeah. You understand all of the requisite components and we're going to, we're going to combine them in weird ways and you're going to see how that works. Yeah. And it will make some sense in your brain just yeah. watching it. Well, every which time is, they go a layer deep, it doubles in time, doesn't it? Yeah. It's, I some, thought it was like 10 times. Is it 10 times? Yeah. yeah. It's, I, I, or like I, the snow level. 
Well, I mean, when it's they're like on the, days past, when they're on the, the, the van level. is like, you know, that's like it's 10 falling seconds. the entire movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but like weeks have gone by. <laughs> I also really liked. Um, I think the coolest scene is when they're in the hotel. They're in the hotel yep. level, right? Where they and built the whole set on the axle. Yeah. 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 Well, they're in the hotel level, and they're relying on the layer above them is the van, and they're relying on the the jolt of the van to wake them up. Yeah. But in the hotel, there's no gravity. Because the van is in midair. Yep. Yep. And so it's like, uh, what's his face? Uh, the actor, I can't remember his name. Leonardo DiCaprio. No, no, no the other um, one. Uh, that guy the one with the dark hair. Yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt has Maybe to figure Sandman. out. Maybe Sandman. Yeah. Yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt God, has, I hope not. He has to figure out how to <laughs> I like, like him as an actor. Wake but, everybody else. Yeah, he has to figure out how to make though? like fake gravity. I think gravity. he could do it. Right. So like. That's a discussion for another day. I think he could do it though. I love that movie. Yeah, Inception is great. I have uh, it was on it tied for number ten on my list, and I went with the other one. It was be- okay. It was between that and Interstellar for me. See, inter- uh, we've had this conversation. Yes. I'm not the biggest fan of Interstellar. I, you know what? I think Interstellar. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. That was ten. You're nine. I'm just saying my my that was the other one. Okay. I was deciding. I was gonna say number eight, Interstellar. Oh. Okay, sure. Okay, shit. Let's just um, transition into that. My, yeah. Yes, my f- that two movie, Chris Nolan movies. Yeah. That movie has my favorite scene from the last 10 years. Is that the wave? It's the wave. Yeah, I love the where wave. Where he goes, that's not mountains, nope. <laughs> they're waves. Nobody can criticize it that was, scene. That was like the ultimate. Nope. It was so good because you ha- it makes perfect sense. You know, they're on a, they're on a planet. Yep. There's nothing around them but water and it's orbiting a black hole. Yep. And it makes perfect sense. But you, it's... It's not like a cheap reveal. Yep. Where it's like a Sherlock Holmes book or something, where it's like at the end, like, oh, this guy did it, and we never even told you he right. existed until right. the the last chapter, right. right? It's like, it's such a great reveal because there's no way you would ever figure it out. Right. But it doesn't feel cheap when they whip out the twist. Are you talking about like they're like, God, it's like she just died. Yeah. And there's, like there's that. 21 and then, years passed or something from the ship like, down oh, to the over planet. By those mountains over there. Yeah. And they show a wave. And if you look at it, it's a wave. Yep. It's like a magician's trick or something, right? It's mm. like some sleight of hand. You did the where, prestige after where they all. Show, yeah. Where it's they the show, prestige. <laughs> where they show you just enough They're so that clones. you don't question what you're looking at. He but clones if you himself. Actually look, Spoiler. He clones himself. Yeah. It's like uh, it's like um, in Breaking Bad when Huel pulls the cigarettes from the jacket. What's Breaking Bad? You don't, oh, yeah, let's not go you. there yet. Let's finish with Interstellar. You guys can have your hour of fucking come. better call Saul. Like, they did. They did that in Breaking Bad. Yep. Like he pulls, he pickpockets Jesse. You right. See and it, it happens. Happen. Plain sight. Yeah, you watch camera. it happen. No one saw it. I didn't see it. I didn't see it's it. It's the same thing. He just they pull a fast one, and then you're like, and then when they go, when Matthew McConaughey, he has like the the greatest line read of all time. Those are mountains. He plays himself They're, in every movie. He's those in. are mountains. Their waves. Yep. <laughs> and then the no, music. He has a whistling S, though. Those are mountains. Fire waves. And I also want to say, <laughs> I also want to say the soundtrack in that movie. Yeah. The the music in Interstellar. It's like a three hour movie, yes. but it's worth it. Like I had it to is. watch it in two sittings, but it it's a great fucking movie. I love like people when people mess with time. That's why Inception was my number two, and Interstellar yeah. was my number three. That was the coolest shit. When they're like trying to explain how time works, they're like, no, you don't fucking get it. You go down there to the planet, you're there for 30 minutes, 21 years pass, or yeah. whatever it is. 
He go, they go back up there. He's like, I didn't know if you were coming back or not. They're like, it's only been a half hour. And it's such a great, you know, you know what would have otherwise already have been a tense scene, you know, like on the water planet. Yeah. It's like, now you understand you're just cranking the stakes up because mm. it's so asymmetric. Yeah. Like, oh, we made a mistake on this planet that cost us 20 minutes. We just lost 30 years relative right. to the people. Exactly. You know, like, it's so dope. Oh, yeah, I, I really love, love, it. love them. Visually, it's great. I bought it in 4K for the visuals and specifically for that wave scene. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's just like when I start thinking about my favorite movies, a huge factor of it is do I want to watch it right now? Is it a movie that I would sit down and watch? And yeah. Interstellar just never passes that test for me. Do you want to know? This isn't, it's probably not on anyone's list, but most of the Mission Impossible movies are that for me. Like the, sure. last, the last few in a row, I would watch, I would watch <laughs> any Mission Impossible movie right now. <laughs> They're so great. They're great. All right. Uh, so anybody, my- else, anybody else have anything else to say about Interstellar? I haven't seen it. You need to. <laughs> Did you really? Are you serious? <laughs> I have not seen it. Oh, wow. Well, so. I just spoiled the greatest part of the movie. So Yeah. Well, I, I, you know how many spoilers I've heard since release of Interstellar <laughs> till now? Yeah. You should watch it. It's fantastic. I, that's what I keep hearing. All right. It's worth the three hours. That's what people keep telling me. Yep. <laughs> but yet, so fucking I do haven't it. watched it. <laughs> Even though you can't understand a single fucking well, word like, Michael Caine says the whole movie. <laughs> I you right. Master Bruce. I've never seen uh, Tangerine. Somebody just want to watch the wild bear. Oh yeah, Master but Bruce. I know I need to sit down and watch what it. You it's just one of those Master movies, you, know? <laughs> you like men. So I think that makes you number seven. Yeah, number seven is going to be real quick because I've talked about it a lot, but I, I just could not find the moral justification to leave it off the list. Whiplash. Please go watch Whiplash. Yeah, boy. I love Whiplash so much and like I cannot overstate how great that movie is from beginning to end. What a beautiful... Uh, owed it is to people that go above and beyond to master any specific thing and try to achieve greatness. It doesn't shy away from the fact that the people that do that are usually terrible douchebags <laughs> that you want to stay as far yeah. away from as possible. Um, and yet you can't help but respect their ambitions. Uh, once again, I, I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times, the greatest ending to any movie ever. I would agree. I, uh, I But don't YouTube it, because but, if you just watch the end, you won't yeah. really feel it. So, But the one thing, I haven't seen it yet. Does he ever get the pictures of Spider-Man that he wants? You know, I remember watching the, tra- I watched the trailer for this movie before it came out. Yeah. And I was like, this is literally just Oscar bait. Like, like, this, like this is, this is just J.K. Simmons trying to pull one over on the Academy. Uh, and it was, admittedly, the movie was Oscar bait. But it was, it's on my list. Is on it? the same yeah. spot that you just took it at. So like, I'm not mad at all. I absolutely love this movie, even though it ruined the internet's ability to watch anything related to drums for all time. Sure. Because it's like anytime anything on Reddit or Facebook or whatever, the topic, not my temple. That's how you sound. If you're listening to this and you've ever typed that at your computer or on your phone, you should feel bad. Anyway, Whiplash is one of one of my favorite movies of all time. It's absolutely one of the best movies of it. 2010 to 2020. Mm-hmm. Please go watch it if you haven't. Like, I don't care if you're not interested in drums. I don't care if you're not interested in music as a whole, which I don't understand those people. Um, it's just a fantastic well, movie. No soul. A great yeah. character study well, of two it, individuals. It's not about those things. Right? It's really not. Yeah. It, you could replace drumming with anything in it. You'd get the sure. same story of... Furious masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, something I could relate to. <laughs> I mean, the characters could have been the same, and it could have been about like roller derby or something. It really could like, have been. <laughs> it could be about anything. Yeah. Roller derby. <laughs> Wow. I would watch that movie with sure. the same character. J.K. Simmons roller derby yeah. <laughs> beating the shit out of that kid. Get me pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> Not quite my time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. 
Uh, I've talked about this movie too much. Whiplash. I couldn't leave it off my list. Please watch it if you Go have. see it. What number are we on? This is going to be number six. Number six. <gasps> I wish it was higher on the list, but I have to pick it. Do it. Dread. It was next oh, on my I list. Forgot a... When did that come out? It came uh, out in time. Uh, it, Dread oh, came out in 2012. Okay, nice. all right. So here's oh, the thing about Dread. Movie. This is a movie I have seen start to finish probably eight times It now. could have been number three if you just waited. I know. <laughs> I Well, I didn't want to take that chance because it has to be on the list. Dread is a movie I can watch literally any time and still enjoy. I love Dread to death. And the great thing about it is a few things, actually. It's pretty low budget but you wouldn't be able to immediately tell they did so much with such a small budget that it's incredible just to like from that aspect of just like production to see carl urban kills it as judge dread never takes off his helmet unlike that bastard sylvester salone <laughs> who's like i'm judge dread hey, i am the law, I'm the law. <laughs> iconic whereas Carl Urban's like the, he only says like two words the whole movie. Here's the thing. Carl Urban didn't tell if you knew it was him in the movie or not. He cared about the character, yeah. which is what separates great actors from uh, lesser. Yeah. He didn't, he wasn't, he didn't have the vanity where he's like, I need, you need to show my face at some point. He was just like, no, this is the character never takes his helmet off. He's this mysterious, like all like powerful judge that just shows up and, and because of that i know who carl urban is i yeah. probably wouldn't know except that he did so good in that movie that i looked him up and learned everything yeah, i about. was just like yeah well i saw from the bottom his mouth down i was like is this the guy from lord of the rings <laughs> is this eowyn and it was <laughs> but that movie is excellent um another testament to just like a small setting like a small condensed story so you get the, you know, you obviously learn about Mega City 1, this massive city, but this movie is entirely one call that he's answering. Yep. They're just like, this is just another day in the life of Dread. They're like, we need you to go to this apartment complex. This drug lord is like doing killing people. Yeah. You need to go deal with her. And then that's the movie. And that's it. There's nothing beyond that. Like they don't, they like, there's some moments outside where you're like, look at this whole city. But it's like the whole story is centered around him dealing with this mama. To drive that point home at the end, the chief comes up to him and she's like, wow, you really look like you've been through it. And dread it, it perfectly. Some, uh, in summation of the entire movie suspects were not cooperative. <laughs> like it was just another day. And for it's this like guy. an hour and a half of him <laughs> battling his way up this massive apartment complex, killing so many people. Plus, the opening scene is so good. Yes, it it's is. It's like, your call, your move, hotshot. <laughs> and he's like, what'd you say? I said, hotshot. Which, like, triggers his <laughs> gun the guy's to shoot face. like this yeah, yeah. hotshot. I also yeah. love the ISO cubes. Yeah. yeah. I love touches like that because you can just say ISO cube and you know exactly yep, what Yep, you get or the juve, idea. Juve cubes. Juve cube, yeah. <laughs> I like the homeless guy who's just laying there. He's like, two years, ISO cubes. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> he's, he's, he's just, just doing it. He's, he's just really, sitting there. He's just loitering. But like then, then it's just like it paints the more the picture this like dystopian future where the law is like absolute and it's it's awesome. <laughs> it's Go, a fantastic movie. How big would your balls have to be to break the law in whatever year that is? Well, they make it so clear that there's only like a hundred judges and like one thing they drive home in the in the movie is that there's literally no hope that there will ever be any kind of peace or happiness yeah, in this yeah. world. And that they get, what do they say? They get like a, a thousand calls a day. They get to answer two. Yeah. 
it's like this you know all you know the, the the premise is like the entire population of the world they all cluster into these mega cities because like everything outside is barren desert in the comics they get more into that where there's like mutants and stuff outside of the walls and stuff and they deal with that so what you're saying is that what you're saying is that like so you said there's like what 100 judges Something like that. There's Something a small like that. So, like, there's a very small chance that you're going to come across one. Yep. Yeah. So, people don't really give a damn if they're breaking the law. Exactly. Yeah. That's what not- it is. Yeah. So, that guy with ice cubes, he's like, ah, what are the chances that fucking old boy is going to come walking around the corner? Two years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then he's just like, oh, no. There's <laughs> only one movie. <laughs> there's only one movie in the last 10 years I enjoyed more than Dread. And I really hope nobody lists it before we get to it. it- I think I know what it is. <laughs> Because that's my number one, and I'm pretty sure we are on the same wavelength. I would guess it. so. If we're if we're riding the same same wave right now, I think it's going to take us to the same beach. Yes. But dread is fantastic. Let's uh, keep moving to number five. Number five for me is Live Die Repeat. Oh, that's hey, a good movie too. Movie. Known as Edge of Tomorrow. That's a great movie too. They did the weird title switch to think that people would buy it more. Yeah. It doesn't really like. <laughs> They they're actually doing that with Birds of Prey now. Did yeah, you know that? I just saw that. I today. saw that. Yeah, it's Harley Quinn Birds of Prey. I think they're calling. To it. that point, okay. you know what? You know what? That was two guys who were very passionate that had a big argument. One guy won, and it got named Edge of Tomorrow, right? Right. And then when it didn't do as well as they were hoping, that was when they were like, like "I told, I told you, you I was right." Yeah. And we've seen that even on this podcast, we've had hot debates about how something should be or something should be done. Right. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that today. Like, we've had creative differences just in this little thing that, like, 30 people listen to. Yeah. yeah. Now imagine it's for millions. <laughs> yeah. And imagine the debates that happen. Anyway, I'm sorry to cut you off, Corey. Keep going. Um, I mean, basically... The best video game movie ever. Yeah. Basically, it's a Tom Cruise time travel movie. Um, There are some problems with the time travel, like, the way they lay it out. Like, it doesn't make a ton of sense. Uh, But, you know, it doesn't really matter because it's... Uh, like for, so, for those who've never heard of it, it's the the idea is like it's in near future, um, and there's been in like an alien invasion, uh, and there's like the the humans are doing their best to invade against the aliens, but they're just getting decimated, uh, and Tom Cruise kills basically by accident like this crazy special alien that like spits spits its acid blood whatever all over him right before he dies, and it turns out that the aliens have been decimating the humans because they have the ability to reset time and they they like they they live the battles over and over and over again and they, and they know exactly what's going to happen and then whenever they reach a result that they like they just let time continue but tom cruise has now absolved or excuse me absorbed their ability to reset time huh. and so tom cruise goes to the battle and every time he dies the day resets yes it's like groundhog day but with guns but with war and <laughs> yeah. tom cruise What's the name of this movie? Edge of Tomorrow. Oh. It's 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 legitimately really good. Look at all these movies I'm watching. Yeah, you've uh, seen Dread though, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I was gonna say because I was gonna yeah, say because yeah, yeah. that movie has you written all over. Oh, it's so fucking good. <laughs> it's so good. Anyway, Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. I mean, that's that's the pitch. Uh, it's really really good. Um. I just love the scene where he accidentally rolls under the truck and gets run over, and he that does was, the I, greatest scream of all time. I don't, I don't like guffaw at movies because it was like such an abrupt, like ha, like <laughs> it's just whatever, whatever level of breath you, you know, when some, sometimes when something's funny, you have time to like think and inhale, ah ha 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 ha, like that. Yeah, but like that's just like. <laughs> 
Yeah, okay. like whatever level of air you have in your lungs, you're just gonna start laughing. And now we spoiled that scene. Yeah. Well, you don't know when it happens. Right. You know that it happens. I promise that even if you're looking for it, it's gonna surprise you yeah. when it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. Also, right. Brad Brad Pitt's in that movie, right? Is he one of the He's upper the, level like the officers? He's like the sergeant. I couldn't tell you. I haven't seen it since I Am saw I it in crazy? theaters. I might have made that up. If it's not Brad Pitt, it's a guy who they casted because he looks a lot like Brad Pitt. It's funny because I was just thinking I need to watch that movie again. It's really good. I haven't seen it in I've years it and years and years. Yeah. I, I highly recommend It's probably higher on the list than I would put it if I was just making my own top 10 list. Yeah. But like, it's one of my favorite. It's, it's in my top 10 for the, dec- the, the decade. So yeah, there you go. All right. Number four. Four. Number four. 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 Number four, Hacksaw Ridge. Oh shit! Just one more, more movie, Lord. Lord just Hell one Gibson. more, Lord. Just help me, help me get one more. I didn't know you actually liked that movie. Oh, you always that. quote it, but I didn't know you actually liked it. Yeah, that's why I quote it because I loved it. <laughs> it's such a su- such a good movie. Like, it's I don't know, man. It's like one one guy versus the world, basically. You know, and he's just like, please God, just help me get one more. And he goes like all fucking night. You yeah, know, he, he destroys he has, his hands. Yeah, until he has to be like pulled off the mountain or the, the cliff, you know, the ridge, if you will. The hacksaw, the biggest thing might I, say. What I remember about the movie is I went and saw it. You know, it's one of those movies that gets you pumped, like almost pumped to serve them in the military or do yep. something like that. And you get all jacked up when you're watching it. Is that like a Christmas no, release? They always release World War Two. Kind of. I think it was, it was definitely in the winter. Yeah. But I was watching it and I was, I was looking back to my army times and I was like, I got to go back in. I got to go do something. And then I ran out of breath walking up the stairs in the garage <laughs> to my car. Maybe month, not. <laughs> I wonder which month does the best recruitment numbers consistently. It has to be a month. I would guess when high school gets out. I would guess summertime. Yeah, like August. Yeah. No, I would say like June, July. <laughs> Don't do it. But anyway, Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge. <laughs> oh, old Patriot Sam. <laughs> it's just an excellent movie. If you haven't seen it, you need to see it. I, uh, the scene that's first of all, I just love the story I of mean, a guy who was a conscientious objector. I haven't seen it. I oh. don't know a lot about it. It's about God. You said it's a World War II movie. I don't mm-hmm. even know which. It's war World it is. War II. Uh, it's about a pacifist. Obviously, he won't stoop to violence, and he almost like gets kicked out. He's like, "Nah, I got to keep me in. I'm gonna be a yeah." Man. He enlists because he, he, okay. he believes in it. He enlists. He he chooses to do it, but he refuses to carry a gun. Okay, right. Like he won't take any of the standard issue fire. His stuff. loss. Right. Well, he, he's like, I I won't hurt anybody. He gets court martialed. Like it's Is a this huge based thing. on a true story. Yeah, or? it's based on okay. a true story. Okay. Yeah, which makes it even better, right? And does he get? No, I was gonna say, does he get the Medal of Honor? But I can't remember. Yeah, to be to be perfectly clear, it's the very true story of Private First Class Desmond T. Doss, which I knew right okay. off the top of my head. <laughs> yes. To be perfectly not clear. staring into his phone right now at this very second. <laughs> So he's a he's a medic that like they get they have to get up this fucking ridge where every time they get up this ridge they just get mowed down just like infantry after infantry just getting machine guns and artillery fire and all of it like they cannot get past this ridge to get to wherever they're going you probably know but uh, um, shoot I don't remember Four <clears throat> Hill you would go why I do not is that Metallica yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um. This guy, he goes up, and they are trying to, like, break the this line, and people are getting injured and shit, and he's, like, the only one left, and who is it against? 
The Japanese? I want to say it's the Japanese. It's the Marines, right? So it would definitely yeah. be the Japanese. Yeah, it's the Japanese. Look at Mr. World War II historian over here. Yeah. I mean, it's that's not a hard fact to remember. Did the Marines not fight in the, the Europe? It's, it's specifically during the Battle of Okinawa. Okay. O- Okinawa. Were there, Okinawa. Like, were, were the Marines actually just not present in the Europe campaign? Maybe in a tiny I don't think they were at all. I'm no, pretty like, sure they were they were sent to the Pacific. The Pacific was, specific. Okay. Pacific yeah. specifically. Pacific specifically. <laughs> You're insipidly defining the world of I don't know why I started <laughs> I don't know why I started Sam, I don't know why I started doing Sam that. Sam hasn't even been drinking. There was nothing <laughs> that I could do just there. Pure sober that, Sam. That was a that was a mistake. <laughs> I acknowledge it. We're gonna move on. Yeah. So he He's like the only one left after getting like this whole battalion just shredded, and he, there's some injured people, and he has like one morphine needle that he uses yeah. to, to inject people to help them get through. And it's just, like battlefield. They, they didn't yeah. know about HIV <laughs> the epic, back then. No, yeah, it, it looks like a super glue. Well, tube. the gays didn't exist yeah, back then. Yeah. That's how they actually look too. Yeah, like this is like. It's like a little, you pop you it go. in, you're like, mm. give me the morphine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he just rolls it up. There yeah, you yeah. go. They but but to cut, cut it short, he basically carries a bunch of people back and then lowers them down by rope down a cliff. By hand. Just yeah. like fucking. It's ridiculous. And it's a yeah. true story. All right. Right. And, and according right, to him, sold. he really did just, just pray, man. Heroes, Lord, man. give me the strength to do one more. When you hear like war hero stories, maybe this is just a guy thing. I don't know if. Makes yeah, you want to have a list. Well, yeah. no, not that, but you're just like, Weren't you God damn, somebody did that yeah. Yeah. themselves. Yeah. And, they, and they didn't have to. He could have just at any time just I been mean, like, I'm going to be pretend to be a corpse yep. and yeah. just lay next to a dead body. <laughs> you can you can go down the list, like the Wikipedia article, like list of Medal of Honor recipients and just read story after story of like, holy shit. <laughs> just for fun, listener, read Audie Murphy. He was like a movie star. Oh, that guy's a rock star. This guy was, he was Call of Duty the person. Yeah, he really was. <laughs> he just he was, was like running world, in, gunning down world. Nazis, <laughs> blowing up flat Wait, Is campus. he the dude that like he rode was, a flaming Jeep and like killed 14 Nazis <laughs> yes. with seven bullets? <laughs> yeah, yeah. To the he, army to this day, the Audi Mur- Murphy board is a real thing that you still do every year. So it's, <laughs> yeah. a, it's a very big he, deal. He was like World War II John Wick. Yeah. yeah. He, he was just running. He was like. Oh, did not see it. <laughs> he turns into Clint Eastwood. Yeah, 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 he's Clint Eastwood. Uh, whatever. What's his name? Blaskovitz. Yeah, EJ Blaskovitz. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I think that's like one of the only like Medal of Honor stories I've heard was that like yeah, this guy had a toothpick and a fucking ballpoint pen, and he killed three hundred Nazis <laughs> on his way to save his homie in the middle of the battlefield. Fun fact: There is a confirmed kill in the War on Terror that was done with a plastic. Plastic MRE spoon. Really? That's real. Spoon his eye. I want to say it was a ranger. He killed a guy with a plastic spoon. <laughs> oh, my <Holy> God. Fuck. <laughs> what an animal. <laughs> I mean, what? okay, okay. Real talk. If you, if it's just like you and a terrorist and you're like hand-to-hand combat, someone's going to, no, like we're both in this room and only one's going to leave alive. If your options are as a trained fighter, as a trained army ranger, your options are a spoon or your fists. <laughs> And the guy was like, I can do it with a spoon. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. <laughs> I'll take what I can get. <laughs> so, yeah, Hexar Ridge. Yeah. Excellent movie. It'll right. make you feel I'm like you can do the impossible, it. and then you'll run out of breath and, and walk right past the homeless person on the street corner that needs a dollar. It's like, I'm too tired to give you a dollar. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> you pull out your dollar bill. Dear God, just one more. <laughs> <laughs> I need this for Tic Tacs. <laughs> All right. I'm sold. <laughs> That's uh, number five to, or four to Sam? No, that's four. So three, three goes to me. Three. I yeah, three, three goes to me here. Do not pick. 
Oh, I, I know what I'm gonna. I know what I'm gonna pick. And okay. it, what, the, Dread was supposed to go here. That's all right, though. I'll move one up. That was actually my uh, number ten. <laughs> no, it was my number four. We'll go with Nightcrawler, the Jake That's Gyllenhaal movie. Really? Okay, I love that movie. To I thought you like X Men. I like Nightcrawler. Jake Gyllenhaal, but I never saw that. You no, it's, that's an excellent movie. Excellent. It's okay. Nightcrawler starring Jake Gyllenhaal. It's about a guy who photographs accidents for the news. Yep. And he's actually like a psychopath. Because you like you. And like, it's true. There's like this weird like black market for news media. Yeah. Where they need people on the scene to film horrific events. Yeah. But then you never think about who's the guy who's actually there. Yeah. yeah. Weirdly filming. This. Yeah. It's another great character study. In my opinion, I have a conspiracy theory that the guy that wrote Joker this year watched Nightcrawler and then wrote his uh, script after he saw it because there's they have a similar vibe. Yeah, they, for they, sure. there's a very similar Nightcrawler and Taxi Driver, and then just went to town. Yeah, because yeah, like, well, I mean, there are scenes in my opinion from Joker that were lifted directly from Nightcrawler, and Nightcrawler wasn't okay. a huge success. Like, there's a scene in Nightcrawler where he watches TV and tries to imitate the way the people act on TV to act like a quote unquote normal person, which is in Joker. So I think there was some inspiration there, if not directly ripping off. Maybe subconsciously, he just remembered it. Um, I'm a big Jake Gyllenhaal fan, just I overall. I, I love that guy. In my opinion, he can't do any wrong. The roles he takes and the way he goes about it is just brilliant. He's a great actor. Um, and he really knocks it out of the park in Nightcrawler. All right, I'm sold. I will watch Nightcrawler. Yeah, I'm not going go, to say much more than that. It's about a psychopathic guy who, who uh, films accidents. Learns and he can make a buck. Yeah, filming horrible things that he happens to witness, <laughs> and it definitely has the same vibe as the Joker. So if you loved the Joker this year, like everybody did, Nightcrawler is a really natural follow-up. Can to I that. just say that one of the early scenes when he's in the interview at that, like, uh, I think it's like a dump or something that he wants to work at. Yes, that's an excellent scene. It where is. He's like trying to be like he's trying to like, make a joke. Guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then they just think he's like weird, and they don't hire him. No, obviously, no, no, they don't hire him because he's a thief. Oh, well, yeah. And he doesn't. He's literally there because he stole a bunch of metal that he's selling to these guys. Yes. And then he's like, "By the way, I could come work for you." And like the guys finally like. You're a thief. That's the whole reason you're here. I'm never going to hire you. Right. And like the to play it off just to set up that this character does is not a regular person. Like he does not have an, a normal understanding of the way human actri- interaction works. He like does this really big fake smile goes <laughs> and then like points at the guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Super that, like that sets up the whole movie. It's, it's it's a very good movie. I love that movie. It's it's fantastic. I watched it on a whim one time just because it's like, oh, I've heard good things. And then yeah, it sucks you in. It's really good. All right. I guess that's time to nominate number ones then. Well, there is only one. There's the only- Highlander. Just kidding. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, there is one movie that came out in 2015. I'm really curious if we're talking about the same movie. And I think we are. But- I think we are. It may. It was made the list before. Hmm. For one of the early Megasodes. Should we? Should we say it at the same time and see if it's the same one that we're saying? All It'd right. be funny if it wasn't. All right, on well, go. Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one. Mad Max, Max Fury, Fury Road. Road. Yes, yeah. Right. <laughs> this is like a testament to good filmmaking. Still haven't seen it. What? Oh, oh you haven't seen Fury. Mad Max I'm Fury Road? I'm making a fucking list. Chill. This is. You know how you bump this to the top of the queue. This <laughs> oh, is something okay, you need fuck. to This see. is Dakota the movie. Like you will love <laughs> this movie. Dread. It actually no, is. You will love this, this movie is, to this death. This is dread, but more so. Oh fuck. So, George Miller. I watch it tomorrow. The guy who directed this, he made the you know the original Mad Maxes. They weren't like terribly super successful. They're kind of like cult classic at this point, especially Thunderdome and the first one. Yeah. Yep. Um. Two Road Warrior got somewhat popular. Um, 
Mel Gibson in them. It's Australian director, uh, post-apocalyptic. The limiting resource, as with every post-apocalyptic thing, is gasoline. Uh, but in this movie, they actually tweak it a little bit, and it's water. So it's water and gasoline are the big two limiting resources. That doesn't really have to do with anything about the movie too much. Do not allow yourself to love water, for you will come to resent the absence of it. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so this movie... It's such a great movie. Wall-to-wall action, but there's enough plot to keep you interested. The two-hour chase movie. Not yes. only action, it's also fucking bonkers. Yes. Like they, Dakota, the, pra- Dakota. the number of practical effects in this movie are insane. There's people just fleeing themselves off of moving semis into the <laughs> desert. <laughs> you know how like in war there like there used to be like a bugle player that would like sound the music oh, for the charge and yes, the attack? Exactly. In this one, it's not only a, a gimp that plays electric guitar. Holy shit. His guitar literally shoots flames yeah. out of it. He's, he's like also, suspended on like yeah. this harness and he's just rocking out, shooting <laughs> flames. Heavy metal music. He's suspended, oh. on, he's suspended on a harness from a crane on a speeding vehicle. And sold. Shooting flames. Yeah. This movie is fantastic. And and if, if we can go back to when I... Were, if you want to see a fat dude with nipple clamps on. <laughs> yes. To tie it back together, uh, we, we in Cabin in the Woods, we mentioned that... I mentioned, sorry, not we. I... Uh, mentioned that there was a, a way to do wokeness without coming across as like too exactly. heady or preachy. Yep. You want to talk about a movie that like does such a fantastic examination of gender uh, balance in the world. Like in this movie, like like women that aren't super. Well, the deformed. main character is not even Mad Max. No, no, the main it's Furiosa. Uh, yeah. Furiosa, yep. yeah. yeah. And um, this oh man, I I, I should have prepared a statement better. If you want to talk about a movie that demonstrates the strength of woman without coming across like it's men are these terrible, disgusting things. Yeah. Well, okay. So here's, here's how they handled it. Woke movies, woke, go woke, go broke type movies. They, you know, it'll be like Ghostbusters or something where the entire setup for the movie and why you should watch it is because the Ghostbusters are now women. And if you don't watch it, you hate women. Like they're trumpeting, they're signaling hard, like you have to support this movie because of our principles. This movie, he just wrote a character, this Furiosa character, and he's like, this is the character. It's like Game of Thrones. Yeah. Where the the women were equally strong contenders without having to ever mention the fact like, I'm strong because I have a vagina. Yeah, she didn't like punch someone and said, I'm a woman, and then just keep punching. There was never a scene where, where okay, so there was never a scene where the girl was being backed into a corner by a guy who's like, I have a dick and that makes me better than I'm you. I'm gonna rape you. You could never and hit me. And then she like crushes his testicles <laughs> yeah. with her metal hand. Like, that doesn't happen. She's just a character in this world and exists, and there's nothing, it's, there's nothing extreme, extraordinary about it. Which isn't to say that the fact that she's a woman like has really any bearing on the plot. Well, Cause a huge part of it is the women are important because they can produce children. Yeah. Especially for uh what the heck is that guy's name? Oh, I don't know. And they need children because children mean water. Yeah. Yeah. What the heck is that guy? <laughs> Something Joe, Mo- Morton Joe. Yeah. Morton Joe. <laughs> yeah. And oh, aqua cola. Witness aqua me. Cola. <laughs> yeah. That's what they call water. Aqua cola. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the great thing about this movie is they don't beat like, it's it's even so far removed from the old Mad Max movies. It like there's like you know the fact that the one of the characters is Max. Who's it really like, is just Mad Max getting sucked into another adventure, and yeah. then he leaves at the end. 
Yeah. Like he's not even part of the society that makes up the main part yeah, of the... Yeah, he's like this crazy guy that continues his journey He from, gets kidnapped for his blood yeah. because he has yeah, a good yeah. blood type. Yeah, they feed the war boys. Yeah, them. literally yeah. the war boys, they're so irradiated and sick that they need a constant blood yeah, transfusion like to function. and like all messed up. <laughs> so they hook themselves up to blood bags. Yeah. And like, blood that, bags are that humans. That blood's not good anymore. <laughs> and they have the blood bags, the humans with like literal tubes running from their arms oh, to the fuck. war boys hanging on the front of their cars. It's pure batshit insanity. Yeah. And composed it's by a master. But they don't beat you over the head with the world building of the plot. They're the just movie, like, this is movie, what it is. You figure it out. The movie is so insane that apparently before it released, like, af- like after, uh, uh, the sh- after shooting, and even during shooting, Tom Hardy... And uh, who do I can't think of his George name. Miller. George Miller, like, weren't talking to each other. Yeah. Well, because, he was. He had to publicly was, apologize. Because, yeah, because yeah. Tom Hardy thought it was fucking retarded. Yeah, yeah he, he thought he it was, was like, insane. Looked, There's no way this can be good. Yeah, he looked around at like all the like the shit that was on set <laughs> and like what was happening, and he was like, "This is the dumbest thing. This is this is gonna be a f- like this is the worst movie of all fucking time." George Miller is a lunatic, and he said like <sighs> he saw the movie after editing and stuff, and he like. He he apologized to George Miller, and then when the movie came out, like like publicly apologized, like yo, I'm really sorry. I could not see what you were making, but yeah. it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and the sad thing is, because of that, I'm not sure we'll see another Matt and Max. I have good news for you. Has it been? It's it's uh, officially been greenlit. They're going to start filming it this year. Mm-hmm. There is a god. <laughs> <laughs> that that news just like just broke like last week that oh, it's officially okay. moving forward. Yeah, I haven't really been paying attention, but thank no, no God to though. They've been talking about a dread Netflix show for so long. That's true. Ever since the movie happened, that yeah. I, even I'm sorry. As far as I'm concerned, Mad Max is its own thing to the point where I almost I don't want another one because there's no way it could live up to it. Even though it's my number one, if I could only choose one to like expand on and have sequels to or a series to, it'd be dread. I would like to see another call like just him going doing just another like this is another thing that he does yeah, this is another part of the desert and he's just blasting people <laughs> yeah. like judgment time you know. <laughs> but Mad Max is such an interesting universe and it like really you should watch all of them the first one's a little weird because it's you know it's a shoestring budget they had no money to make this movie so it's just like cars parked weirdly on roads and that's like post-apocalyptic like look at all this wreckage it's just like some guys winnebago parked like slightly (laughs) askew and they're like oh my god the future's bleak (laughs) uh road warrior they had an actual budget and it is very very good thunderdome is not as good as road warrior but is also very good but fury road blows all of them out of the water production value story and everything and it's just like you witness the events of this movie through Mad Max is pretty much how it well, works. Because he, he literally gets dragged across it. If you yeah, want to talk yeah. about the call to adventure. Yeah. And then he, he doesn't gets, have a choice. He's he like, spends most of it trying to screw everybody over and escape. Yeah. He's like, I don't <laughs> want to have anything to do with this. And yeah. then like the big twist when they get to the spot that they're trying to get to. And then, it, yeah, yeah. I go go watch Mad Max. But anyway, did anybody have a contender? Did anybody else want to recommend something I, else? I have a contender. What's that? Um, It's another exercise in over the top insane decadence. Wolf of Wall Street. Okay, sure. That was going to be on my list before, but a little lower. All I know is he does coke off a stripper's ass. Uh, yes, and that doesn't even rank. On, <laughs> See, like, uh, unfortunately, here's, here's where I have to tip my hat. out of his Lamborghini. Mad Max, in my opinion, is one of the greatest movies ever made. I, uh, there's not a single negative thing I can say about it. Re- Wolf on Wall Street has Margot Robbie naked. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Wait, what? Why not? Well, okay, so real quick, another thing I want to pile on to the Mad Max hype train. It is so anti-Hollywood. And not like, I hate the establishment Hollywood. It's like, you think of any continuation of any story from before, and Hollywood does like the same thing. Yeah. Where they like take it. I mean, Star Wars, this happened too. They just redid the same yep. things, changed some slight stuff, made it more politically correct. This was just like, no, screw all of you people. I have, this is the vision for Mad Max. This is the story I want to tell. You can tell he wanted to tell it. It is wall-to-wall action. It's the, insanity. Though. Like, your like, heart will start beating, and then it won't stop. Like, I was going to say, is, like, my body going to run out of adrenaline at the end of it? It gets pretty close. And I'm just going to, like, sleep for five the, days? The great thing about this movie is, it like, it knows the exact points at when to, like, take a little break before it, like, kicks it off again, even more so than it was before. It will probably be your favorite movie of all time. I can't imagine a movie made of more specifically time, for you. To beat The Matrix and The Gladiator and Fight Club. Yes. I feel confident in saying that you will like Mad Max more than those movies by the time you're done with it. My God. (laughs) Am I wrong, guys? I I don't think so. (laughs) I, you know, if I had to pick a top three movies right now, it would definitely be two or or one, I think. It's just, it's such a good movie. Wall Street does have Margot Robbie's boobs. (laughs) So does the internet. I don't feel super strongly. I, I actually think I like Fury Road more than Mad Max. I just wanted to. I think it's. You like Fury Road more than You think you mean Mad you Max? like Fury Road more than Wolf on Wall Street? Yes. Yeah. Excuse me. I like Fury Road more than Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, I'm more than happy to have Wolf of Wall Street at number two. But. Did you have anything you wanted to Dakota's nomination. I was just going to say John Wick, but. No. Oh, shit. See, I would vote for John Wick before I'd vote for Wolf on Wall Street. I'm sorry, but if we're talking about movies that I've actually enjoyed and would watch again right now, I would say oh, yeah. John I would Wick. watch John Wick right now. Yeah. Wolf of Wall Street came at the, the perfect cynical time where like it was just recovering from like the Great Recession. And that was like 2009. I wouldn't watch Wolf of Wall Street. It would Street. just serve to make me pissed off about current, like events that already took place. I wouldn't watch Wolf of Wall Street right now, but I would watch John Wick right now. Yeah. Yeah. John Wick is just great. Like I've always, I always want more. So I guess what we have to do is we have to vote first for our number one. My vote's obviously Fury Road. Mad Max Fury it's Road. Fu- I'll vote for Fury Road for number one. So then yeah. for number two, I'm, I'm, gotta, I have nothing against Wolf on Wall yeah. Street, but I have to vote for John Wick. Yeah. Like in terms of, of where it goes. You killed my dog. Now I know, I'm going to yeah. kill everybody for three like, movies. Holy shit. As someone who enjoys like the process of filmmaking and like everything like that, Scorsese is a master. And I don't want this vote to appear that I don't respect him for Absolutely. his filmmaking talents in any way, but John Wick is so goddamn enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> I have to vote for it. That's a movie I can watch anytime. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's how I feel about Wolf it. Wolf of Wall Street. It's like you gotta be in a mood. I, yeah, I have to yeah, be in a yeah. mood, and it came at like such a perfect time with like it was like wrapping up so much current event stuff that was sure. happening when it came out. That's fair enough. I'll, I'll. Uh, so that I'll, becomes the honorable mention. Yeah, no disrespect I, no, to the movie no, at all. No, no, I can all. live with it. Absolutely. Yeah. I will watch it though. I will right. watch. So let's go down the list. Yes, yeah, so let's run down it real quick. Number ten. Um. Cabin in the Woods. Uh, number nine, Inception. Uh, number eight, Interstellar. Uh, number seven, Whiplash. Number six was Dread. Number five, Live Die Repeat, otherwise known as Edge of Tomorrow. Number four was Hacksaw Ridge. Number three was Nightcrawler. Number two is John Wick. John Wick. And number one is Mad Max Fury Road. With an honorable mention for Wolf on Wall Street. Yeah. I also want to throw out Skyfall. 
Well, yeah, we we're going to have do honorable oh, yeah, mentions. Do that it. was Skyfall is literally number five on my list, and yeah, this okay. being mentioned by one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's uh, run through the honorable mentions. I guess I'll start. Sure. Um, Grand Budapest Hotel, one of my favorite movies. Of all I thought time. that was going to be your number one. Yeah, it's just a fantastic movie. It like if you like uh, not P.T. Anderson, J.K. Simmons. No. Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. Yeah. See, yeah. I do it too. Yeah. No, everybody does it. They have the same last name. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic movie. Anyway, uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I had to throw up there. That came out this decade. It did. Yes. Yeah. Wow. It hit me Barely? at the perfect time. Like this is my analogy is, I never grew up with Harry Potter. That missed me entirely. You know, again, Christian school same. thing. It was the occult. But for people that were raised with it, they've grew up with those characters. A fantastic thing. Scott Pilgrim hit me at the exact perfect time. Yeah. Like Harry Same. Potter. It's a good so, movie. I want to... I don't think he's... I got you? more. Okay, go for it. Guardians of the Galaxy. Excellent. Great Marvel movie. That yep. was like the... Probably old, my favorite Marvel movie. That was the movie. only Marvel movie I put yeah. on here. I don't really care much for them anymore. Skyfall. Mission Possible. Ghost Protocol. I love... That's the best one. <laughs> yeah. Brad Bird directing. It feels like classic mission impossible like the show which mm-hmm. was great i hereditary and then john wick was my number 10 actually. i just said ghost protocol was my favorite one but then i thought about fallout for two seconds you're like oh my god that's my favorite you got your nah, ghost protocol hit. is definitely my favorite mission impossible fallout man do you have anything else to mention any other um, honorable mentions every quentin tarantino movie that's come out sure yeah fair. yeah django uh, uh hateful eight and Inglorious Bastards. And was Inglorious Bastards in the 2010s? It was like 2010, I thought. Was I it? think it was before that. Was it would have been on my list if second. I'd realized oh, that. Shit, I thought I that I, I thought I it missed. Came, came okay, wait, hang on. We uh, it was 2008 it. or 9. I'm pretty sure. Because it would have definitely been on my list. Because I love I that. Movie. I remember 2009. Watched. Shit. Yeah. Okay, so okay. it gets the it gets the forget and not slow down award. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> For being one year, one year too early. Um. Yeah. So uh uh Django Unchained and. Hateful um, Eight and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yep, those three. Uh, Skyfall was on there. I'm gonna say Mission Impossible Fallout because that movie's tremendous. Uh, Henry Cavill and Tom Cruise beating the shit out of each other. It's great. That's pretty cool. Uh, the Witcher and uh, Simon Matt, Pegg. Simon Tom Pegg Tom pretending, <laughs> pretending to be Wolf Blitzer. Sure. <laughs> Good, great movie. That's all I got. I don't have any. Uh, all my. My four movies made the list, so awesome. we're on the same page a lot more than usual. Um, I had Skyfall, Scott Pilgrim, Cabin in the Woods, uh, John Wick, Green Room, which is one that I don't think any of you have seen. I never, I never saw, saw that. That is okay. Patrick Stewart. In yeah, it, right? it's Patrick yeah. Stewart as a, a neo-Nazi, white right? supremacist Nazi oh, leader. Yeah. I, I gotta say Logan. Logan, sure. Logan. Oh fuck, that was a good movie. Yeah, uh, the Lighthouse, which is one. It was number ten on my list just because it just came out, and that's not enough time to really ruminate on it. I haven't seen it, but yet. I love the Lighthouse. It's a black and white with William Defoe and the the main guy from Twilight, yeah. which is Robert unrecognizable Pattinson. in it. Yeah. Um, I had to look it up on IMDb to see who he now. was. I, this movie is sold that me that true? he could maybe pull yeah, it off. That is true. Oh, that's a true fact. He's actually a great actor, and this movie's fantastic. Twilight guy. Yeah, yeah. he's the new Batman. He Robert is Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Uh, what we do in the shadows. Is another one that has oh, to get mentioned. I love that movie. That, that we, it was between Cabin in the Woods. Just watched yeah. that recently. And the what we do in the shadows? What was that movie the about? Uh, what we do in the shadows is a comedy by Takiti Wahidi. Is that his name? Am Taika I saying Wahidi. that? Are they Taika Wahidi? Yes. Um, it, so it was his mock- first movie, and it's about vampires, and it's a joke. It's a it's a documentary office style. Yeah, it's It'll a mock- mockumentary okay. about yeah. vampires, like just in New Zealand. They're just vampires that ended up there. Here's here's the okay. quote I would use to sell it to you. This is the kind of comedy that's in it. They do interviews with the vampires, and he's sitting there, and he's just like, they ask him, they're like, why do you only like to eat virgins? And the vampire's like, well, you know, I thought about this a lot, and uh, 
I guess it's like if you were going to eat a sandwich, wouldn't you feel better knowing nobody had fucked it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> it's a very, very, very It's funny a hilarious movie. movie. Eat the Bosgetti. And then Mandy, what, 1917. Like Bosgetti? <laughs> uh, Mandy in 1917. And then Birdman. Uh, oh, I haven't seen that either. Birdman's a great. It has Birdman's really good, too. Those were my honorable mentions. Very good. All right. Well, then we will have a short hiatus. And we will be back with... TV shows, I think. Yep. Games last. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, disappointments are always last. Yep. Yeah, disappointments are always last. That's the cherry on top. All right. We'll All right. See you soon. Be back. Welcome back, everybody. Tom raised his hand in preparation to do the intro, and I swooped no, in. No, I was going to point to the talk shop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there we go. We are going to do the greatest TV shows of the decade, starting with me, your host for the next... 12 seconds, Corey. I'm looking at my list, and this is going to be a tricky one, because there's going to be a lot this of redundancy. This is such yeah. a hard one. My number 10, I'm probably sniping this one from Sam. I don't think anyone else watched this. Sam probably has a good idea what it is. I have a couple guesses. Hannibal. That That's not... Uh, I'm glad you mentioned it. <sighs> you didn't steal anything that I was going to talk about, but Hannibal, I'm glad. I... It's such a weird show. And network television. Yeah. I have no idea how they got away uh, with dude, it. Dude, this show, oh, just starting out with how it got greenlit, for one. The fact that it got greenlit is ridiculous. And then there's for two. It's such like a... In the in the first season, is like such an artiste. It's so like... It's kind of sniffing its own farts with the cinematography and the... Do you know what I'm talking about? Just the whole production? Like the whole... The yeah, it's, it's a little general. pretentious. I mean, what you're, the word you're looking for is a little bit pretentious, but it, yeah. it earns it. No, it it do, and that's the thing. Like it pays off. Any anything show, can be pretentious as long as it's deserved. The show yeah. is also very. I don't know how to explain. The show is very laissez-faire. There's absolutely no reason it should be as good as it is. The show, like you watch the the show through the lens of the one character. I can't yeah. remember his name. The detective. The detective. The FBI guy. And the show is so laissez-faire. Where you know what I remember? I remember the scene. Of the guy that Hannibal drew in season one, where he drugged so he couldn't feel pain, and he's cutting off pieces of his face and feeding it to his dogs or the pigs yeah. or whatever. And I just remember how just chill that scene was. Yeah, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? How the script, how like the horror in that in that scene was just how not horrific it was, and how it's just like there's a dude, and like this is like Hannibal's ultimate revenge on this guy for crossing him for something. And he's just like, do you just got a knife just cutting parts of my face off and feeding it to the dogs? No big deal. Approach me any of the any day of the week and ask if I want to watch an NBC <laughs> serial version of the Hannibal story. Yeah. I'm going to tell you to go home and and screw off. Yeah. But they pulled it off so well and Lawrence actually elevated Shorn, the story. Mads Mickelson. Yep. Mads Mickelson. He Kojima won me over for life. erection somewhere. <laughs> Made me a fan for life with his portrayal of Hannibal. The fact that he could pay such homage to the character uh, without taking anything away from it and actually put his own spin on it and, and create an equally memorable version of the same character. Yeah. It's like the Joker. It's like, it shouldn't be possible, but they did it. I, I'm the Joker, baby. I cannot I cannot <laughs> recommend this show more. I, I watched that version of the Joker. I'm the Joker, baby. <laughs> Have you not seen that video? No, oh. sorry. I thought you were coming up with something yourself. I'll show it to you after this okay. segment. Sorry, go there's, on, Corey. There's shows that I'll that I like more than this one, but I can't recommend it more. Like it's 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 so just crazy and weird, and you just have to. You know, it's it kind of 
television kind of went in a direction right around the time after Hannibal where you had like Mr. Robot and stuff that were just weird mm-hmm. and and sort of like non-standardized methods of storytelling. And I really think Hannibal started that. I think something else started it, but I feel like if I bring it up... <laughs> okay, just, we'll put that on the back burner because if it's... Do you, is it on your list? Yeah, it's on my okay, list. Okay, it's on my list. It's going to come oh, back. Oh boy, is it ever on <laughs> It's going to come back, so we'll, we'll put it on the back burner. I don't okay. know what you're talking Fair about. Not have a fucking horse no, it doesn't have a horse involved. No. All right, uh, number nine, Dakota. Number nine. As a guy that doesn't paper watch. crinkling. As a guy that there's so many sheets to go through. Uh, my giant list of TV that I watch. <laughs> uh, Key and Peele. Dude, that's okay. a good one. That's Key good. and Peele, sure. Yeah, I love Key and Peele. There's so many like who good... doesn't love Key and Peele? They're, <laughs> they're like, actually hilarious. Is there actually yeah. a human being alive who like hasn't seen all Key and Peele sketches? Why do like? cats like milk? Exactly. <laughs> Like, and I said, bitch. Yeah, right. Exactly. There, there's there's just a lot of sketch good sketches. That's not even particularly funny, but it sticks out in my mind. as when it's like the guy with the sticker on his hat still, and then yep. it just keeps escalating. Oh, okay. the hat <laughs> keeps getting bigger. Yes, like the and Chinese eventually, woman making yeah, the hat on yeah, Essentially, yeah. there's a guy, there's this Chinese woman, like in sweatshop conditions, making <laughs> the hat on his head. You that's how what, fresh you it is. What I love yeah. about Key and Peel. It's a problem that all sketch shows have. My favorite sketch show, Whitest Kids You Know. That's a good one. It had this problem to the extent that they literally would write into the script of the sketch that they were having this problem, and it's, how do you end a sketch? Yeah. Yeah. Ending a sketch is so hard, and, Key and every ending of Key and Peele sketches are tr- fantastic. It's never just like a wet fart of just like all this, because a, a sketch is like a buildup of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like all this insanity and like just stupidity building on itself and then a lot of the way sketches end it's just like someone pokes the balloon and it just flies around the room well, and I mean, around and then even it's just like done. the original big sketch show monty python's flying circus they had that same issue where they yeah. would just be like i don't know how to end this in the episode yeah. and then it would just end yeah. <laughs> and it's like in key or, well they did the and now for something completely different it was yeah, just a yeah, guy yeah. that showed up and just said we're done with this yeah. we're going to this we're going now. to something else now which is meta enough to like, you know, it's the same thing What Is Kids You Know did, right? Where yeah. it's like, one of the characters would literally say, uh, man, if this were a comedy sketch, this would be really hard to end. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. And it's like, Keen Peel, they always did such a great job of it. That's like one of the, like the standout thing I noticed every time I watch it. Is like, uh, quick shout out to Wise Kids You Know. They have all their famous sketches. Yeah. You want to talk about one that was funny that's not particularly well known that I don't typically like fart and poop jokes. But they had this one joke the alien, where uh, the no, it's not an alien. It was this really uh, strict religious home, and it's oh. just it's just a throwaway <laughs> line. <laughs> and then they're like, "Billy, bring us your daily offering." And he comes in, and it's a bag of his poop. Oh, and, yeah. the, and the father looks at it and he goes, "This is particularly dark today. You've had some very sinful thoughts." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I just well, like, well, I know my favorite just the idea that you'd be graded on. My favorite what is because you know sketch is the the astronaut takeoff one. Do you know the one I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't know, um, so they're astronauts in a spaceship about to launch, and they're 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 seated vertically, like they're sitting upside, like backwards, like facing the sky, right? Because right. they're about to go into space. And there's two side by side, and then above <laughs> I'm them, just laughing, just saying. Oh. In, if the spaceship were laying on its front, it would be in front of them. But since it's upright, he's above them. 
um, there's one astronaut, and they're getting ready to take off. <laughs> Fuck. And the whole sketch is just him. They're all like, "Okay, we're ready to go," and he's like, "Yeah, give me just a second. And he's he just like opens a bag a bag of like M and M's, and like M and M's like fall onto the faces of the people behind him. And they're like, "What the hell are you doing?" He's like, "No, don't it's, don't worry about it. I just I'm just hungry. We just need to like I just need to eat this, and then we can go." And the whole sketch is just him eating progressively more ridiculous things. <laughs> so it's like a bag of potatoes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the best one, potato. the best one, where he's like, "I just, I just gotta make some chocolate milk." <laughs> <laughs> and he pulls out a container. It is all one take. This whole sketch is one take. <laughs> And he pulls out like a container of cocoa and he's got like a glass and he's got a gallon of milk. <laughs> it's just so fucking stupid. Anyway. But Kia and Peele. Kia and carries that. Kia and Peele were brilliant right from the beginning. Right from their very, very famous AA rods. Yeah. yeah. AA Ron. <laughs> the guy's sweating. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, 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 yeah. he's going through the browser history. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that show is so great. Yeah. yeah Kia and Peele is great. That's not a bad choice at all. Yeah, so excellent. Number eight. This is what I'm probably stealing from Corey Fargo. That was an honorable mention. Okay, good. Really? Fargo. I had it high on my you list. You took Hannibal for me. I, I'm putting Fargo up there. Okay. Fargo is art and motion. I'm so happy it's on the list. Uh, character, the best character works from the best writing. Um, don't think that it's just a spinoff of the movie. It's another. It's kind of like Hannibal, where if somebody just told you the idea, you'd think it was dumb. Do, do you want to know my take on Fargo, actually? And What's like that? its placement on the list? Sure. I think a lot of shows. I was going to say unfairly. That's probably the wrong word. A lot of shows benefit from the baggage that they carry in from previous seasons and like the progressive building of a story. Yeah. And Fargo has to do all of that in 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. And it's like the, 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 the show Fargo, I think individually is the best produced show I've ever seen. It's fantastic. The cinematography and the directing and the performances and the scripts in general. Yeah, whoever, whoever. I, I think it's, I think it's the highest quality. Each of those individual things and also all put together is the highest quality I've ever seen on television. I love the fact but, that it's become a, a bug zapper attraction for fairly famous actors yeah, to go and do some yeah, real character work. Season season three? That's schedules. way outside. They just go. They, yeah. just, they shoot for a week. Or way two. outside their typical roles, they come in and they just play these incredible roles. Yeah, you've seen season three, right? Yes, I have. I haven't seen three yet. Three is fantastic too. You and McGregor's in it. I thought you did watch three. Oh, no, we no, had no, a whole no, discussion it. about no, 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 it. No, 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 you're right. You're yeah, right. four's I, coming I out this year, and that's going to be the last season. Yeah, yeah, the fifties. Yeah, that's going to be good. Um, and so I think, um, I think just split up into its ingredients, Fargo is the best show I've ever seen. But it's it's just never able to quite reach the level of a serialized continual drama. Yeah, because it has to restart. And eventually, I mean, I think it's good that they're ending it after four seasons. Because first of all, you know how hard it would be to come up with a new idea for... Because the, the story is pretty much constantly yeah. uh, kind of uh, witless, near to well, gets sucked into a giant yeah, mafia-style like, murder. Because uh, <laughs> the, the, the running theme is that... The Midwest folk are simpler, and they're bumbling, and they bumble their way into this massive uh, kind of. Like, I think I, if I had to summarize the entire thing, it's, it's the, the what the show is about is about consequences. The it's about small choices leading to giant consequences. The antagonist in season three, VM Varga, he was fantastic. Is one of the, the shame wizard. W- yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of the most magnetic on-screen personalities of all time. The way he mind screws ever. everybody around him and just down and just sodomizes them with his brain. It's I, I 
I'm gonna rewatch Fargo now. Yeah. Because like I just I haven't thought about that character in a little while. Like I watched I watched that season and then like a month later I watched the whole thing again because I just had to see more of them. Action, murder, mayhem, and some of the best performances I've ever seen in I, anything. Fargo. Check out Fargo. Oh, and then you have um, oh, from season two. Ted. Oh, Dance? the drum guy. I call him the drum guy because he has a theme song that's just drums, and I love it. It's called like Nuts and Bolts or something what like that. What did he call the two? The, the Kitchen two, Brothers. The Kitchen Brothers. Yeah. yeah, yeah I just yeah. watched that season recently. Yeah. Every time that comes on, you're like, oh, it's going to go down. And I just that, spilled. That, that I want group, everybody to know how excited Mike I am Mulligan. about that. I just spilled yeah, yeah. coffee Mike all over Mulligan myself. And the Kitchen Brothers. Yeah. yeah. Mike Mulligan. That sounds is, like a prog rock band when yeah. you say it. Like Obama, that. basically. I fucking <laughs> love Mike Mulligan, man. Yeah. Oh, that character is his exqu- ending too? Is exquisite. His, like, his oh. desk. His he destiny. becomes like the desk job. Yeah. He's just like a, a cog in this corporate machine yeah he fights his way to the top which is the bottom of a corporate machine (laughs) i just i'm so glad it's on the list because i didn't put a ton of thought into it i just saw shows that i my first instinct was that i liked more but god can we fargo has to be on this list. can we real quick talk about the aliens in season two yes because i've read a few theories on what it is exactly so a couple characters well one character um, Hanzi has lost time, you know, like X Files style. Like he goes out in the street and then yeah. he looks up and the, it's been two hours. So the theory is that the aliens did something with his brain, where that they and then they are just appear throughout the season to observe what he's doing. That's one theory. The other one is just like that was such a alien spotting uh, alien sightings and stuff especially in the midwest was super popular during that time so that they just they just put him into the story and since so much so few of the witnesses are still alive to tell that story as it's projected in the show that it's just something they included and they have to put in there because that's just the account that I'm, they gave. i'm a bit bummed out about season two because me and sam we watched that week to week from the first week and yeah me and sam were like sliding into each other's dms talking <laughs> at length about and with dick pics we're talking at, always talking <laughs> at everybody length. knows send sam a message you get a picture of his dick yeah yeah like, yes. is, like, without fail the both of us were just clamoring every week like and no i won't stop as, mom <laughs> watching as soon as possible like so we could talk about it yeah and i thought i had the perfect take on season two until the aliens at the like the very very end and i was like yeah. fuck because like i don't know what this show's about anymore yeah because I, I thought it was about i thought it was like a weird i thought because they hinted at the aliens a couple times before yep i thought well it, that guy goes on the whole rant about the aliens yeah well that was the end end though no 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 not even just the side character that he just comes yeah there's, across there's several the references to aliens like, through oh, the I season i think they have more benevolent that purpose. guy yeah. yeah i um i think my take was that the aliens were like this weird monkey's paw, like genie thing. Because every single thing, every single character, and there were like a lot of storylines uh, tracked throughout that season. Mm-hmm. It was like every character wanted something, and all of them got what they wanted, but not really. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have like Mike Mulligan, like he wanted to move up, but he didn't really. Like yeah. He did, like he got what he wanted, but he didn't realize what it was. Did Mike Mulligan see the aliens? I don't think he not did. Not that I know of. I'd have to rewatch season two. But that though. was like sort of my take. It yeah. was like everyone kind of got fucked, even though they got exactly what they wanted, but they didn't fully understand it. And then the aliens came at the end, and it was like, I don't know what happened anymore. I'm sure there's <laughs> some kind of great, like if I was still an English major, some sort of great 
uh, like thesis I could write. I know that at the end, I'd have to watch season two again, have a really good conversation about this. It's been a long time. Um, I remember at the end, like one of the closing monologues is all about language. And yes. if we could just create like this one universal language. Well, that was the big mislead the for this season. Yeah, because we Cause thought he like, was seeing oh, aliens, he's a right? conspiracy like yeah. nut job. And I can't help but think that like the symbol of the alien was supposed to tie into that, and the fact that they were trying to create yeah. some sort of universal I, I need, language I need to with read the story. The hot take of someone smarter than me. Yeah, that at this that's point. exactly what I need yeah. to do. But I'm guessing that it ties into that what they were trying to do. <laughs> something about how aliens are a universal sign yeah, for like, something. What I had read is that since Hansi has the lost time, and he kind of betrays the Gerhards for not really any known reason. They don't actually go into why he decided to flip. And then he just goes, goes off and does his own thing. It's because the aliens did something with his brain. And then yeah. they come back to see what he's doing at the big, you know, the sure. Sioux Falls massacre. Yeah. I could buy that. Good God. I need to watch this show. It's, ooh, it's so, you know, the season, only problem with it, one is that it's just sort of bog standard. Yeah. Excellent television. Excellent. Season two is excellent, but more weird. artsy. Yeah. And season three is just. Let me just tell you one thing. About season three. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. That's all you need to know. She's in the show and she is lovely as ever. She was also Ramon and Scott Pilgrim. Maybe that's my oh, bias coming in. The, she's very attractive in that she show. She is very attractive <laughs> is, in that show. Also, the subtext in season three is a lot easier to follow. Yeah. yeah I, it's I, I, not, it's, they're not hiding the ball quite as much. Yeah. Yeah. It's season, not as, uh, you know, yeah, obfuscated. As season one, I mean, here's my only concern for you watching it, Dakota, is that it, it moves kind of slow sometimes. Oh, fuck. And I know you don't like slow moving things at all. But it pays um, off so well. I promise you'd like it if you watched all of it, but I, I don't know if you'd commit 10 hours you to would it. Like the main I really antagonist. don't know. You would like, you would of like, season one, you'd love the main antagonist. You would like Billy Bob Thornton. And you would like the main antagonist of season three. Yes. I don't think you you'd hang in for aliens. season two. I, well, season two has the aliens, but I really like. I would be shocked if you sat like down Mike and watched Mulligan, it and enjoyed though. it. Mike Mulligan, the Kitchen sure. Brothers. Yeah, he would. That's like a, I just love the when the puts cop, his tie into the typewriter. I, I, well, yeah, and I just I know I already said the line, but when he's like, that sounds like a prog rock band. Mike yeah, Mulligan, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Mulligan and the Kitchen Brothers. His ca- <sighs> his character, and he's just yeah. there with like some Midwest podunk yeah. sheriff. Yeah. Every line he has in his cadence and delivery and like all his reads and stuff are. That character is, like and he like the funny thing all is, time, one of the all time great fiction yeah. characters. It's like there's something like that in every season. There's too. like yeah. a, there's something. I don't want to say like racial component because I'm not sure if that's what they were going for. But he speaks very formally, Mike Mulligan. Well, he was Obama. But then, yeah, but then he slips into, or he's like, when he makes a threat to someone, he's like, "You won't want me to do yeah. that." Anybody like slips into it, but he's usually like. He yeah, slips into it a little bit when he's all. sleeping with that one girl too. He yeah. between Obama and Mike Ermintrop. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's on this list for a reason. It's one. Of, it's it's easily one of my favorite shows Please of all time. And just it, I don't know how else to put it except it's it's a master class in every aspect of television. I mean, if you like the movie, you will love the show for sure. <laughs> but you don't need to see the movie to watch the show. You it really don't need to. The first season, though. It informs it, but you don't need it. There's like a yeah. Easter egg, kind yeah. of. Not even an Easter egg. It's yeah, a so plot for, point. For the those, movie's good. Go and watch it. But I mean, if you don't yeah. feel like watching the movie and the show... And for those who don't know... You don't need it. The seasons we're talking about, they, they're they completely... It's serialized. Completely there are little connections in the way that like people read Stephen King novels and look for connections between them. Yeah. Um, but each season is its own standalone thing. You can, you can thing. watch like, like two, three, one in that order or something. Like it, it doesn't matter at all. I would say season one is more fun. Season two is more artsy. And season three is a very good mix of the two. 
with more of an emphasis on the fun again. I think three's my favorite one. Three's fan. I mean, really? I think one is still. My I don't think I, I just, could choose. I just can't take my eyes off Varga, man. Yeah, he's good. Anytime, anytime that guy's on screen, it's like. Did that guy win anything for that role? No, he didn't. Oh, what a Fargo what a, as a whole is so underappreciated. Oh my god, that is disgusting. That that guy put out that performance and got nothing. Fargo, by all means, should be as big as some of the other shows of the world has have ever been. And it's, I don't understand why it's not. That's sickening. That Watch that guy Fargo. Didn't win anything for that? Anyway, yeah. let's move on. Number seven. Is it me? Who is it? Yeah, it's you. Seven. <clears throat> oh, jeez. Okay, there's a bunch of shows on here that I know will make the list, so I kind of yeah. got to pick a little bit here. This is a tough game. <sighs> Give me chicken. Number seven. I'm going to say... Fuck. Okay. I'm going to say Nathan for you. Okay. Yeah. Because excellent show. there is not a show that has made me cringe harder than watching Nathan for it's you. It's brutal, this show. The premise is there's this... Guy who graduated business school in Canada comes to the U.S. to help failing small businesses. As like a consultant. As a consultant. And he gives them these ideas to drum up business. Yep. And they're consistently the worst idea possible. But these businesses are desperate, so they try them anyways. And it is so painful to watch sometimes. It is unreal. Because he's just, I mean... Because if it wasn't, he plays it so straight. Because he's he's, is a TV show, but he's fucking with real people. Yeah, with re- and their and their real businesses, and they don't know that he's just fucking with them for his television show. And like the one that comes to mind, that will always come to mind, is there's this realty lady. Oh my god, who is not doing so hot? <sighs> so he comes to consult, and he's like, well, and he has this kind of weird voice, and he's like this awkward guy. He's like, well, he. Sounds like Tina from Bob's Burgers. I don't yeah. know if it's the same person, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it might be. They sound exactly the same. Yeah, they do. Um, and he's just like, well, um, what if we had you... You're the only realtor in town that can certify that the home is ghost-free. <laughs> so, like, they... <laughs> she goes to these showings with real people. And this is a real realtor. And she's like... With real people showing to real homes. Yes. But <laughs> there might be. Very familiar. Uh, I need to uh, verify that. We've talked about this on this on this uh, podcast before. Oh, yeah, we have. That's, so, that's yeah. why it's yep. so. Yep. So yeah, she, they basically this lady, this poor realtor lady, has to say to these people, "Yeah, we can certify that this home is ghost free," and then they bring in this exorcist from like brazil or something who's also a real dude who's insane yeah who, who's like a psycho exorcist and he's just <laughs> going through the house get back demas ah the power of christ compels you back demas and then and he's like, like reenacting all of these things that supposedly happened in the homes that they're in yeah where it's like oh like a woman got raped in this house we can't certify this house ghost free until the exorcist happens yeah, yeah. yeah oh my god and that's just one of them there's so many ridiculous there's like the they had a holocaust exhibit in the the oh. winter wear oh like the outdoor i don't know it's terrible but it's so memorable and it's like so painful to watch, but it's also so funny at the same time. It's like the office kind of like squared, <laughs> like where, <laughs> like that banks on the cringe humor. But you're like, oh, it's just a TV show. Yeah. You can kind of, it's you know, it's Michael Scott, it's you know, Steve Carroll. But these are like real people, and it's 
it's sometimes the hardest thing I've ever had to watch, but it's also the funniest. So that's my pick. Okay, it pains me to put this here. Uh, what is this? 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. You're 6. I'm 6. This is the last one that I get to nominate before my number one, and I know what one and two are going to be. Probably. I don't know for sure. You can pretty much bet. You can pretty point. much bet. So I'm going to have to say number six is BoJack Horseman. Good. Was... I'm sad it's not higher, but I got I got to This is my insurance policy. I got to throw it out here. In, in a world where it's increasingly difficult to stick the landing, I thought they nailed it with the final season. By doing what wasn't expected. Now, now don't get me wrong, if I'd written it, and we're going to do some spoilers here for anybody that's a hardcore BoJack fan and, and listening yeah, yeah. to this. Last season, spoil, like last, last season, like it literally came out 16 days ago, spoilers. In my opinion, it probably would have been more interesting to have BoJack actually die and then do an exploration of the impact he had on the world after he was gone in the last episode. Yeah. But That's what I was thinking he, as well. I understand that they wanted to go with he has to live with his consequences. He doesn't get out that easily. I agree. Uh, but here's here's my only problem with and I thought it was fantastic, right? I mean, it's on my list. of I, I said it instead of Fargo, right? So I really liked it. But my only problem was like the episode where he quote unquote dies was so great. It was so amazing. And the one that followed it up just wasn't as good. That's true. I think that was kind of the point because it's a very artistic show. It is. And I think that that's, they, that wasn't an accident. Now, don't get me wrong. The typical show would have ended with that episode and it would have been probably more memorable. Yeah. I like to think of the, the final episode as... The down. Yeah, the view. That poem is ridiculous. <laughs> I, 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 I looked it up because I figured it was a famous poem and the guy actually wrote it for that yeah. show. And the execution is fantastic. Well, when the, the fucking door that just goes to... And just sneaks know. up on him. Yeah. Well, and like as his friend Herb... Is mm-hmm. like disappearing, and he's just yeah. telling him, "No, this is it. Yeah. Like, there is no, there is like, nothing, there is no other side." Yeah, he's just like, "I'll see you on this side." It's like, "What are you talking about? No, there's no, yeah, it's just nothing. This is it." And then he just slowly disappears, and it's just like, "Oh my god, <laughs> that is so bleak." <laughs> yeah. Um, the Sarah Lynn one where you don't know what's happening yet. I mean, you know, kind of what's happening. I figured it out pretty quick. Yeah, like you know what's happening, but you don't know what the end of it's going to be. Yeah. Hey, right, and where she does the whole performance. And then, like, it goes from sad to, like, happy and then back to really sad. And mm-hmm. then she just goes through the door and you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> the really, really scary thing is, like, right, so that the episode we're talking about, which it's hard not to do a best TV and talk about a show without talking about what just came out and discuss it a little yeah. bit. This is the second to last episode of the show. And basically, uh, Bojack uh, is drowning in a pool. And in his brain, he's accepting his death. And he's suffering from brain death and... uh going through the motions and basically the entire thing of the episode is he keeps thinking that he's going to be saved because and that he called somebody i love how like he's apparently been in that place a bunch of times. yeah he's had that dream a bunch of times but he's never yeah. gotten as far as he got this time and um i loved how he said like uh i didn't notice until i went back because i watched that episode twice yeah uh, i didn't know it like when uh when he gets the water and he's like oh it's just like chlorine yeah like give me some new water that was actually when i figured out exactly what was happening yeah i didn't um, that yeah it, it, he uh, and and everybody at the table is eating their the last thing they ate in real life. Mm-hmm. Like Sarah Lee's eating pills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I like they weren't hiding the ball with the fact that he's in this weird like, yeah. like dream headspace world. Uh, but I didn't understand like I, the the chlorine water thing was like that just went way over my. I, I didn't catch that. The panic comes in in the fact that the whole episode, it, Bojack constantly thinks, oh, he's being rescued, and oh, it's just a dream he's having. 
is inevitably he figures out that he's basically already dead and that there's nothing he can do. He's just waiting for his brain to die. Yeah. And so at the very end, he, you know, there's this race and panic as he's trying to figure out how to live and realizing that he can't. Now he does get rescued because the family of the house he broke into finds him. Yeah. But the really scary implication well, is house. like, as they, as they set up in the episodes before Sarah Lee or Sarah Lynn, yeah. Sarah Lynn, Sarah sorry, Lynn. was, um, he waited like 15 minutes, 17, sir. 17 minutes to call and uh, get her help because he wanted to help himself. The implication is that she had something similar to this where she was sure Bojack was going to save her the entire time and realized that he was out smoking a cigarette in the parking lot and wasn't going to help her before she disappeared. One thing I liked about this, uh, quickly jumping, about this whole episode is typically when you're doing like this reflection of the life and death kind of thing, it'd be... I don't know how to explain it, meaner in the way people criticize him when they're calling him the, the man of the hour. Yeah. And there is some of that. Instead, it really just seems, and what the show did so well was this is just how it is. People are like, well, this is the reality. Like he goes out and smokes with his dad, who is also for reasons unexplained. Um, what's the name of the horse? Uh, Secretariat. Secretariat. I, mean, I just assumed it was because he hated his dad so much that he couldn't even imagine his actual dad as being his dad as being like his archetypal right. father figure like even well he had his dad's the- voice yeah because yep. it was uh jim from the office in the previous uh yep. the actual secretary in the yeah. show um yeah what a fan i love the way the show dealt with things like depression and and death and and um I guess like it's hard that it's relatable when it's all about Hollywood. It was really a giant skewering of Hollywood more than it was anything else. Yeah. And clearly made by people that have been in the industry for a long time and wanted to kind of, you know, make a parody of it. And while I can't relate to what it's like to be a movie star or rich or famous, somehow it was still very relatable in just the stories it told and people trying to get ahead in their careers and getting drunk and making mistakes and then waiting for the hammer to fall, waiting for those consequences to come back. Yeah. That's something I've dealt with in my life. In a very real way. I've done very stupid things drunk in my early 20s that sort of like this show. I was, I mean, they eventually had consequences that were big. And I, that's where my entry into the series was. That, you know, the crippling depression. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's my number six. That's Bojack a great show. Horseman. Great pick. Number five, Dakota. Archer. Oh, I love Archer. Yeah, Archer's great. All right. Yeah. Just, Dope. you know, parody James Bond. Good wholesome family fun. <laughs> the original yeah. ISIS. Yeah, that's right. And yes. then I'm like, ooh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that this whole company's is that why they blew it up? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly that's why. why they blew up ISIS. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, oh my god, blow and after that I actually stopped watching because I thought it got uninteresting. Yeah. I, I haven't watched it or thought about it in season, a very man, long time. That was yeah. so good. Just epic, right? The, the terrorists. Why am I stuck were- in this balloon with all this deadly helium? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, helium's not dangerous. It's not hydrogen. Oh, that's yeah. a great episode. Yeah. Or like whenever he's uh, imagining himself flying in a jet, he's like, fly into <laughs> the danger zone. Because of that show, that's why I always listen to that one. I'm driving in a snowstorm. Yeah. That's, yep. another, that's another show that starts out with a very simple concept, but then they're not afraid to explore the psychology and reap it for comedy. Like the fact that he's got such huge mommy issues. Yeah. yeah. Plus, yeah, yeah. Uh, is it Barry? Yeah. That's a uh, fucking uh, the guy from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Cool. Very scientist. The guy in the tracksuit, the bionic man. Oh, oh, that guy. Yeah, I love that guy. That guy's the 
He's the guy who plays like the arch nemesis in uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> I always think of the the one scene that just has always stuck <clears throat> with me, and I thought it was like the funniest thing ever was the. I think Archer was explaining something to the scientist guy, and the scientist is like, "Stop, stop! My penis can only get so erect." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. Yeah. There's a lot of great. There's a lot of really funny gags. There's one where everybody uses a candy wrapper for a condom. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody's doing it inexplicably. Or like Pam, she's like a fucking underground fighter. Yeah. Yeah. She has like all this fucking tattoos on her back with like all her wins. Addicted to cocaine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Archer's great. (laughs) The Ocelot. Yeah. It's funny. This is a good show. And I'm not... Are we done? I'm not going to stop the comedy train and number four, number four, the last one I get to nominate before having to put forth my number one. Uh, I actually almost wanted to make this number one because if I had to be honest, if I was going to try to get any kind of like trying to put a show up as something that consolidated and really uh, portrayed the 2010s for what they were, this is what I would say it was. And that's The Office. It's a great show. Yep. You got to do it. Um, The Office is hilarious one of the funniest shows ever made when did that show end uh it ended i don't know mid 2000 2010s it made it it made it on the list all right it started before 2010 but it ended way after yeah because i remember it more from pre-2010 yeah i didn't know when it actually i like after i pretty much i think season four was like where i stopped yeah but yeah Uh, it's worth watching the whole thing if you like it Oh yeah, it's hilarious. And uh, one thing about it that's, and when I say that it encapsulates, you know, we've kind of become this very sensitive culture now that's worried about um, being woke, which is going to be a theme, which is because it was one of the themes of 2010 to 2020, true, right? Yeah. And this show, I think, kind of paved the way for that by giving us uh, Steve Carell's character, Michael Scott, who was like the embodiment of everything we were doing wrong socially yeah. at the time, mm-hmm. all of the mistakes we were making as a society. And gave us this big version of it to laugh at and see ourselves in. Mm-hmm. And I think that that really did pave the way for woke culture, which came came next. I think he was, it was the reason we were looking at it and be like, maybe we shouldn't make fun of gays. Maybe gay, maybe that's gay shouldn't be an insult. <laughs> maybe <laughs> like, you know. Um, and Coffee I mean, honestly, everybody knows Jim and Pam. It's iconic. Pretty much the yep. whole show is iconic. Yeah. There's so much in that show that has influenced so much of pop culture. It's insane. Yeah. It's not like being woke is the most important thing. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to create kind of a theme yeah. in these episodes and that right, seems right. to keep coming up. Um, I'm not a woke guy. I don't think so anyway, but it's just kind of like one of the big things that happened in this decade. The office is hilarious. Everybody's seen it. Everybody knows about it. I can't imagine anybody listening to this hasn't at least watched an episode. <laughs> right. It's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. At this point. <clears throat> So that leaves number three, Tom. Oh, this is a hard one. This was the hardest category for me. I have one million honorable mentions. Now, looking at my list, I got to do it. I got to do it for the boys at home. I'm ready. Number three, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> Very good. See, that's one where I'd raise my eyebrow and be like, when did that show? When was that show, that show on? It ended in 2015. I did check. It started in 2000. <laughs> 15 yeah. years that show was I was going to say, I don't remember it at all after 2010. All right. I mean, you're the, you're the super fan, so yeah. go on. I, what else can be said, man? <laughs> That's <laughs> like the, the great thing about Adult Swim I was say, content. That's the Adult Swim show. Yeah it, was yeah. Like, it was like one of the first shows after Space Goes Coast to Coast, which was like on Cartoon Network. That was yeah. their late night show. Oh. And then it, that's where Adult Swim came from. 
and Aqua Teen was birthed from that show. There were just these random characters that showed up. Um, that encapsulates the early 2000s so much for me. Like, it's like the humor, just the absurdity of it all. And then it just kept going. And then the, has anyone seen the finale for Aqua Teen Hunger Force? I actually really I haven't. haven't. I don't, I, now I want to, kind of. I haven't thought about this show in years. Well, it's so perfect for the show if you know aqua teen humor and you know like the things they lampoon and all that kind of stuff it's like perfect it's like meatwad years later with his family going back to the house and like reliving the memories it's like this very you know touching like almost like it would be on like a lifetime show it's so funny (laughs) but i don't know it's aqua teen was such a huge part of my uh, teenage years through my brother he had a bunch of the DVDs and he would let me like borrow. I can't think of Aqua Teen Hunger Force without thinking about your brother yeah like those two are synonymous in my mind like one goes with the other yeah <laughs> and the, I, you know that, that, that's where I first was exposed to them and then it's just it's just so ridiculous and so funny and nothing makes sense but it doesn't have to and that's the point of the show is that nothing really makes sense nothing progresses they're just inexplicably there's this wad of meat, this <laughs> shake, and then these fries that live together. The original premise was that they were supposed to solve mysteries. <laughs> but then they abandoned that after like the third episode, and then it's just this random, <laughs> random BS that happens. I don't know. It's such a great show. The, the episode that immediately pops up is the mummy. like he's gonna curse them if they don't do what he wants and he's just like a terrible house guest yeah and then they like bring him to the mall and he buy (laughs) buy him a bunch of he has like sunglasses because they don't want the mummy curse and then then when he does curse them nothing happens (laughs) (laughs) that show is so funny aqua teen hunger force was always like the forbidden fruit for me really I i was not allowed to watch adult swim really oh my god it's all like i would like fall asleep with my tv on i'd wake up and it'd be aqua teen hunger force i'm like oh (laughs) Oh, no turn it off you're right i would get in trouble it was kind of like it was kind of like futurama but i watched all futurama the same actually i wasn't allowed to watch futurama too that's right i was allowed to watch the simpsons but not futurama which was like what was weird is i was allowed to watch the simpsons when i was like seven and then suddenly i wasn't allowed to anymore because they talk about boobies like it was really weird like it was like damn they say damn in hell that was the big thing was that Bart yeah. swore. Yeah. But like I was kind of allowed to watch it and then suddenly I really wasn't allowed to mm. and then I just kind of started watching it again. Yeah. We I, got I, it on like C What is it? The Canadian broadcasting show. We had it on the cable for some reason. CTV. CTV, yeah. It used to be on like every night at 6 and I would always go and watch it. Yeah. I remember like trying to get away watching it once with uh Jordan actually. We were in the kitchen. There was a kitchen TV that had cable. Yeah. And we Futurama was on and we're like oh it's just a cartoon it's just a cartoon they're like oh okay and she's like sitting there like it was my mom came in at the time and then Leela said damn and she's like what in the hell yep <laughs> you know what that's how fuck? it would always go <laughs> you're not allowed to watch that and she like turned it off on us and it'd be like when you'd be playing a JRPG or something and like 90% of the game was like just like robots fighting and then, management. and then your parents would walk in right at like the one like like a fan service scene like, where like yeah, a girl would be like top. lifting off her bra or whatever yeah. <laughs> and like yeah um this isn't what the game is oh, another wow. aqua teen episode that i will never forget because it's the funniest thing ever brylock the french fries makes a supercomputer and it's this little sphere and he's talking about how great it is and then it flies out the window and it turns <laughs> out it goes back in time and a caveman finds it 
and then he comes to the future <laughs> and he's like pretending that he's very smart because he found the supercomputer and it's just this caveman he's like me find supercomputer me find magic egg <laughs> it teach me many things <laughs> and then he's just a caveman like the computer does nothing for his intelligence so like he freaks out at nothing and then to calm him down they jingle keys in front of him he's like look at the keys jingle jangle <laughs> i literally only watched that show when i i was hanging out with your brother <laughs> it's so good and it's, it's hilarious i have nothing against it that that that, that, that little, little, little. those oh, are just the only times i watched it all right, cool. Let's. Uh, I don't know if I could go back and watch 15 years of this. I want to watch the last episode now. The last episode. It'd probably be perfect timing now because it'd almost be like if I went back with my family to remember something. So <laughs> yeah, it probably works. Check it out. It was just the last season. It was on Hulu. They took it off. The bastards mm. didn't pay enough money. Yeah, I guess not. They have so, other Adult Swim shows, but not that one. So now it's time for number one. Yeah. Should we just say it uh, on one? Yeah. On, on go. Yeah. Okay. One, Three, two, oh. one. Breaking, Breaking Bad. Grey's Anatomy. Oh, oh shoot, I mean Breaking Bad. <laughs> oh, no, I just forgot my joke for music that I planned and I didn't do. I was going to do uh, Death Demon Riders. I, I was going to use that, but I just never, I forgot, I never I had time. Forgot. Well, let's just do a quick plug. We interrupt this podcast for a quick commercial I break. I want to make sure, was it Demon Death or Death Demon? Death Demon Riders, I'm pretty sure. Okay, I'm checking. Uh, you talk, I'm looking. Okay, please go on Spotify and listen to Death Demon Riders. They're the greatest band we've discovered since Ghost. Can we talk about the lore, how you found them? It's Death Rider Demons. <laughs> Death Rider Demons, sorry. Uh, there's not, I mean, the way I found him was I was, uh, you know, Facebook does targeted ads and it knows that I like listening to music. And the <laughs> the image that came up was the crappiest Photoshop, like, skull with, yeah. like, the worst possible font. Yeah, it's like, Death Demon Riders. It all. And it's like, please listen I, to this single. I, I implore you right now to go on Spotify, look up Death Rider Demons, and listen to Obsession. Yes, Obsession is the song. It's the great. It's just some guy who wrote some music. I'm not going to qualify it with saying it's good or bad. That's on the listener. No, please decide. just listen to it. Here's <laughs> a hot take. Listen to it with an open mind. Yeah, well, here's a hot take. He has a vision for the music, and it makes somewhat sense. He does not possess the ability to play or record that What's music. What's in his mind? Yeah, yes. but... But you can tell, like, I see what you you're trying, trying to best. do here. I and, know and, what you're trying to do. And if the guy has, like, 12 follows on Spotify, like, nothing. Let's Sam, boost those numbers Sam up. Sam is one of, like, 40 people who saw this ad. Because <laughs> Facebook, because this guy bought, like, like 50 ad views on all of Facebook, and Facebook decided that Sam was one of them. And it He's paid like, off. I, I follow him on Instagram and Spotify. And so do I. And the new song coming in February. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm ready for it. I can't wait. <laughs> it like started out as like an ironic, like, oh, I'm going to follow this band. And now yeah. I actually get excited because like I just, <laughs> I need to, hear I want to know what this guy does. I have next. to hear it. That's so, Rider so, Demons. Yeah, Breaking Bad. But yeah, Breaking Bad. <laughs> Uh, I really don't want to talk about Breaking We've Bad. We've talked about Breaking Bad. I really don't want to talk so about it all, much. All, everything, everything we could like baking. Breaking Bad is just baked into the cake of the talk shop. At the it's time. like Ghost. It's like it's a, just, yeah, yeah. You know how many diatribes we've gone on about Breaking Bad randomly throughout episodes throughout the entire course. Yeah, of we this kind podcast. of like Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad was the shot in the arm of the television industry. It like revitalized. That's what all. I think paved the way for all the great Netflix series and, and everything I think that we have now. For sure. Show that's going to be number two. That's better. At this point, I that's think better. Call Saul is that what you're thinking? Yeah, yeah that's okay. what I better have as my number two is right now. Better than Breaking Bad ever was, but it's only that good because of Breaking yeah. Bad. 
Do you have anything to nominate, Dakota? No. Okay. No, you're just not even going to try? I'm fine with that then. Breaking Bad number one. Should we just go through the list real quick? Yeah. And, and Better Call Saul number two? And Better Call Saul number two. Fun fact about Dakota, and, and people listening probably picked up on this, Dakota doesn't like TV shows. He doesn't like both. Oh, no, he doesn't like movies, and he doesn't really watch a lot of TV. Movies are all right. Number 10, Hannibal. You'd rather be playing video games. Number 10 was Hannibal. Number 9, what Dakota. Key and Peele. Key and Peele. Are you sure he said Key and Peele? Yeah, it was Key yeah. and Peele. Yeah, it was. Okay. Because we started talking about Widest Kids You Know, which yeah, was a real yeah. blast from the past two. Eight. Uh, Fargo. Seven was... Um, Nathan, for you? Yeah, yes. I think so. Yeah. Six, Bojack Horseman. Five, Archer. Four, The Office. Three, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Two, Better Call Saul, and the greatest show of the decade. Breaking Bad. Surprising absolutely fucking nobody. Breaking Bad. Yep. But Grey's Anatomy is good, too. I have a, I have a bunch <laughs> Grey's of... Grey's Anatomy. I have a bunch of honorable mentions. Yeah, go ahead. I want to go through quickly. Just list them off. Just no True, commentary. True Detective Season 1 and 3. <laughs> Not 2. Not 2. It's like Fargo, serialized, all standalone. Don't watch 2. Barry. <laughs> Chernobyl. Dexter. Yeah. <laughs> that's a hard one uh, I have to throw it in there because it, it was amazing Mad Men House of Cards okay you have any honorable mentions Dakota uh, I'll, I'll wait until you guys are done okay uh, my honorable Gosh, mentions yeah. I'm just going to mention ones that nobody else has mentioned yet uh, Rick and Morty Black oh, yeah. Mirror Community Mindhunter 30 Mind Rock Hunter. and Doctor Who yeah uh, let's see here I had well, Mad Men Narcos, Maniac. Mm -hmm. uh, I also had Community. I would like to double up on Mindhunter. Yeah, Mindhunter. I'm, really I'm, I'm after the fact adding that to my mentions as well. Okay. I didn't have Rick and Morty on my list because I think they took way too long to release more contact, mm -hmm. so I just fell off. I still haven't watched the newest season. <clears throat> I just don't really care it's anymore. Good. It uh, is. That's good. what everybody says. I'll yeah. get to it eventually. But the only thing that I'm surprised you guys didn't put on the list was Westworld. Mm, I forgot oh, about it. I forgot about it. Uh, the second season took so much hype I out of yeah. it. I never watched two. I'm wind, excited for season three. The wind really left the sails yeah. on the second season. Uh, I loved one. I talked about it on the podcast. <laughs> Did you watch two? No. Okay. Two sucked. Wait, I loved is one. Two, does two yeah. have, is that when they went to Japanese world or Samurai yeah, world? Yeah, yeah. I didn't even watch that. I was just thinking season one. I didn't finish it. Season I did not is, finish season two. Season one, one is superb. Yeah. Season one like blew my mind. Yeah. And that was one, after you guys even like spoiled it and talked about it. Season yeah. one blew my fucking mind, but too much of like just for my liking, like I, I even if I remembered it, I couldn't have put it on the list because too much of the season relied on like the whole subplot with the android becoming yeah. human. Of the complete idiocy. It just yeah. it relied on the characters who enabled that to happen, making the most backwards, like Martian logic yep. decisions one after the other. It's an idiot. Fifty plot. in a row. Yeah. An the entire plot. story of those kind of shows matter. That's why Dexter and Game of Thrones were on my list. Mm -hmm. Two shows that I absolutely love the beginning of, but the endings completely slaughtered. So yeah. all right. and like I really wish Westworld would have just been a one thing. Yeah. I think it would have been great. As a, I think it would have been one of the greats. I don't want to explore hey, if, the if cyberpunk yeah. sci-fi future of Westworld. If you get Anthony Hopkins on your TV show and he doesn't want to do a season two, just don't do a season two. That How's being that said, going? I'm optimistic about season three because it's leaving the Westworld uh, theme behind. Okay. And Aaron Paul is in but it. I That's all I know. Oh, but I hell don't yeah, want brother. that. Let's go. <laughs> I don't want that at all. I like. I want Westworld. You don't think you want it until you see yeah, it. Have, they have to sell it to me. They have to win me back. Yeah. They have to sell it to me. Two, which was garbage. That was like. Deus Ex Machina 
the <clears throat> show was season two. Yeah. Damn. Just some bullshit is what it was. Since we're, I just want to say, uh, my one of my honorable mentions, True Detective. Watch that show. You said you started three. I um. So here's Finish the deal. I'm I'm hooked on this Voodoo thing, which is a Facebook group where you can hey. buy things for Voodoo really really cheap. I've bought in Chernobyl and uh, True Detective season three for like three bucks each. Yeah. Um. The very beginning of True Detective three did not suck me in. I'm gonna watch it. Okay. But the very very one beginning of a, it, just a goddamn master. Yeah, one was so good. Yeah. And then Chernobyl, I got bored with too. Shows either suck, they either get me or they don't. And Chernobyl, Chernobyl. had some <sighs> some of the most disturbing imagery I've ever seen. Just knowing everything that we know about God. it. God. But I don't know how they make that last for five episodes. Like, just watch, watch it. it, dude. Just okay. watch it. It's I'll watch so it. good. All right. Anyway, TV is great. Let's take our break. We'll come back with video games. I can't wait. And that's that. <laughs> and we're, I guess people are excited about that. All right. That wasn't sarcastic. I actually genuinely can't wait. Goodbye. Welcome back. Everybody. And what were you going to say? That's I was a hot mic on the record. Can you repeat yourself, please? <laughs> uh, so, Corey, all night, has been very excited to talk about a game. I'm not going to spoil what it is. Yes. Like, he's, like, bursting at the seams to talk about it. I can't wait to talk about this game. And I, I was just recommending that we just cut him off when he gets started on yeah. it. Yeah. It's a game. I'll pick it for number 10. Yeah. Here's, I'll just oh, pick it now. <laughs> Here, well, here's the thing. Here's how much I've thought about this. I discovered this game after the 2019 megasode and before the 2020 best of the decade. And I didn't want, I didn't want to nominate it for one only because I thought that would cheapen it because I thought people would think, Oh, well he just found it. So of course he thinks it's the best thing ever. So I have it strategically placed in the middle of the list sure. at number five to add more credibility <clears throat> to my adding it. Credibility. That's what we're all about here. Yes. Yeah. It so, matters. With that being said, number 10, best oh, of the decade, shit. Dakota video games. So I got three nominations. <laughs> He's doing some math. Yeah, I always, I always. Oh fuck! This is going to be the most contentious category. Yeah, I should. Yes, yes, yes. Indeed, yes. All right. Uh, uh. Right. I'm going to say number ten is going to be Divinity: Original Sin Two. Good. I think it's an excellent game. It's a great RPG. I think it does. Justice to making a video game that is very D and D like. Finally, yeah, it does feel just like you're playing a D and D campaign right. whenever you play. It's, you it. know, it's it's yeah. faster. You don't have to fucking wait to roll dice and all that yeah. shit. Build it's, characters. It's like because uh, I mean, there's games that are based directly off of D and D, like and they're not good. Well, Baldur's Gate and all those, they've aged in such a way. They're you know, they're still very interesting and they're very they stand up. They're like a testament to RPG craft. Yeah. But they're such a pain in the ass to play sometimes now when you right. go back and look at them. Divinity is like, it's turn-based, and but that doesn't like stall the momentum as much mm -hmm. as in those older games. Yeah. And uh, it's just so interesting. It's one of those games where... You can try crazy stuff and it'll work. Right. Yeah. Yep. The well, fact let's that, do whatever the you fact want. That do. You can play as an undead guy, and <laughs> if you don't cover your face, people will immediately try to kill you. Right. It's just such an interesting RPG mechanic where it's like your whole character is this guy that cannot be seen in daylight unless right. you're in this one specific region of the of the game world. 
yeah. where there's just undead people around. But yeah, super, super interesting. I love that game. There's some it's kind of block game. keeping me from enjoying these games to their fullest. And I like, I'm an RPG guy. But the biggest problem that I've had lately is that I get really tired of narratives. I talked about this a little bit in the top 10 of, of 2019. Um, to a point where I just don't feel like walking around and exploring. And that's such a key, integral part of these games, talking to right. people and getting involved in the stories. And I just don't have the patience for it lately, where I care so much more about gameplay than I do about narrative and anything like even when it's great. And uh, those have really kept me out of enjoying like Divinity Original Sin. I've tried to get into Divinity Original Sin to uh, three times now. And every time I pretty much get to the end of the first chapter and have no desire to continue. And it's so weird because I've just always loved that type of game. But I don't know. It's just not doing it for me yet. I'm not criticizing your pick. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt everybody loves that game. Yeah, no, it's, just, it's, it's a great game. And the, I, well, sorry. Go I was ahead. just going to say I started it many times because I have, have it for both PS4 and PC. I prefer it on PC. It's just easier to, easier to play. But you also have it off Steam and you can get the mods like different classes and oh, things yeah, like yeah. that where you know you can be a vampire or you can be like a fucking... I don't know, like a necromancer. Yeah. Like not just like the base necromancer, but it's like um, somebody that like sucks souls out of people. And pretty like pretty yeah. dope. Yeah. So I just think there's a lot of creative value there, but I will get hung up on it if I play like normally, I guess, because I've started so many times that I've beaten the first chapter X amount of times and got into chapter two and the thing about those kind of RPGs that always happens to me, and I I don't know if this is the same for anybody else, is you don't realize the mistake you made in your class until it's way too late, you're like four yeah. hours into the game, yeah. and you're yeah. like, I really should have been a wizard and not a uh, rogue. Right. Like this, this I just pr- would prefer that playstyle. Rogue sucks ass in that game. I'm sorry. My first character was a rogue. A rogue. The f- I mean, Rouge. it's just like D&D. When you're a rogue in D&D, the first five levels of your character are really rough. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're, just, you're just like everybody else. You just run around and club people to death. But once you get like the rogue abilities later on, sure. it's like the promise of good things to come is what yeah. the rogue is. I think... Go ahead. Keep going. But so like later in the game, once you level up a certain amount and you can start doing like mega damage for turning invisible and sneaking up behind people and stabbing them then it's like all right now i kind of see what this mm-hmm. is all about sure but it's set it's first arriving at that situation where you're able to do that or setting it up yourself with yeah. your other npcs to be able to do that is like it takes a little more it's a more of a chore to try to do that whereas a wizard you just like meteorite right and then light <laughs> it on fire and right. everybody's dead Fuck yeah, yeah. Uh, the the stone that you throw and they get knocked down plus oil and yep. then you follow up with fire dagger yep and that and then they all burst into flames yeah, right. yep <clears throat> you're like god ah, it's way way cooler yeah it's fucking... or like the gas where it like the poison gas spreads yep. out and then when you light it it's an explosion right and then, yeah makes your computer lag yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything like glitches off for a second and they try to give you the option to do respects like on the boat you know you go down to the mirror and you can do respects yeah but it's like, say, if you wanted to be a, like a rogue turned into a wizard, now you have to have all that money to buy wizard abilities and gear if you're not saving it or holding on to it specifically. Yeah. So if you're super vested into a rogue and you haven't been keeping any wizard stuff and you don't have any wizards in your party or whatever it is, it just makes it really hard to try and change to um, a different class. Yeah. I will say I, do, I really like the narration and I like the voice acting. Yeah. 
Um, the story is in, it's, See, it's pretty interesting. I like I. It's a kind of a pretty common theme in fantasy stuff is like this ascendance idea, where you like you're ascending to godhood and stuff. That's in a lot of fantasy novels and such, and it's interesting enough. Like it's a serviceable plot. I don't think maybe it's it gets better. I have not been compelled by the story at all. That's the biggest disconnect I have. And it, there's usually for an RPG to really get me, there has to be a hook if I'm going to devote the 60 hours or yeah. plus that you need to play one. Yeah. It better have a damn good hook to like get you into it. And and Divinity Original Sin is, is, too is is the perfect example of one without that hook. Like you're just supposed to be excited that you're a magic user in a world where magic users aren't allowed to exist. So you're being shipped off to a slave island. Yeah. Um, just personally, that like I'm much more interested in like the the there's one uh, that just came out, Pillars of Eternity Two, uh, Dreadfire, Dreadfire that just oh, came out for yeah. consoles. Is yep. that out now? Yeah, it's been out. And it just Pillars came of out for consoles. One is really good. And um, yeah, the first Pillars of Eternity was really good. Now there's the hook in Pillars of Eternity Two is that there's a god, an old dead god that rises up and starts going on a rampage across the world, and you're tasked with going to kill the god. Um, it's very generic, but that's the kind of hook I, I hear that and I'm immediately like, oh, that's cool. You get to hunt down this all powerful being and bring it down. Have you read Malazan Book of the Fallen? Any of them yet? I have started. That's I've read it many times. The, oh, the start, sorry. the start. I have it. I, I literally I, I this is how much I believe in your recommendation, how much I, how seriously I take it. On Audible, you get a free monthly book, and for a long time, I was too busy to listen to any book, so I saved up a bunch of credits and start building up the. Yep, <laughs> I yeah, have yeah. I have purchased every one every book in the series. Oh, shit. on Audible. That's how much I believe in your recommendation. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> the first one starts so slow. They throw so much at you, and it doesn't make any sense. And you're like, why do I care about any of this? It all clicks at the end of the book, and then every book after that just compounds on that. I'm on the third book i'm a slow reader yeah but uh audible man yeah i know audible yeah. is I, yeah. I read faster than i listen though oh so do i so but you I, have more time but you can do things while that's you true. listen that's true that's no, true i don't but the only thing is if i do things while oh. i'm listening then i miss out on a bunch of stuff oh yeah sure um it's so the second book i know you will enjoy there's like such there's this Steven Erickson, the guy who writes it, is so good at just dread, mm -hmm. like dread plot lines, like things that are just like constant suffering. I don't know. <laughs> and this sounds like super weird to be. Sounds like, like it's for me. <laughs> I'm not like saying, but knowing the the type of fantasy settings you enjoy and stuff, I know you will like this book. I I, it, I have it primed right now. I'm really stuck on, uh, I, I don't know why this became a discussion on books. I'm really stuck on, there's this <laughs> author I found online called Chris Fox. And he created this. I've I've never read it done like this. I'm sure it exists other places. I've just never stumbled upon it. It's it's known as Magitech, and it's basically the perfect mix of fantasy and fantasy and science fiction. Oh, so um, like um, um, Shadowrun. Sure, yeah. Except way more. It, it's basically Dungeons and Dragons in space with spacecraft and mechs and all this cool stuff. And I really love the way it's done. Um, I've gotten really sucked into his writing because he's making six figures writing these books just from home. He's just an independent author that self publishes. And I have really fallen in love with his writing style. I've become kind of a, kind of almost a cringy level fan where I follow him online. And like, he posts like, should we do this cover or this cover for my next book? And I'm totally the guy that's like, I like the colors of this one. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm very involved in this community. So uh, I will read those books, but I'm finishing up his, uh, 
a series that came out before the Magitech one that I really liked. It's called like the Void Wrath Saga. Yeah. And what's fun oh, Void Wraith, sorry. And what's funny about that is that it's literally just he was so mad with the way uh Mass Effect ended that he wrote his own and it's literally a ripoff of Mass Effect. Like All right. there's a series coming there's there's That's a species coming back to eradicate everything. I'm all already life. sold. And uh it's he even admits it's a ripoff, but when I'm done with that, I promise, because I already have them. The I will, Void I Wraith will... saga, you said? Void Wraith, yeah. I'm in. All right. Let's go. Back to Divinity. Yeah. Yes. Divinity all of us, All of us love this game, for clarity, right? Yes. Like, yeah. All of us no, have played it. We all think game. it's great. I respect what it is. I just... Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It just I mean, hasn't like, clicked uh, for me yet. You know, like, especially with games, games as an art form are so much more difficult to consume than anything else. I would say the barrier is even higher than books. Because, like, there's also there's sort of like a stigma even with yourself where it's like, I'm playing a video game right now. Like yeah, I could be, right. I could be reading a book. That's yeah. Sam's know? life. Yeah. That's me all the time. Yeah. There's like this hierarchy of, of like importance, how degenerate consuming a kind of media is. Mm-hmm. And it's like books, TV, movies, video games, top to bottom. Yeah. Well, it's like, I hate thinking about how many hours I've put into video games. Yeah. I'm like- <laughs> but, if, but if you spent 10,000 hours a year reading books, you'd be like, I'm a really sophisticated person. Right. You know? <laughs> right. But I have a lot of really, really good experiences with video games. Same. So I don't, yeah. Same. So I don't care. Like, yeah. oh my God, I'm already 30 hours into my third playthrough of Dark Souls 3. <laughs> I know. But every hour is just great. You know? Yeah. And another thing about Divinity before we move on is you're talking about how you don't, you know, can't get sucked into the narrative. I have no idea what the fuck's happening. I just play it for the class. I level up. I get that dopamine hit. Yep. I keep going until well, I get better is, gear. This is a wow boy. Yeah. I, yeah no, you <laughs> oh, know it. Oh, my yeah. God. It's all on my That's list. That's such a great point, actually. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, He's all about it. I'm a class. I have all my classes in wow leveled up, but I'm like, uh, God, I need that new thing. I need that new thing. I need that new thing over and over and over again. I don't care about the story. And That's probably you why. Got, have you been playing Diablo or anything? I have been, yeah. That's like right up your alley right but once i get to the end game and i get like a set i don't care anymore because there's no more stuff to get i can hook into diablo because it doesn't really try to slow you down with the plot and the gameplay is so fun yeah divinity original sin 2 no matter how good you want to say the gameplay is it's not good enough to justify its existence on its own and in my opinion in a game you either need gameplay that's so good that's the dark soul series or you need a story that's so good which would be like your mass effects or something like the other game that i'm going to get to very uh, soon what game you mean the one that's my (laughs) number nine Oh fuck! I will actually slash your goddamn tires. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we probably. Goddamn! I, I yeah, don't have wow on. I, I don't. I don't mean to. I don't Look, mean to. Crap. Also, you're number Look, eight. Divinity one got no, snubbed. That's he's number nine. Got yeah, snubbed for yeah. game of the year on yeah. our first megasode. Yeah. So I'm glad. It's a, it's a, it's a good number ten, I think. It oh is, no! I, I'm and I'm sorry if it ever seems like I'm trying that. to crap yeah. on your choices. It's no, just, not at all. It's just if we're gonna like part of what the fun of this podcast, we could just list off things all day. The, the fun part is the discussion it sparks, right? Yeah. And, and I'm just explaining my problem with Divinity is that it really, one, it, it speaks to that, what else could I be doing right now? Which is the haunting thing with me with video games and why I have, like... Why is that so hard to get over? Yeah. It's like, weird. I, I, don't, I don't actually truly believe... Because I think it's... Like, in my, in my mind... There's or in another... My, there's a game I, I, on my list that that comes up with very frequently, but at the same time, I keep playing it. I, I don't, in my heart, actually truly believe... That it's an hour spent playing a video game is worse than an hour spent doing anything else. Watching TV. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't actually believe that. No. But in practice, I that's. I feel that way. Because I, I will. I, I will bust no open my why. psychology for you right now, and I will explain this very quick. 
It's no secret that I was raised very religious, mm-hmm. but I don't know if you know the extent that I was raised to. I'll, I'll justify it like this. On, on 9-11, and this is not a lie. Fuck, here we go. On September 11th, 2001, when the towers fell, my mo- I, I told my mom on the drive home from school as we were processing it, I said, you know, I woke up and I felt like I, I, I had a bad feeling like today was going to be bad. My mother turned to me and said, yeah, that's because you're a prophet. So if I had to guess, if you were closer to Jesus, you could have predicted this and stopped it. That's oh. something my mom said Holy to me. Holy shit. So, <laughs> so wh- the way I was raised was with this, you're a very important like spiritual person and like what you do is going to matter. You're like this chosen, like that was something that was really that ingrained into me. In Getting pretty personal here. And so what I've, I've done pretty good in life. I, I'm doing the, you know, I support my family. I have a job. I have a kid, but it's never going to feel like enough. And I've had to accept that. If I had a therapist, it's something I would work through with a therapist. I will never feel like it's enough unless I'm somehow saving the world, which is the appeal of video games, right? They give you that, yeah. that easy rush of, Can I have of a quick accomplishing aside? something. Yeah. Real quick. Sorry to kill this uh, pot train here. Every one of those shirts has the sleeves rolled up. Yes. I do not You're like a sleeve roll guy. I'm a sleeve roll guy. I hate <laughs> sleeves all the way down I to my can, wrists. See, I can, I can appreciate that. I am also a sleeve roll guy. I am also you know a what? sleeve roll the, guy. Here's the thing, sleeve roll, sleeve roll. When you put them in the washer. Give me a handshake. What are you doing? Is he sleeve roll? Good to meet you. Sleeve roll? Nice to meet you. Uh, sleeve. I, I'm a sleeve roller, yeah. Oh, sleeve yeah. roll. Hey. <laughs> the only thing is when you wash them and the sleeves stay, they stay rolled. <laughs> they do. <laughs> and then they get all wrinkly. Yep. There he goes. Yeah, all right, he's putting on his rolled sleeve. He's like uh, Mr. Rogering kind of us right now. Well, like won't shirt. you be my neighbor? Yep. I really like this shirt, and I want it to lunch with my mom, and I yep. spilled something on it, and she goes, oh, don't worry, here, use this Tide pen. And I used the Tide pen, and she's like, no, you're not, you're not, and it wasn't getting the stain out. She's like, no, you got to push harder, and I ripped the shirt. Oh, no. I pushed the pen through the shirt. This isn't that shirt. I liked it so much. I bought another. I bought the this identical shirt again. Oh, it's a nice shirt. I think it's I. A good shirt. I think I have it's good that material. Shirt. Yes, it is. this is a Cold Store brand. I have that fucking it's not shirt. Like it's a, a great shirt. The nice thing here, audio listener, I'm going to describe this for you. It's a, almost a denim look. It's right. A denim colored, almost the same texture, but it's 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 stretchy. It's breathable. It's a comfortable oh. shirt. Corey's dropped his mic on my I'm, knee. I'm two for two catching this mic when it falls. Except it hit my way. knee. Do you want to know what this is proving to be right now? We don't have to be drunk to go off on a really weird tangent about nothing. It's just an inevitability. That's the history of our podcast. That's like the signature of, I guess, the talk shop. <laughs> One minute we're talking about 9-11 and the next minute we are holy shit in depth describing the make the of this nine? shirt. Have we even gotten a number No, nine? we're not even on number nine yet. Uh, no, all I'm going to say is, no. <laughs> if I'm going to connect the dots, my point of the matter is, is that there's nothing inherently wrong with playing video games. They're a perfectly justifiable hobby, especially in 2020, where they've become these giant multi-billion dollar industry where a lot of productions pumped into them. But for me, I will always have this voice in the back of my head that tells me I should be doing something else, no matter what it is. Yeah. And like right now I'm working on a book. Now, here's the thing. I'm not illusioned. I'm not, I'm sorry. I'm not uh, disillusioned. My book, nobody's going to read it. It's not particularly I'm great. I'm reading it. I appreciate it. <laughs> I, I read your published book. Yeah. <laughs> it's not particularly and good. too, actually. And the first day it came out. I'm not... I, I'm not I, I still remember... <laughs> we love your book, Sam! Thank you. I'm not trying to <laughs> shoot myself in the foot. Real talk, and I'm not just like going out of my way to suck your dick or something. Uh, the one short story about the guy in prison 
Yeah, I love oh. that. I love that's my favorite thing. Oh, I've ever I still think about it. Some, like every once in a while, it'll shock, just pop into my shock, head. Shock, like shock, like shock. something will just make me think of it. Thank you, little piggy. It's like there's, it's uh, it's just occupying that thought. That story is just occupying like a book on the shelf in my mind, and every once in a while, it'll get pulled out. That's my favorite thing I've ever written. I submitted it to Playboy to publish, and they told me no. Playboy? <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> they had a they had an amateur short story because they Playboy, if you don't know, publishes short stories infamously. And they did Infamously. an open call for anybody, and, and I sent it in. Titties. <laughs> and uh, it got rejected, but I got a personalized letter. They said, um, I wanted to bring this up as well as a potential podcast idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, how would you feel about doing a creative writing kind of exercise where, and then this, the rules kind of change depending on how I'm thinking about it. Either. These two guys pitch either one of us an idea for a short story, and we write it, and we bring it in the next oh, month or great. the next two oh, that'd be months. Fun. Yeah, I'll do that. and then we, you know, we just write it or whatever. And you guys can participate if you want to write. I, can't I don't know write if, shit. No, I'm not. I a play writer. the drums and play video games. Well, fair yeah. enough. That's, I like I recently I've been I used to write a lot more. Nobody knows this, but I used to write a lot more. <laughs> Nobody's read anything I've written. I've read I've read what you've written. We right. got pub- we got published in the same. Um, That's true. We got published in the same journal. Yeah, the, the creative UWS, writing journal UWS. Uh, Nemagi yeah. Review. That's Our stories right. are close together. In that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, so I enjoy writing, and I've been wanting to get back into it. But it's like I don't really have any ideas. <laughs> yeah. No, I see what you're talking about, and it could be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think so, that we should do that. And we It'd can be, publish them on the site. I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting to anybody. Listening. Yeah, they don't have to be particularly long, like two or three or pages. Or shit. <laughs> if I just get to give writing prompts, I'll do that all day long. Yeah, and we, they could be as silly or serious as you want. Absolutely, you know, I would take that seriously, and I would do it. So, so to put things in perspective, even writing a, a short story based on the creative, uh, on the on the prompts that you guys give. That to me is time better spent than playing video games, and that's just the way my brain works. Is that sure. if you're and, creating and, and something, I would rank it that way too, honestly. And and, I, and I still, I guess one is more to, more of a creative exercise, and the other thing we were talking about is like consuming entertainment. So maybe it's apples and oranges. Well, but and to not get too far up my own ass or anything, but if you have that creative bug in you, where you like, you have made something that you've liked and mm-hmm. you've enjoyed, mm-hmm. that dragon is hard you're to chase. chasing yeah. constantly. So any time where you're like, it'll just pop into your mind like, you know, you could be making something original that you've yep. created yourself and you could enjoy it. And then you're like, now shut up, I'm playing yep. Dragon Ball's Fighter Z. Yep. <laughs> and that's and that's really at the root of it. So and I, I don't want to act like I don't play too much. Like even with all this said, even with all this like conversation, <laughs> no, no, I don't get that. Like, I play a lot of it. Yeah, you're not coming off like you think like you're a better stupid than amount of video games. No, no, like, no, no, that's 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 not how it's coming off. That's how I wind down after t- 10 p.m. almost every day because I stay up stupid late. I don't sleep enough. I play video <laughs> games, but there's a voice in my head, and and why I even brought up my writing is because that's the biggest voice right now. Is if I'm playing a game, no matter what I'm doing, there's this voice in my head that's like, you could be working on that novel. You could be working on that novel. What's your character doing right now? And it's so loud. It's like a high-pitched squeal <laughs> that any enjoyment I might get out of something like Divinity 2 Original Sin, just knowing that that's going to be a hundred-hour adventure, there's no way I can even like sit down and let myself settle down long enough to do it because it's like, why would you play who, their story when you could write yours? And who would have thought that Divinity Original Divinity 2 Original Sin would have been the, the longest... Number 10. Number, oh, we yeah. don't know. <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought video games would be the biggest discussion? <laughs> Number nine, Sam. We got to wait till yeah. I get to mine. Once, ag- If I can start my list by, once again, this is a very important disclaimer for me. 
you could combine every game we mentioned tonight and every game that I'm going to mention and how much I enjoy it, don't enjoy it, whatever. And it would only be a fraction of how much I love the Dark Souls series and Bloodborne and anything <laughs> from software. I cannot stress enough, one Bloodborne, two Dark Souls, three, three Dark Souls, four Dark Souls, two, five Sekiro. Because those That's are the, all zero. But, those are but, all zero. But Sam, for the sake of making interesting content, yes. is putting all that aside. So the, the world design, the creature design, those games are perfection and, and are the reason I play video games. But because I've talked about those to death, we're going to start with number nine, and, and that's going to be Overwatch. Oh, good pick. Okay, hey, that was on yeah. my list, too. That was also on my list. Uh, Overwatch is, uh, again, absolutely no narrative. I mean, I guess there's one online if you wanted to be weird and go, yeah. like, do that. <laughs> exactly. If you uh, want to be weird yeah. and you want to learn this shit. If you want to find out why the ape is fighting why the... autistic the... gerbil man is... <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's, it's there. Um, I don't need any of that. Um, Overwatch is the best $60 I've ever spent. And, right. and the hours that I've gotten out of that of, of pure fun and enjoyment are, are you unmatched. For Overwatch 2? No. I, I Overwatch Fucking 2 would have to do a lot to sell me on yeah. it because well, Overwatch has shot itself in the foot every day since it was released. Well, here's the thing. Overwatch <laughs> 2 is literally Overwatch 1 with new characters. Sure. it's it, They literally said that people on Overwatch 1 can play with people playing with Overwatch 2. So it's right. like more of an expansion than it is I thought a, a, an entire new game. I thought it was they're going to do PVE in Overwatch 2, and then eventually they're going to incorporate Overwatch 1 into Overwatch 2. Yep. That's exactly it. But okay. I don't give a damn about PVE, so yeah. why would I buy it? Exactly. Well, that's that's, fucking that's exactly my problem with it. Right. Because it's just like, um, if it's, you're going to, you expect me to shell out 60 bucks for what is essentially an expansion to Overwatch 1. Right. And they already have their, like, pve modes like during holidays and stuff yeah and i don't really thing. care for them i'll play competitive or quick yeah. play yep i don't even play arcade it like even if they put a story mode in who gives a shit overwatch no. had something for everybody though when it first came out overwatch even had something the, for everybody the queer crippled bi lesbian <laughs> yeah uh, oh, trans. That's right. <laughs> it's become if, if you want to keep bringing up the concept of woke overwatch has become a, a, a guide on for woke culture and video games where everybody has to be represented and i have no problem with that um at the core, it's just a team-based objective shooter. Um, I love being a healer, particularly Mercy, uh, who heals everybody. And uh, heroes never die. Heroes never die. They've they've <laughs> done nothing but into the ground. Take a yes. big, open, terrible shit on her since launch, to the point where it's hard to even play as her anymore. But at you its heights, be. I was having some of the most fun I've ever had. It's fun to play with your buddies. It's you can do it in ten minutes. You can do it for three hours. It doesn't matter. And the gameplay is just perfection. And uh, they, like I said, they've really stumbled since they came out of the gate. All I played was Junkrat. That's yeah, all I Junkrat ever is my highest played character. Junkrat is the bomb. Is and everybody nice? will have one. Oh. Um, and everybody had their strengths and weaknesses. It was just a really fun game. Uh, Overwatch, I think, is a really solid number nine. It is. Yep. Uh, probably the last good game Blizzard will ever make. Probably by the Warcraft 3 Reforged launch and the future Diablo projects, which we know will be terrible. God, I hope Diablo 4 is not terrible. Oh no, it's not looking good. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> uh, okay, let's see here. Um, all right. Number I guess, eight. I guess eight. I'm number eight. This might be a little low on the list, but I'm going to put it on there anyway. Red Dead Redemption. One. The first one. I agree with that. That is it. a game I spent so many hours playing in high school. 
more than you were the only one hyped for it remember that i was the singular tom so tom would roll into lunch every day (laughs) for about snack pack and peanut butter and jelly sandwich (laughs) i would watch every trailer over and over again this guy rolled into lunch every day for like months every single day talking about how great red dead was gonna be (laughs) and no one else gave a shit (laughs) (laughs) and you know we turned out to be the wrong ones tom was on the hype train early and he was right, and it paid off, and See, it paid dividends. There, it's very rare that you get on the hype train, and you're getting mad hype for a game, and it turns out to be actually meet your expectations. Red Dead Redemption, I think, is probably the only instance where that actually happened. Where all of the... Because tra- I, I played Red Dead Revolver on Xbox, mm-hmm. and you know I thought it was good. I've always been a sucker for westerns, big time. Um then the trailer started coming out for Red Dead Redemption, open world in a Western. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. This is like the first time this has ever happened. And I was so hyped for the game. And it was a summer release, which is when you're in high school, that is the meme. Yeah, that's the dream. It comes out right at the beginning of the summer, which many many big blockbuster games don't come out till the holiday season because they want to get, you know, that, that Christmas money. That, that Christmas new that money. Sweet, <laughs> that sweet Santa money. And uh, <laughs> this game came out the beginning of summer. And I was like, all right, save my shekels. And uh, I uh, pre-ordered it and I got it. And that's all I played for that entire summer was Red Dead Redemption. And I played it online. The online mode was like bare bones. It was like you exist in the same world as these other people. There's not really anything to do, but you're there. <laughs> so we just like ride around Blackwater and just get as high a bounty as we possibly could. And before you get killed by the... The law man, the law man, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, it, it's just an amazing game. I loved the story, as cliched as it was at times. Um, the voice acting and like the animation, everything about it was so next generation. Like, I was, I remember being impressed by how much the the models emoted like human emotions, yeah, and then that- looking back, you're like, this is kind of shit. Yeah, but but that <laughs> game was like a complete paradigm shift. For, yeah. for like game development especially for Rockstar that was like the after yeah. GTA 4 that mm-hmm. was their big one after GTA 4 and GTA 4 was notoriously ass, ass on consoles and it was ass on PC it too on PC. It, it was ass on consoles but you know how many hours yeah, yeah, we yeah, put yeah, in yeah. playing GTA 4 for sure you you power through the ass just to have the <laughs> just to have the moments and then I remember well this is more of a GTA 4 thing but I remember playing online with you, and we installed. And Jamie. Yeah, and we installed the uh, Carmageddon mod. Yes. So, for those who, for just very quickly, the Carmageddon mod was in the physics engine. You could open up the 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 file that dictated the car physics. Yeah, the I and I and. And you could set the the friction that cars generated to zero, so cars could not lose any inertia. So you would you like a car was stationary, and you'd get in, and you'd start moving, and it would go at that speed forever. And so you would just be walking around the world and there would just be cars flying everywhere. <laughs> it was like the apocalypse. And it was awesome. It was excellent. I don't know why, just another one of those things. I don't particularly love open world games in general. I'd much rather have a very produced, uh, intentional experience when I'm playing. I have a game for you. Grand Theft Auto. and so, You mean my number nine? <laughs> Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead Redemption. I just never hooked into them. Again, not crapping on your choices. I just, uh, 
as a whole, like if the whole world was like Sam's brain, those games would not be the phenomenons that they are. Yeah. And, and I understand that completely because open there's at this point there's so much open world garbage. Thanks yeah. Ubisoft, particularly. Yeah. Um. Oh fucking shit. But uh, there's a moment when <clears throat> you're you're tracking down this guy, and all the leads point you to Mexico, and you cross over a bridge yeah. and you go into Mexico. That and scene. I will. That is the most iconic video game scene I think that I can recall outside of Metal Gear Solid 3. Sure. Because there's a song that plays that I still listen to this day and it still gives me goosebumps just thinking about it is Jose Gonzalez um, Ecstasy of Gold. No. <laughs> well, that's a good song too. Um, what the heck is this? Come in front, I will run away, train, trying to feel alive again. That song. I don't remember what the title is right now, offhand. Um, so Far Away. Far Away, that's what it's called. That starts playing as you cross into Mexico. And is that the offspring song? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Far away. <laughs> That's yeah. gone away, idiot. Yeah, it's yeah, gone, it's away. gone away. It's gone away. Yes. That's yeah, 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 yeah. But to answer your question, every that's the song. song that and it feels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every 90s song was either yeah, 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 or no, no, no. <laughs> It was a much more simple time. Was I was it. there. There were two words. <laughs> That's because... <laughs> I, I call that the 90s voice. That's because consent wasn't as big of a deal as... <laughs> Is that stained? That's every 90s band ever. <laughs> oh. Pearl Jam, Stained, Nickelback, all of the... Yep. Red Dead is another thing we've talked about a lot. Yeah. Are you guys all right if we move on? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, totally. Okay. Play it if you haven't. So I'm seven? Yeah. Number seven. Wait, number, you were number ten. Yeah. Okay, yeah you number seven, Dota two. Really? Dota sure. two. That's a fair choice, actually. Dota two. Despite what I'm going to say about a future unnamed, yet unnamed game. God damn. Dota two is the absolute human pinnacle achievement of game design, and no that. one could ever change my mind. I don't know. I don't mean video game design. I mean game design. I don't know what would be about maybe like chess <laughs> is like a better designed game than Dota because it hasn't been it hasn't been balanced in like 500 years. <laughs> but Dota 2 is uh, like it's just it's a strategy game. It's a multiplayer strategy game. MOBA. And the thing you literally have to read a novel just to, to the thing just to understand Dota the basics. 2, the thing about Dota 2 is that it gives you back what you put into it. Because like you know that league that I'm in, that amateur league, which you won the championship. Our, yeah, you won your first tournament. That. Yeah, I won money in esports. Twenty dollars. Yes, I officially won money in esports. Dude, put that on your resume. And the th <laughs> esports champion. And the, thing, and the thing, the thing about Dota Two is like, it's it's such an insane mind game, because it's it's, you know, I love. My favorite games are narrative, single-player-driven story games. But there's something about having this collaborative game where you're like, where you have teammates that you have to collaborate with, and you're playing against other people who have teammates that they're collaborating with, and not just in like a Call of Duty, like let's just go and shoot everybody away, but in like a every split second, there's a decision that someone is making, and you have to try to guess what decisions they're making and what you're gonna do about that. Mm. And I, oh God, I've played 
like 3,000 hours of Dota or something. And that's not even a lot. Like, Dota 2 was the game that taught me that 1,000 hours wasn't even that many <laughs> in a video game. Oh, Lord. Because it's like, I, you know, I'm, I've played around 3,000 hours of Dota 2, and I've probably watched triple that. And I don't know shit about Dota 2. <laughs> I will say, this is a great pick for this list for the decade, especially. Yeah. Considering the entire decade of video gaming, mm-hmm. Dota 2... I mean, League of Legends is Love. kind of the originator of this MOBA. Like, well, they're not the originator, but they're like <coughs> the, they're the ones that made it huge. Yeah. Like they, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any arguing against that. No, for sure. But Dota two, the complexity and the uh, the direct competitiveness, like, took the competitive scene of video gaming to the next level yeah we've reached a point now where being good at esports can get you into college uh, and the, pay your tuition the thing yeah. i find like, myself when i'm playing dota when i'm talking about dota i find myself realizing that it's literally like another language yeah like you could say a sentence like uh, uh you, could, you could say like if you ma- if you <laughs> if you pop manta as soon as the glimpse lands like does that does no. the glimpse follow through or like do you stay where you are and it's like if you don't, like you have to play like like five hundred hours of Dota two before that sentence makes any sense at all. And it's like there's like hundred and ten heroes, and they each every hero has four spells, and there's like a hundred items, and every single one of those spells and heroes and items interact with each other in a different way. Mm-hmm. And, and you have yeah. to like just know all of them or so, be able to do deduce any of them. everything. Yeah, so counters, it's just counters. wild to add on to that. Like in fighting games especially in the pro scene, the big thing is you get good with one character really good and Mm -hmm. you can counter every other character in the roster. Like that's what you practice. You know the moves of every other character and there's like 12. In Dota, there's over 100 (laughs) and you have to know the character you enjoy playing but even if you can't pick that character, if it gets banned or if you like, you know, random or whatever. Somebody else takes it. You have to know Every character in the roster, what counters it, what it's good against, and, that, and what that, items okay. to buy. Yes, and Dota what two, items to Dota buy. Dota 2 this year, like two weeks ago when we won that tournament, was the highest high I've had in any video game experience ever. Sure. Because you're in this league, you're in this tournament with these teams that you've played against multiple times and these people that you know and that you're friendly with. <clears throat> and Dota 2 uh, has like a drafting phase where you get to ban heroes. And we had like this patch, this last balance patch, we had it figured out for us where it's like there were three heroes and at the beginning of the game, you get to ban three heroes. And we knew that if a team, cause like this is, we, we try hard this shit. Like when you have a match coming up in a week, like you look at the team you're playing against, there's a site called Dota buff where you can look at like players profiles and see all the games they've been playing and you see all the heroes and all the stats. Like, like what they're comfortable with. Yeah. Then. And so, like, we knew that if people did their research, if all of, the, of these three heroes were banned, we were completely fucked. And it's like, we went through the whole playoffs, and no one ever banned more than two in, the, in that first phase of three. And it's like, that work pays off. Where it's like, you figure out just something that works for you, and you can just ride that all well, the you way. Well, ha- you have your, like, your primary hero, then you have your fallback, and then you have your fallback's fallback. Well, and then it's also like, well, you know, we, we really like this hero this game. And then they, you know, first pick, they get to pick two heroes. And it's like, oh, shit, well, we can't play that hero anymore. So we have to figure out something else we want to do. 
and this like and then there's another series of bands and then another round of picks and then another band and another pick and so it's like the drafting phase itself is just like an insane game that I'm terrible at. What, I'm terrible at drafting. What I like about this being on the list is just in general what we've seen in the last 10 years, and that's what this is really about. Yeah. Is we really, there are hundreds of millionaires. Yeah. Right There's, now in I the world. Say, I want to tell the story real quick. Anyway, can I just finish my thought? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just let me finish no, one no, thought. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm Don't talking know. about a shirt or something <laughs> else. Um, there are hundreds of millionaires that are millionaires because they are good at video games, not even making them. They're yeah. just good at playing them. And that's something that I would have never fathomed before 2010. Like I never thought we'd get to a point like that. Dota 2 is a game. There was, there's an Australian kid. His name's Anna. <clears throat> um, Valve puts on major tournaments called majors. And the, the prize pool Creative. for a major is $1.5 million. And the winning team gets a million dollars and the 500,000 leftover is split between everyone else in the bracket. And this kid, Anna, won three majors, and everyone thought, still after winning three on this team that he was on, everyone thought he was bad. And this kid is like, he's, he's Australian, and in Dota, Australia servers are notoriously terrible. Like, they're just bad. Like, the ping is awful. The servers barely work. There's barely any people who play in Australia to begin with. So, you ha- like, the people in Australia have to play on, like, Europe servers. So it's like just completely yeah. unplayable. Oh yeah, they have notoriously bad internet yeah. in Australia. So this this Ana kid, he plays like unranked Dota with his friends that are worse than I am, like MMR wise, like they're worse than me. Like that's how he plays Dota. And so like he rolls up to these tournaments and just just destroys everyone. He wins three majors. He retires. He comes back out of retirement for the international, which is the big tournament. Uh, one month before the tournament, he comes out of retirement. And he plays in this tournament with like a, it was like a $28 million prize pool and they win and then he retires. And then the next TI, which is this most recent one, he comes out of retirement a month before the international and they win (laughs) again and then he retired again. Sounds like he's really on fire. He's really on fire. That that kid's won like $30 million playing Dota 2, which is more than I will ever make. How old is he? He's 13. Let's let's look. (laughs) I was let's, gonna say, let's get some. Let's go around and get some guesses while I Google the this. I really, I don't feel like that was appreciated the enough. Thing. The joke was that he's an Australian, <laughs> hey. and that he's on fire. I get it. Oh yeah, no, I didn't. I get so it. the thing is that Australia is on is yeah. literally on fire yep. right now. I yeah, and yeah. he's Australian. He's twenty and years, and old. he's on a different kind of on fire because he's, he's winning all this money. Old. See, that's the Anathan Anathan Fam, the Australian Dota two player, is twenty years old. The crazy thing about <laughs> esports is. And it's, he's Asian. No surprise to anyone. <laughs> the the age cap out on esports, like when your neurons stop firing the same way. Yeah. You have to retire so young in esports. Like in regular sports, you just go until your brain don't work no good no more. Yeah. And then in Dota 2, the path is like all the mid players are like 17. Like, no joke. Like they roll up to these like inner like these these they do these national or international tours they're like seven hard wi- hardwired with Adderall yeah and then they move to a different like they hit like 20 and they're like oh I'm too old to play mid now I have to play something they move to like yeah. carry and then they like they move their way down the positions to support and yeah to support and then like you can pr- pretty much support until as long as you and want. then they become coaches because right the, the support yeah yeah because the support game is like all in your mind where everything else is kind of like mechanical like you have to execute so like it's so funny how like you if you're after 20 and you're a competitive mid player you're like the most legendary person that ever 
All right, so number seven, Dota 2. Number seven, Dota 2. I fucking love Dota. Number six, number six to, uh, to Dakota. Dakota. Mm. Metal Gear Solid 2. No. <laughs> Damn. That's number one. Sorry. Oh, yeah. It absolutely is. <laughs> oh, number six. Oh, fuck. Make a decision. I'm just going to say uh, Bloodborne. We already talked about it. We can move on. But... It was too much of a shame not to be on the list. I Blood kind Born of like those games. The game, so yeah, I like that game. That's the recommend. Ghost the game. I, like, I, li- I rather like Bloodborne. Yep. <laughs> I, uh, I, I was tossing it back and forth between Dark Souls 3 and Bloodborne, but I was like, mm, I definitely like Bloodborne more. Bloodborne has a better aesthetic, I'd say. <laughs> that, that's, Absolutely. That's why is the aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, what does that leave me? Number five? Yep. Mm-hmm. Number five, oh, uh, Disco Elysium. It's all right. Moving on. Number four. Oh, fuck. Is that actually your number five? <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it. Corey's I had to do it. Sobbing too. quietly into the armrest of this couch. Are, is that are you? Is that your number five? No, I'm not. That's gonna, my cue to jump in. I'm not going to do that. Okay. Too. My number five is Witcher three. I mean, okay. all these numbers are mean. The Wild until Hunt one and two. Yeah. So it doesn't matter to me. Witcher three, great game. Um, you know, and and the thing that makes it great is the writing. I can talk all day long about how I don't care about narratives and don't care about quests and all that stuff. Witcher 3, the gameplay, at least on launch, I haven't played it since then, um, was actually pretty bad. It was a very subpar Dark Souls kind of third-person combat system. Um, what made it fun was the world it created. You know, the appeal of being like the James Bond who gets all the women. That Somebody distilled that and put it in a fantasy setting where you're this really badass monster uh, mercenary mm-hmm. who a mutant with special mutations who... Gets all the, the the best looking women love him and and anybody wants to escape to that world. I, I don't care who you are. Everybody but, wants but to role play the, as that there's guy. Two, there's like the raven haired chick and then the red headed. Yeah, and Tris Tris yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, who doesn't want to escape to a world where where the two most beautiful women in the world are are the actively fighting for you? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but on top, like, and I, I did kind of enjoy the gameplay. I would say the skill tree isn't the best. You know, if we're going to talk about gameplay, the skill tree is not particularly interesting. Um, Gwent, the card game, never did it for me. Apparently, people love Gwent more it's than they like game the game. You play competitive Gwent. Yeah, like, I don't... Uh, released Gwent as a secondary game. Yeah. I've, I've never gotten 100% into Gwent, uh, but I do love the world, and I just... The quest design and the fact that you actually feel like you're discovering these things is is un... Well, and the freedom within it's the peerless. quest. peerless. Like, yeah. The choices you get are actually, like, meaningful. Yeah. It's peerless in its writing, and the and just the fact that you get this really deep lore with every monster you fight. It's never like, don't fight the griffin, it's attacking the village. No, you find out all about the way the griffin works and reproduces, and like what it wants. And then you go and kill it, which somehow yeah. just, it just works. Yep. It works in a way I've never seen an RPG do before. And um, in, in, in the Western idea of, of RPGs where you play as your own made-up character, and you kind of have to put yourself into the world, it was really refreshing to play such a fully realized and, and well-written character like Geralt of Rivia, um, yeah. that you don't self-insert at all. You Thanks, are, Polish guy. Yeah, isn't he Polish? Yeah, he's yeah. a Polish writer that created it. The book series is pretty good. Um, now there's a show out, which is apparently the number one most watched show right now. So very surprising. It was pretty good. That's and what I'm saying. The world is changing, man. We, we <laughs> owe Game of Thrones for that. Yeah, that show never would have. Really, we owe Lord of the Rings for that. Yeah, yeah. Really, we, if you want to, everything goes back to Lord of the Rings. We owe Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is yeah. a also, masterpiece. The Witcher Three is, has its like highest number of players because of the show. Now, yeah, yeah. it came back. Um, but 
I'm I, I'm not to be the biggest hipster, but this was my biggest disappointment for many of these lists was when The Witcher Three got knocked down to honorable mention for Fallout Four. Yeah, um, I regret that pick. <laughs> Fallout Four is a great game. Oh, uh, <laughs> but Witcher Three is great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Witcher Three, yeah, good yeah, choice. That's all I gotta say about it. Number four, Tom. All right, I gotta say it because no one else is gonna pick it. Disco Elysium. Metal Gear Solid Five. Right. I was waiting for that. We've I'm, talked about that game a I'm lot down. on this podcast. Yes, too. I will just say we talked about it shortly after release. We talked a lot about the story problems. Yes, there are story problems. It wasn't finished. It, it's unfinished. It ends at a very awkward point in the story. I still, to this day, go back and play it for many hours all the time. It's just such a. It's like. The perfect open world game realized. It really is. Yeah. Like it, they don't bog you down with a bunch of BS collection quests looking at you, Ubisoft, where it's like, yeah, pick up 900 feathers just because no reason. There's no story payoff. Just pick them up just for fun. In this game, like they just drop you in front of this giant, like either like favela or like base. And they're like, all right, you got to go in. You got to extract this guy. Uh, to get information from them. Uh, and then they'll throw in some like monkey wrench, like, oh, there's a helicopter above, or something like that. And they leave it completely up to you. And you can do it literally, you can run in with a machine gun and kill everybody if you wanted to. Or you can sneak in and be super stealthy and like try to, you know, dodge patrols and the helicopter and all that stuff. You can do whatever the heck you want. And it plays like Metal Gear Solid, so it's everything's fluid and uh, you're. Button presses matter. I wouldn't say fluid and Metal Gear Solid controls. What? I think they're. Perf- I think it's the most perfect gameplay that's I, ever existed. Five. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. But you said generally Metal Gear Solid. Oh sure, Metal Gear Solid controls used to be garbage. They've gotten way better. Well, okay. So <laughs> I'm just trying to get the honest. <clears throat> two onward. All right. Like two was fine. Three was great. Sure. For its time. Yeah. Well, I, okay. Okay. If we're I gonna mean, start qualifying it was, it was things. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It, okay. The only game with gameplay from that this? era that stands up is like Spider-Man 2. How about, everything else was trash. That's not even that good even going back and but, playing but, it. But but I mean it's still stay like you yeah, they could have released okay. it today. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's fair enough. Uh I will say this is Metal Gear Solid controls perfected. Sure. Like the button presses are concise. Your your character does exactly what you want him to do. Everything's precise. You get spotted, you get slow-mo action. Yep. Yep. Well, so yeah. you, can, you so get a dog yeah, you get a sweet dog that Name you can tell to knife people. Yeah, and he'll no, do it. No, it's D-Dog. Every time this comes up, I say it, and I'm going to say it again. I really need to go back and play it again without the hype of yeah. the new Metal Gear because I bet I will so, love it way yeah. more. The biggest letdown of the game is, of course, the story because this is such an interesting time in the Metal Gear timeline, and it really it's a disservice that... And, and you can't really blame Konami for not letting Kojima finish the game. He spent... No, not really. Set, like five years on the thing i want to make something very clear i don't just not like it because the story ends early i hate certain things like waiting for the helicopter to come every time you want to do something so it here's the thing about that there are ways to not have all that constant interruption because i will grant you the first time i played it i was just like tearing my hair out like Oh, now I gotta wait for the helicopter. Then I gotta sit in the helicopter, watch the cutscene of the helicopter taking off. Then we go in the air, and then we're at the base, and then you can pick your mission. It's like kills the momentum. You, (laughs) 
So the stupid thing is they don't tell you, but you like you hit the select button, you bring up your menu, and then you hit return to ACC, and then it cuts out all that. You just are back on the helicopter. After you complete a mission, it's fine. You're just back there. Take On Me used to be one of my favorite songs of all time. And now... And now I can't listen to it because I spent so many hours... <laughs> <laughs> what did you, was that your helicopter? Music? Yeah. I specifically so, went out of my way to get that song. So did I. Yeah. And Take it, can I just, here's the awesome thing about the PC version: you can load in any song you yeah, want. So I awesome. had "Up Around the Bend" by Creedence Clearwater Revival, <laughs> and the helicopter would come in. You're like, "Hell yeah, let's fuck brother, brother!" You want to know my favorite part about that game was the very beginning, where you meet Quiet. Oh, yeah. That's and not really the beginning. That's about a quarter of the way through, I think. Okay, it's fairly early on still. Uh, and and uh, there's somebody in my radio in my ear was telling me to kill her, and I did. <laughs> and the game just dealt with it. <laughs> yeah. You, don't, you, Even you though can go like with the whole game without a main having character, quiet. Like a main character in the game just murdered her like a quarter of the way in and the game just continued to bring back our theme there's woke culture and then there's anti-woke culture yeah. well, Japan, quiet yeah. is the, the most anti-woke character is she ever the chick that like i get more powerful as i get naked yeah she's naked yeah. and she, can, she and breathes through her skin she, yeah, she breathes you. through her skin so she needs to be <laughs> naked. naked yeah so the funny the whole hilarious thing for the whole release is they released you know, the promo shots of quiet and they're like this is the most sexist thing i've ever seen then kojima's like no, you do not understand that there's a very good reason that she is uh, naked. And then it just turns out she breathes through her skin. And it's just like, that's the most bullshit reason. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing that pops in my head, the first, whenever I think about Metal Gear Solid 5, the thing that pops in my head and that really keeps me from wanting to replay it is there's a scene near the end where you and the main bad guy, who is a very interesting main bad guy. Skullface. Yeah, Skullface. He picks you up in a Jeep. And you can tell that they couldn't pay the main actor for and who he was just playing talks Snake. at you. <laughs> they, they didn't want to pay him for lines to do with this part. So this guy starts this very interesting conversation with you, and he's like spilling his whole plan. And like you can tell that there were definitely places for the Snake character to have lines, but they just didn't pay for him. So he just sits there quietly and stares at Skullface. So there's another controversy with the game. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, the main actor who played Snake for all of the American releases, oh, yeah. David Hayter, who does yeah. a wonderful job. He was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he is the Snake voice. Colonel. Yeah. yeah. Metal Gear. What do you mean, RPG? You know, like, you know, everybody knows that voice. They replaced it with Kiefer Sutherland of 24 fame. <laughs> Because this video has a real hard on for he's Hollywood. Got, yeah, he's got a major hard on for Hollywood. He wants the actors. He wants the prestige. Um, so they hired him, but they didn't have enough money because you know, video game voice actors are pretty much paid nothing. <laughs> They're paid very little, which is why there was that whole strike for a long time. Uh, so instead, he's like, "I want Hollywood actors," and they're like, "Well, you have the budget of a video game." And they're like, "Okay, I guess we get ten lines." We get grunts and ten lines. Yep. And then that was the game. But, yeah, I don't but know. But it's such an awkward scene because they're in this Jeep. And, like, yeah. there's so many places where there would be dialogue back. He's like, I think language is you the know root of all power in the world. And then it just shows Snake's face and he's just staring. You know what it reminds me of? When I was a teenager, riding, my parents would come pick me up from school and then drive me back home. And we had a, a uh, quite a <laughs> distance. We had a distance to cover. Yeah. And it would be like, you know, uh. 30 minutes from school to home. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it'd be like, she'd be talking at me, and then I wouldn't say anything, because I was like an angsty teenager. 
that is what that scene is. <laughs> it really is. He's like... just like talking at you, and then Snake's just sitting there. Just a dead model. Just yeah. his head rocking back and forth on, yeah, the, on the Jeep. He's just like, <laughs> the parasites in your throat. I want one world language because my language is taken away from me when I was a child. And it's like, and he's just sitting there. I'm just sitting here doing my little head bob. And then there's a pause. And then he goes back into the, and he's like, then that's why I have this philanthropist. And he's just sitting there absorbing all this. And you're like, okay, I, I get, I get silent protagonist, but pick one like half life. You have Gordon Freeman. He doesn't say anything because you're supposed to take on the role yeah. of Gordon Freeman. That makes sense. In this one, they're like, he says lines, but then he doesn't say Well, because you're not really Naked Snake. You're not really Big Boss, which yes. is another thing I really don't like about the game. So that I like, but solely on the context of the game being made. Because this was Kojima's send-off. Mm-hmm. It was like his love letter to his fans that loved the Metal Gear Solid universe. And then he got fired. Yeah. So, you know, he knew it was the end. He's like, how can I show that I love the fans and stuff? And the whole, like, you're you're not Big Boss, but you are Big Boss. You know, like that air quotes thing. I like that. Outside of that, in a story context, completely stupid. Yep. (laughs) All right. So Metal Gear Solid 5, we've talked about it a lot. Yes. I love Metal Gear Solid 5, and I continually go back to play it. The gameplay is superb. Corey, what are you going to talk Number about? Number three, best game of the decade, is a little game called Mass Disco Effect. Elysium. Oh. If you couldn't have guessed by now. Um, remember when I said earlier that when someone asked you, if someone asked me to describe Between the Buried and Me, the band, I would just go <sighs> like that? Yeah. Because that's what happened to me. I was in a group chat with like four people, <clears throat> and three of us had played Disco Elysium. This is a, a a voice chat, and one of them hadn't. And the one who hadn't said, "What's Disco Elysium like?" And all three of us simultaneously did that. We all went because <sighs> it's like, how do you explain it? Because you can say what it is, which is get to the point. It's an adventure game. <laughs> it's a top-down adventure game detective RPG. You're like, okay, that sounds cool, I guess. But it's like, okay, I'll explain the the beginning. You w- like the the at the very beginning the game starts, you wake up with amnesia in a hotel room. And uh in my buddy's playthrough, he he turned on uh he turned on the light and he had a heart attack and died. And then the credits rolled, the game, <laughs> the game <laughs> In my playthrough, I woke up with amnesia in a hotel room. And I went over to the mirror and the mirror was fogged up and I had a conversation with like the different personality traits in my brain to convince them where I had to like pass a, I had to pass a skill check to look in the mirror and see what I looked like. And what's that? You look like the joke. <laughs> yeah. And you, and so, nah, 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 nah. Hey. <laughs> my favorite part about the game is the skill tree because the game like simulates parts of your personality uh, in the form of a skill tree. And it's the RPG elements like in conversation and stuff are constantly checking against them. So I'll just go through, I have this up here. I'll go through the different skills in the game. So you have, the, these are things you can you can level up. 
uh, and the game in conversation is constantly checking against them to see if you're passing these passive checks to give you more information about what's going on. So you have logic, encyclopedia, rhetoric, drama, conceptualization, visual calculus, volition, inland empire, empathy, authority, esprit de corps, suggestion, electrochemistry, like just... And the way that this comes up in gameplay is like you'll be, you'll be talking to someone... Mm. And someone will say something to you, and in the same way in real life where someone says something to you and it makes you think of something else, like, those, those same chains happen in dialogue. So it's like, you know, like, encyclopedia, like, someone will, like, you might go, like, oh, you know, where are you from? And they'll go, oh, I'm from this town. And you'll go, oh, what do you do? And they'll go, oh, I'm a fisherman. And, like, the encyclopedia part of your brain will pop up and be like, there's no lakes in that town that he just mentioned that he was from. And so, like, you can catch people in lies that way. Or, oh, that's cool. Or you, you're, like, a moron. <laughs> yeah, it depends on what you level up, right? Um, uh, there's one, electrochemistry, that part of your brain is, like, the dopamine part of your brain. And so it's, like, anytime anyone mentions anything or you encounter anything that could, you know, like, like drugs or sex or whatever or food, it's, like, you your have to, like... Brain. Yeah, it's your chimp brain. So you have to, like, pass skill checks. Uh, to try to like subside that part of your brain. <laughs> like, and a great example of that is when you first come out of your room and that chick's smoking on the balcony there. Yeah. And like your options are like to talk to her about what have ha- what has happened, mm-hmm. and another option is, "Hey, baby, you want some fuck?" Yeah. <laughs> right. And she's like, "What?" <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I don't know what came over me because yeah. you failed your check or whatever." The game, like probably a good fifteen percent of the dialogue in the game is you talking to yourself. And like like exploring your own thoughts or or figuring out why you thought something that you did or trying to convince yourself to do or not to do something. Like lick alcohol off the fucking counter that's yes. like spilled and you're like, Oh, you could really go for some sweet, <laughs> spicy rum, couldn't you? You're like, Yeah, I could. <laughs> you're a dirty boy. <laughs> yeah, it's like it is I said it before. And Dakota said it too. It's like the most Sam game of all time. It is. You would Absolutely. love this. So game. that just means that it's super pretentious and thinks it's smarter than it is. Yes, that's precisely. <laughs> hey, what it is. no, I it just that's it's a call like, back to off mic. I was gonna say you like uh, you just you just you run into a lot of things that would be like yeah that would come out of Sam's mouth. <laughs> yeah, or that that's running through Sam's head and, right and now. The, the lore is very rich, but it only matters insofar as how much you care about it. Like it's not like. You don't need it. No. Um, the characters a- are amazing. The lore, or the, the, not the lore, the dialogue, which is like, the game is dialogue. It's just incredible. So there's a, there's a movement in, in, in sex right now called delayed gratification or, or uh, even, even then I would say, I would say, yeah, edging, delayed gratification or even denied gratification. Sure. Where everybody knows what you want during intercourse, but you don't let yourself have it. Or letting yourself in, uh, flirt with somebody that even though you'll never, you'll never hook up with them. Kind of like that idea. Disco Elysium is a game that I'm incredibly excited to play. I, it's not that expensive. No. And I've hovered over it so many times on Steam. I click buy. But it's in that perfect ah. delayed gratification space of mine where no matter what's better in my head before I've played it. <laughs> and that and I'm waiting for a console release, which has been scheduled for this year. It's it's the first time, yeah, genuinely, Disco Elysium, I genuinely think is the best game I've ever played. 
it's the first time since I started playing Dota that I actually was excited to get home and boot up a video game so I could play more of it. I, I literally can't wait to play it. I, I never <laughs> played... It, Tom knows this from years of playing games with me. I have a pretty short stamina with games. So it's like I'll play for like an hour, hour and a half, and I was like, oh, I want to chill and do something else. Mm-hmm. I never played a session of Disco Elysium that was shorter than like three hours long. Because it just, it just keeps you in there. Like the, one of the, my buddies said this to me, and it's so true where it's like in most games, like you project yourself onto the main character and you play the game like as you through that person. But in this game, like the, the main character projects themselves onto you. You have and to like pick you, how you want them to act. Yeah. Like, um, and like, and, and you see events that happen as them through you instead of the other way around. It's right. so weird. Well, if you know how edging ends, <laughs> that's probably how I feel about Disco Elysium. I can't wait to play. I'm really hoping for a Switch release. If uh, it doesn't get announced like a date soon, because that's what I've been holding out for, because I just don't like playing games on my laptop, I'm going to buy it and I'm going to play it because it's been sold to me six times over. And uh, I, I'm, I'm really excited to play it. And, yeah, I and like... Go ahead. Sorry. No, that's all I'm going to say. I'm excited to oh, play it. I was going to say, I like that in this game, it's you pick... A character type that you want to play and then there's sometimes like at first i picked the insane character like just bad shit yeah. crazy and normally when i play a game i don't ever pick like oh i can i can handle that i want to be a crazy person because i'm very like logical and want to like do things like the right way and so when you're like oh i'm gonna take his fucking boots off his like this dead yeah. guy hanging from a tree like oh they're shiny i want them well don't do that that's morbid oh i don't care i'm gonna do it anyway i'm gonna <laughs> sell them for you know hubcaps <laughs> you know, I'm normally not that guy, but the game kind of like says, well, if you're going to play this character, that's how you have to be. And it uh-huh. like pushes me into this un- like out- outside my comfort zone. But that's where like the best moments are coming from is that you're like, oh, fuck, I can't believe I just did that. <laughs> that's also, cool. The game has this really great solution to like the dialogue problem where it's like there's tons of dialogue and it would be painful to listen to a- have to listen to a voice actor like say all the lines. And so it's like when you first meet a character, like the first few paragraphs are voice acted. So you just get like that color of what that person is like. And then the rest of it is just dialogue that you're reading. That's cool. That's pretty classic though. They did that in like Morrowind and stuff. Yeah. Or it's like you get the feel for the character and then mm-hmm. here's the, what they were saying. I love the skill checks too, because you don't get to just retry a check that you fail. There's, there's white checks and red checks. Red checks, you get to try once. And if you fail, it's done forever. You never get to retry it. Uh, and white checks, um, you either succeed or you fail. And if you fail, you have to like talk to the right person and go down the right tr- like line of dialogue with that person and you can unlock that check again. Uh, or you have to l- put another skill point in the, the skill that that check was checking again. Right. Uh, and then you can unlock it and try it again that way. And it's like, it's really cool too because like the, the difficulty is modified. Like if it's a conversation check, uh, difficulty is modified by how you interacted with that person. So it's like if they gained an edge on you somehow in conversation or if they learned about something embarrassing you did or or if they saw you do something you know, bad or that embarrassing or up. stupid, yeah, it gets more difficult to do that thing. Or vice versa, like if you caught them in a lie or if like you saw them doing something they shouldn't have been doing or if you like they saw you do something badass and now you're more intimidating, like now <laughs> that check's easier. That's cool. It's so cool. And it goes, once again, it goes against kind of like what I normally do is like, oh, I need to see what all the dialogue options lead to. I need to see like 
everything, right? Yeah. This is like, well, you can do that. And like, I went one time, I went from a 75% chance of success to like 11% because I went through the dialogue trees. That's cool. Yep. And um, also, it's a game that discourages save scumming in multiple ways. One, because most checks, it's not predictable when you're going to encounter a skill check that you're going to do. So you can't just like quick save and do it. But the other one is, even when you do get a chance to do that, like failing is part of the game. Mm-hmm. Like they, there's no parts of the game where it's like, well, you either succeed or you lose and you can't progress. It's like almost always failing a check results in something more interesting happening. That's cool. Than, than if you'd succeeded. Well, I'm it, sold on it. Yeah. It's, I, I love that. I'm, I'm doing another playthrough right now. I can't wait to play it. I'm really hoping for it. Is Nintendo it like Switch completely release. different from your first? Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing a completely different one. But like story-wise? Um... It depends. Well, I mean, the, like, the, the broad story, strokes are probably the main the same. story is the main story, but the the way you interact with all the like all the characters are just so rich, and you can do like any number of things and how you deal with them. Like, I'm I'm do I'm doing completely different stuff. Cool. So, Disco Elysium. That was what Disco number? Elysium. Three. 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 Number three. So that leaves us with the task of number uh, one, nope. and that gives uh-huh. Dakota first, first crack. proposal. Uh. Metal Gear Solid Two HD remake. <laughs> sure. Sam, number We've, one. I think we saw that coming. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be a surprise or not, but it's Stardew Valley. That's a good number one. <laughs> Tom. In my mind, there's only one game that can possibly take the best of the decade as far as what it's inspired and what it's accomplished in say, 10 years. And I that game is Minecraft. Yep, I oh. knew it. Came out in, I guess, the official release was 2011. Remake came out for MGS2. The oh. remaster, I should say. Oh. My number one, I'm tying them together, is Mass Effect 2 and 3. Ooh. Sure. You got mm. my vote for two, though. All right. You don't even have to sell it. Well, how should we proceed? This doesn't happen often. I didn't think I was going to get any votes. I'll just, I, I have a feeling Stardew Valley, the best chance it has is maybe as an honorable mention. Um, it's a very relaxed, very I, I fun game. It. It's, it's an excellent game. game. It's a great yeah. one that you can just sit down and relax to, and that there's, I mean, there's no pushing, driving narrative, and you can really do whatever you want. It was what I like about it was, I was thinking about the themes of 2010 to 2020. What we saw here was the rise of the independent developer. People, uh, Minecraft. <laughs> I never played Minecraft. It, uh, really? I missed Minecraft completely. I've okay. literally never even played two seconds of it. it it's a uh, flying disc that completely missed my head it went, <laughs> I, 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 i've never even really sat down and really looked at it i'm aware of what it is but i've never it's just a concept to me so i i you know i won't be voting for minecraft but i i understand that it had a huge impact on the world um stardew valley is probably as close as i got to a minecraft in that it was just a world that you got to shape and mold and kind of go around and do what you wanted in yeah yeah um i love that game actually it was developed by one guy yep and Who, like autistically cloistered himself away from friends and family <laughs> for four years. It's yeah. his vision, 100%. And I, I like that we're seeing what's going to change now because AAA games, it, you, we've, we've kind of ragged on, on Ubisoft. They've really become this really generic open world format where you go and you collect feathers and it's a huge waste yeah. of time and it's not very fun most of the time. Yeah. Uh, Stardew Valley is the complete opposite of that. It was one guy with one very pure vision. He developed it and sold it on himself, and now he's very rich because of it. And yep. uh, but for those who don't know, it's just a farming simulator. Yeah, Here. it's like um, Harvest Moon. It's, yeah, that's what it's based on. Yeah, but yep. the one thing I will say about that game is 
it's almost like Dota. You get as much as you put into it. Yeah. Like yeah. if you get to know the townsfolk, the people in this quaint little town you now reside in. So the premise of the story is your grandfather passes away and he leaves you this deed to this farm. And he's basically just, it's a very millennial, I'll say, yeah. focused story where they're just like, you need to give up all of this modern. Your city life. Yeah, the city life, your modern privileges and stuff and just get back to what the way things used to be. Which I think appeals to a lot of this yeah. generation. <laughs> so you, you know, you give up your job and in a cubicle because it's like implied that you're depressed there. And mm. then you move to this farm and it's a piece of shit run down dump. Yeah, and, the, you'll spend your first couple hours in the game just clearing brush. <laughs> yeah, you clear brush, you go to bed, you wake up, you clear more brush, and then you start planting some stuff. And then, yeah, you, you make some money. Then, But you there's a whole town you can go, you can talk to everybody, everybody has some story point, And they're all like real air quotes people <coughs> like they're just people existing as well and it, it's it's interesting to every character is different and it's a just a such a relaxing game the soundtrack the gameplay every part of it is like it seems like it's focused on just like just chill mm-hmm. out and play some stardew valley and and you know if you get sick of the planting and, and growing and talking to townspeople there's also a dungeon you go yep. and explore and, and that has levels and combat it's cool yeah and when you get to the bottom of that, it gives you a key to another, you go to this desert and you go to an even secreter temple and you go in there and it's a whole another endless bottom yep. where you can find even better weaponry and stuff. So there's a lot to do and, but it never pressures you into it. You can play forever. Yeah. You don't even have to, you could play the entire game without setting foot in the town if you yep. wanted to. You could be some hermit that lives on this farm and just farms and makes money for, I guess, no reason, but you could if you wanted to. There's nothing, there's no like actual story to the game. Yep. Very charming, very fun, very relaxed title. Mm-hmm. All right, Tom, Minecraft. I'm going to make this pitch because Minecraft precedes Stardew Valley. Mm-hmm. There is not a game that has come out since Minecraft has come out that has so changed the the entire trajectory of video gaming. Dark Souls. Not even that. Dark Souls. It's <laughs> like a niche title. Minecraft <laughs> is like... Minecraft in this decade has outsold every other video game ever. Dark Souls. <laughs> ever. Created its own genre. That is so many copies. It was one guy who was just like, I'm going to make this voxel-based mining game where you can just build stuff. Dark Souls, Dark Souls. Made him filthy rich. Dark Souls, Dark Souls. <laughs> it's not Dark Souls. Dark Souls, Dark Souls, and Dark Souls. Your grandma knows this game. Your dark, mom dark, knows dark, this dark, game. Dark, 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 Your dark, dark, brothers dark, and sisters knows this game. Dark, 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 Your nephews, nieces. Bun, bun, bun. All right. I didn't do this shit when you I know. I'm sorry. Stardew I feel Valley. really bad. Go on. Sorry. I'm sorry. Everybody you know, know at least knows of this game. Yeah. And that is something that outside of like Mario Brothers, <laughs> we're like, are you it's playing true. the Mario right now? Like the Mario. Yeah. yeah. Would you want to play it right now? And, and really for our list, would you want to play Minecraft right now? I have been. Have you been? Yes. Okay. Well, that's different. So that's then. the crazy thing. Okay. I played this game in beta with Corey mm-hmm. in 2011. When before that, even I remember where I was. I was at your house. Yep. In the basement. Yep. On a TV tray on my laptop. Yep. Playing and, Minecraft. And we played Minecraft dirt. from when we got there to like 3 a.m. Just straight. <laughs> like like literally for like 14 hours straight. Yeah. And I remember it distinctly. It hooked and then it launched. 
Still played it a bunch. Dipped out. It kind of became this lame thing. Like, oh, you play Minecraft? What are you, 10? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now it's kind of coming back a little bit where it's just like, no, it's a good game. Like, it's fun. And it's just incredible the dynamic of the games industry now compared to what it was before Minecraft came out. Like, this has single-handedly shifted the entire paradigm of gaming. Think of all the BS games with a crappy crafting system, open worlds, random procedural generation. All of that stuff was popularized by Minecraft. See, and and this is where we'll really, where we will really bump heads is that all those things, all those changes you're talking about, all these things that you're mentioning, are all the things I actively hate and avoid in gaming. Well, <laughs> like, see, that's the thing. So it's not a positive thing. That for actually me. speaks to my point. Minecraft is the only game that actually I would argue did that right and that could very well be again i I, i'm not like i'm with tom on that one i I don't mean to actively like like i'm not trying to to diss your choice or anything i'm I'm having fun with it but the fact of the matter is i can't really speak to it at all i've never played it yeah so i can't say it's bad i can only say that my point that i'm speaking to is you're saying look at all these things that came from minecraft and everything you listed is everything i hate in modern gaming. Right. So it's hard for me to be excited well, about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. When you're like, and crafting and open world and procedural generation. And these are all things I hate. Like, yeah. <laughs> like those are not good things in games, in my opinion. And <laughs> to be honest, there's games that I play above Minecraft. Minecraft is a great game to just put on. And then you listen to like an audiobook, you watch a show. It's just like a chill experience. Kind of like Stardew Valley. You just do whatever you want. It's like, there's no you purpose. Yeah, there's no purpose to the game. It's like Lego's the video game, pretty mm-hmm. much. It's just like, do whatever you want. Um, there's like a loose narrative, I guess, but it's just, this is like one of those landmark moments in video gaming that completely changed everything. Sure. I'll grant you. I mean, I game. can't deny that. So that's why I think it should be number I one can't, for the I decade. I cannot deny you that Because point. it so perfectly encapsulates the decade of video gaming. And the guy rising to stardom this incredible title that has changed everything since its inception. Well, uh, I, I think Mass Effect is kind of like Breaking Bad. Like, there's no, I don't, what do I need to say about it on, yeah. th- on this podcast? Like, yeah, we've talked we, about we've it. We've talked about it. Yeah, Mass Effect Andromeda, number one. Yeah. For- <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I guess, I guess the dilemma would seem to me to be what this list is. Because, I agree. If this was like most influential game, I mean, Minecraft's probably the most influential game over the last like 20 years, maybe of all time. Maybe that's stretching too far. I think all time is probably not an understatement at this point. Think of all the the I, Minecraft I, shit you see on sure. kids. <laughs> I would agree with that. It's It's like top three at least, like most influential games of all time. But it doesn't rank for me personally on a top 10 list even. Of the decade. It gets real close. Maybe. Okay. It's different for this because of the format where we just pick like three of our favorite things. I think it would probably make a top 10 if I were to make a full top 10 for the decade. But I just, there's, there's just games that I personally enjoyed way more. And so I think it like at that point, it becomes a question of like, what is the list? Mm-hmm. Because I, if, if the list is the former, I certainly have no argument at all. Like, there's just no way that Minecraft isn't, like, the biggest and, and most influential and, like, most pervasive and the most important game of the last 10. There's just no way that's not true. 
But if it's just things that I enjoyed and that's the list, then I can put it wherever I want. <laughs> All right. So, like, I don't really know. It's a hard one to, to vote on. I think if, I, if we're going to make that argument, I would say that I don't think anybody made their list based on the impact it had on society or anything like that, because then it would have been a very different list. Yeah. And that, that means you have to change the conversation from the beginning, and we all have to go back and make another top 10 list of what we felt sure. were. And, and I th- so if I'm just speaking, I like, I'm just speaking to your point. So therefore, if we're following the rules of this list, you would have to go towards the latter, that it's what we enjoyed the most. Because if we were doing what was the biggest impact, it would be a very different list. Everybody's list would be different. Yeah. Sure. Okay. I'm just thinking the the way I structured these lists is hours consumed in a video game. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Minecraft is yeah. up there. Sunk so many hours. And I like asked myself, why do I keep going back to this game that I know everything, literally everything about? Everything's just memorized. It's like it's Pokemon cards level of memorization. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where it's like, you know, like the original 101 or 151 Pokemon, I can just refer, you could show me yeah. a picture and I'd still know it. Yeah. There's no use for that. <laughs> That's like crafting recipes. Space yeah. in your brain. The crafting recipes in Minecraft are forever emblazoned into my skull. Yeah. Forever. <laughs> now, I feel like I should make a point and say that I'm not even that passionate about this argument. If we were going to sit down and really roll up our sleeves and have a Dark Souls versus Minecraft argument... I would be getting very heated right now. Yeah, I shot myself in the foot with that um, because I didn't want to. I didn't want to enter in that conversation for the six billionth time. Um, Stardew Valley, uh, Stardew Valley, and Minecraft are actually kind of on the same level, and yeah, I like think what, it's like Terraria. It's like the the trifecta. So yeah, what I think those. we're going to come down to is just what have I played and what haven't I played? And there's a chance that if I'd played Minecraft, I might even agree with you. And, and so where I'm taking this kind of an antagonistic route where it's you and me versus these two games, yeah. what it really comes down to is the one I've played and one right. I haven't, no, that, which gets kind of silly. That's completely you know what fair. I mean? Like, I, yeah. That is 100% valid because like you only know what you know, yeah. like, right? You're not, you're not going to vote for something you haven't played. Like if Disco Elysium was number one, I couldn't vote for it because yeah. I haven't played it. It right. sounds amazing, sure. but I haven't played it. Like I, I don't know for myself if I would enjoy it. So it's not something I could cast my vote behind. The other thing that you have to understand is that I'm I am older than you guys, which didn't actually get brought up this whole episode for a change. Okay, grandpa. And so Minecraft <laughs> for me will always be that eight-year-old kid with glasses screaming at his mom. Yeah. I'm Minecraft. <laughs> it's Fortnite now. It's it, not yeah, Minecraft. it's the Fortnite. Yeah. The way yeah, you guys yeah. probably look at Fortnite is exactly how I look at Minecraft. Sure, that makes sense. And there's absolutely no way to disassociate those two things no i agree minecraft isn't even really a game to me it's an annoying high-pitched squeal (laughs) in the back of every walmart that i haven't been able to escape for the past decade it's bad joke books it's it's people infecting reddit to scream about their weird lava like fart night yeah something about (laughs) creepers and no it wasn't brap that almost made sense it was like parf or something what was that stupid song? Yeah, it's, it's literally like prap. <laughs> yeah, prap, I think it was. <laughs> so, so, so Minecraft to me is just one big giant fart joke. Yeah. And that's just how I, that's how I look. Parp. <laughs> and that's just how I look uh, at it. That's the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. Do you remember what that was from, Sam? We're it talking was, about an inside joke at this <laughs> point. You, so uh, what we're talking about right now is that there was literally a, uh, somebody, you know, for anything that gets popular, there's people capitalizing on it. And I guarantee you somebody made like a million bucks on making a, a joke book about <laughs> Fortnite called Fart Night. And it was literally yeah. just characters farting around. <laughs> that, that was the one joke. 
That's for great. pages and pages and pages. And of parp. course, and the fart sound effect was parp, which is not. And it was one of the most parp. horrendously unfunny things I've ever seen. So of course, I had to forward it to everybody I knew <laughs> and torture them with it because that's just what you get when you're my friend. Parp. <laughs> okay, so it's time to vote. Uh, what? Dakota hasn't even gotten to talk about Metal, Metal Gear, Gear, even though it and came you didn't out really talk about. Well, he said, I thought you should. I forgot that you nominated that. I thought it was the Even though that came out in like 2004. Remake or remaster. Remaster. Fat Man. Best boss ever. Rollerblades. <laughs> 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 Rollerblades bomb suit. Sure. What do you need? That was fair enough. Right. I have nothing to add to the party. <laughs> and then <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to let I think vote should go this way because my oh. vote my vote is very much a swing vote. Cuz oh. I need to see how the other votes fall. Oh no, so. I mean I I'll, I'll just give it to Oh, Mass Effect 2 because I love it. that's okay. the game that got me into sci-fi RPGs pretty much like any RPG really sure Mass Effect 2 so Mass Effect 2 with two votes is officially the number one game so now what we're voting for is number two which means we have to start voting Dark again. Souls Minecraft Minecraft um, there's, no way, there's no way it can't be on a 10 list sure it's, it's impossible so I, I mean, you're you're not so you're nominating Dark Souls for number two, which hasn't even been in the conversation yet. Dark Souls. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> go with Dark Souls, which makes it a tie. Do we? What do we flip a coin? I'm down for that. I think I that's what you, I think that's what you did last time. Go yeah, ahead. is that what we do? Is that what the rule book says? Sure. Is that the official? Why not? Who cares? Yeah, really. <laughs> Heads. The people crap. still listening at this point. All right. All right. Perfect. Heads is Minecraft. Heads, heads Minecraft. Yeah, heads Minecraft. Heads Minecraft. Classic heads. Uh, now, not to not to cast aspersions, but can I flip the coin? <laughs> Examine it. Make sure there's actually. Yeah, that's what sides. I'm doing. They're both. Corey, heads. Corey's like a true face. There it's, is a tails and there is a heads, and tails is Dark Souls, correct? Yeah. Okay. It's heads. Damn Fuck. It. That's good. Heads is Minecraft. That, that's. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, oh, I got like the. That's excellent. Resolution. Yeah. Not to rub salt in the wounds, but I think Minecraft is more fitting of this list than Dark Souls. <laughs> We've talked about Dark Souls a lot. It just created a new genre in video games. It, but, yeah, but whatever. It, it continued an old genre. But, but whatever. Into what the did modern Minecraft era. do if not make a new genre of video games? It just continued Legos in a digital yeah. form. It well, 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 yeah. created a thing new. That's more, an, that's more of an achievement of That's continuing a something else already. Even we knew we'd get a little physical heated. Format. Uh, Dark Souls is just like, this is requires how video games skill. used to be. So <laughs> get no used to it. No one said it didn't require a skill. I'm just saying. No one's insulting. It, it, it's it's just, it's just better because it requires title. skill to play. I don't think I'd like care at all if I hadn't had like a decade of listening to whiny kids talk about Minecraft. And it's like impossible to be excited about it for me. But you guys won fair and square. So you uh, won uh, the coin toss. Yeah. So, well, so let's go through the list. Yeah. Remember, parentheses, this is all implied all of the From Software games. We're all huge fans of From Software yeah. and all of their titles. That's true. Um, so let's go down through the list. Number 10. Dakota? Number 10. Divinity Originals and 2. Number 9 was Overwatch. Number 8 was Metal Gear Solid. No. Two. No, Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> it was Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number 7? That'd be number 8. No, yeah, that'd be no, number 7. Yeah, you're right. 7. 7, Dota 2. 6, Bloodborne. Uh, 5, Witcher 3. Uh, three Metal Gear Solid Five. Four Disco Elysium. Number number three. What did I put? Metal Gear Solid Two. 
No. <laughs> Still Metal Gear Solid 2 <laughs> HD remaster. <laughs> what the fuck did I put? No, oh. no, I was three. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, I was oh, like okay. I said, I didn't yeah. get a bowl. Okay, okay, I was, so three is Disco Elysium. Oh, good God. And then number two is... That'd be Dark Minecraft. Souls. <laughs> Minecraft. It's oh, no, no, number two is actually... Uh, Minecraft. Number two is actually... Minecraft. Mass Effect 2. No, number, number one, one was is Minecraft. Mass Effect 2. Flipped for Minecraft. Oh, that's right, you're right, you're right, yeah. you're right, you're right. And the, We had the such a big argument about it. Is Mass Effect 2. Yeah. Excellent. Honorable Eric. mentions. Honorable mentions. First and foremost, obviously, because of the coin flip. Well, there's Stardew Valley and then Dark Souls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah and then sure. there's Dark Souls. Uh, I assume we all have lists. So let's oh, just yeah. rattle off all of them. Yeah, sure. I actually don't have too much more to say. Um, Far Cry 3, uh, Skyrim, and then Into the Breach. My friend and then Fallout New Vegas. Which mm-hmm. I really thought one of you guys that was going to mention in this decade. Yeah, I, if I had any inkling that it did, <laughs> yeah. that would have been on my list for sure. Yep. Yeah. Uh, oh, let's so. see. Hotline Miami. That's fun. That's uh, fun. Doom 2016. That's yeah. on. I forgot to read it, but yeah, that's actually on there. Legend too. of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, Skyrim, uh, Portal 2. Yep. That's and online. everything else is either on the list or has been mentioned. Honorable mentions, Portal 2, Skyrim, <coughs> New Vegas, Far Cry 3, FTL, Papers, Please, Red Dead 2. Papers, Please is a good indie one, too. I was just going to say Resident Evil 2. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good game. Yeah. Well, it's a remake. But... I like remakes. I'm, I'm not, remake is something, nothing, Tom. There's not. Except Minecraft. <laughs> just a continuation of creative pursuit <laughs> game that was already made. Minecraft. The oh. only artistically pure achievement <laughs> in what the I liked history of humanity. Is that game based on Infiniminer? <laughs> what I liked best about this was that I, I purposely left Dark Souls and all that off the list so that it wouldn't even get that heated, and then Coda brought it right back, and it came down to a coin flip. <laughs> and now, I just want to stress, I'm actually angry. <laughs> I'm angry at the way the list ended up, which was what I was trying to avoid. This it's the, <laughs> like it, it wasn't a real megasode if someone didn't get butthurt about video yeah, games. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I did everything it's, I could to avoid been, being butthurt. And all of us have been, all of us have now been screwed by the video yeah. game category. Look, here's the thing. I like the way the list turned out. I think it's alright. Um, just as we did with music, and we called it the decade of Ghost, yeah. I think it's fair to say that this was the decade of From Software. Because for me, for sure. Absolutely. For all of their yeah. huge titles, we all love From Software. <laughs> Let that be known. <laughs> No matter what, Sekiro, Dark Souls 1 through 3, Bloodborne, all superb games. Demon Souls? Demons. I think that came out last decade. I think, yeah, that, yeah. that definitely came out. That was like 2008 or something. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, wonderful. This was from software hitting their stride for sure. Like, they knew, they, they've nailed it down. I'm excited for the Elden George R. Martin Elden written, Ring. Elden Ring. Written by, well, actually, what's well, weird he's is a, he's, George R. R. Martin wrote the prequel to this game. He wrote an entire book that was the prequel. It's like the world before the game starts. Okay. And the everybody that made the game read his book about it. And then in the way that Dark Souls... Dark Souls perpetually happens after some big cataclysm. Yeah. Elden Ring is going to be the same. It all takes place after this book that George R.R. R. Martin wrote. And he's like a consultant on the story, mm-hmm. though? Like, yeah, okay. That's going to be interesting. Can't that, wait. There's not very many trailers out about it, but it looks Dark Soulsy. <laughs> it it like, looks like Dark Souls 4. Yeah. But... They're starting a new storyline. Um, I'm excited. Sekiro was such a wonderful game. Yeah, like, it's so good. If they can keep it focused like Sekiro is, as far as story-wise, mm-hmm. like that's the one thing I don't care too much about the Dark Souls, was like, 
I think if you got to know the story, item descriptions. Dark Souls, when you start putting it together, the story is really good. Oh yeah. Um, but you have it, to put it together. That's the thing. The, my argument for that would be you don't. Because one very fun thing about Dark Souls is just stumbling into another area and making up your own story to why it is the way it is. That's, yeah, I guess. Which is a lot of fun. That's that's what enough, makes it but great. That's not like like the Dragon Babies. Yeah, like the Dragon In Babies the dungeons. Um. Anyway, we still have one category to do. It's midnight. It is. What? So oh, shit. Let's uh. Well, wow. let's take a break and we'll a we'll get into it. And wrap this shit up. Yep. Welcome back, everybody. Hello. Now we're going to talk about disappointments. We're all tired. We've been here for a while. Six hours. Six hours. Holy so shit. we're going to talk about the things that suck this decade. We're stone cold sober, and we did another long ass episode. <laughs> as you know, I just told you, if there's one revelation I've had today, it's that we don't need alcohol to be distracted. <laughs> yeah. As you know, we like to end our uh, big episodes on a uh, sour note. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the most disappointing things. Number ten, Sam. Most the tenth most disappointing thing of the decade. Searching, <laughs> yeah. So I have, uh, yeah, uh, rise of the influencer. Oh, that's a good, oh, that's a good one. one as a job I description. Like um, so ten years ago, the influencer did not exist. What do you do for a living? Oh, people know who I am. Yeah, nowadays people get on Instagram, they take pictures of themselves, and somehow that's become a job to the point where and it's and well, it's, they're husks of people. They exist solely to advertise brands. to get likes, pretty much. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, you know, Community, the TV show, which which Tom and I both mentioned as things we really liked. They had a running gag a couple episodes where uh, <laughs> brands would advertise by buying people. Yeah. And they yeah. would send them in so the person's name would be Subway and all they talk about is how delicious sandwiches were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And really, and that was before influencers were a thing. And really, that's kind of come, it was like a prophecy because now we have people that exist solely to sell you things. But it's not like they're models who show up for a shoot and they just like, hold a Snickers bar. Their whole lives become just getting likes and, and liking things. And usually it's it's young, beautiful people. Uh, people that would probably be models in the 90s, right? Like, that's not too crazy to say. And and if it was just stopped there, it wouldn't bother me so much. The problem is, is that influencers become like the job now to a point where you have... This This is... It's, it's becoming viral now. And I don't mean viral in like the internet. Oh, a lot of people are looking at it. I mean that in the affection, the sickness that's yeah. uh, rotting us out from the core. Where people will call hotels and be like, "I have a hundred thousand followers. I want to yeah, stay there yeah. for free," and and then but I'll give you props. Or like people want to hire an artist to paint something for them. They're like, "I can't pay you, but I'll share you on my story, and, and you'll get all these likes." The the economy of likes of the little endorphin rushes we get when we get likes is has gone from being cute to being toxic. Hmm. I think the dopamine economy might be a better name for this. That's perfect. Thank you. The dopamine economy. Yeah. If we we're going to write a book about this, it would be called the dopamine economy. And where we used to get these things from our real relationships in life, our friendships and all these things have now been condensed and, and, and liquefied to the little points you get online, be it Reddit upvotes or likes on Instagram, little hearts on Instagram. And, um, and now it's starting to decay and you have people becoming entitled based on how many of these likes they get. And, and it's, n- and, and, and I, I mean, and they mean nothing. And they, it, it all means nothing. You can't get anything for it. And I don't know where the where society goes from here. And and you know it's like um, now tick TikTok is the latest app. And I'm going to say this pre fall of humanity, TikTok is the devil. It is the inevitable Fortnite of apps. It is the inevitability of social media because now TikTok is literally just you either look good or you don't, or you look so bad in an interesting way that you garner sympathy in woke culture. 
that people have to support TikTok's you. It's like a Black Mirror episode. TikTok is pure evil. <laughs> and I say that not, not as the old man shaking his cane, but TikTok <laughs> now has 14-year-old girls feeling like they need to show their tits so that they can get these dopamine highs of, of 60-year-old men offering to buy their OnlyFans oh. <laughs> for, for bra pictures. Like, it's pure evil. Pedophiles now have a home. And it's one that's being advertised all over the planet. And it doesn't take skill. And it doesn't take any kind of ability. They have a home and kids are tripping over themselves to be popular in it. Yes, that's... Yeah. Thank you. Yes. I, I can always count on you to say things better than I... Like, I can conceptualize these things, but I can't always uh, verbalize them as well as you can. And the rise of the influencer was influencer is what started that. And I, I genuinely fear for where the world is going. The first world is going in this direction. And... Uh, that's why, honestly, it probably should have been my number one as I started talking yeah. about it. I'm not going to be as passionate about the next one. Number 10, the dopamine economy. Yeah, the dope. I love that. The dopamine economy. That's Ick. brilliant. Or the ick economy. Number nine, Tom. Number nine, the great streaming service fracture. Fuck! You actually stole one of mine. Well, so 2010 rolls around. Netflix is like, hey, we're going to start doing streaming stuff. Hey, that's cool. Yeah. You pay a subscription. They have tons of stuff. It's awesome. Uh, they were like, okay, finally I can get rid of this cable subscription. I could just watch stuff online. No ads. Everything's great. As the decade passes, more and more people are like, hey, I have a streaming service. Hey, I have a streaming service. Hey, I have a streaming service. Now we have as many streaming services as there are channels. And we're coming close to a point where it's just going to be cable again. But They've added it up, and if you want every streaming service, it's more expensive than cable used to be. Oh, by it's far. It's hilarious. Yeah. Easily more expensive. <laughs> it's ridiculous, yeah. And it's, like, it's to the point now where it's all the streaming services don't aggregate anything anymore. Everything's first party. Yep. And Netflix saw that coming a mile away, mm -hmm. right? Like they, they were producing original content, and people were like, what are they? Like Netflix made a show? Yeah. It was like they, I remember that, yeah. They knew what was going, like they understood. Like they they had the Kevin Spacey money. Like they knew what was happening. They made house of cards. They they prepared for this. They knew what was going on. And whoever was in charge of making those decisions, like averted like the apocalypse, like the downfall of what would have been Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Like, it would have been like right now we'd be sitting here talking about biggest disappointment, Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but they like they knew what was going on. And like all these these old, you know, network television, especially all these channels. That yeah, the fact that NBC they, is having its own streaming service. Yeah. CBS is ridiculous. has had one for years. Yeah, yeah. CBS Access <laughs> or whatever. All of these old archaic Disney. things, <laughs> these like old demons, these old gods, yeah. have like are coming back. Where they're like, <laughs> it took them a while to learn. Like, hey, you know, I guess the internet's not going away, and people actually don't like watching television anymore. And now that it's dying, they're like, okay, well, we'll just, you know, revoke the rights for any other streaming service to have our shows and we'll launch our own with our own things. It and sucks ass. It, it sucks major ass. And it doesn't serve their purpose in the long run. Because no one is like loyal to CBS or NBA. Like, no, like, the, there are not, there's not going to be a scale of people who will purchase cbs access now or whatever it's called just to watch cbs shows like that's that's not a thing like the it like it only works at at the scale of everyone's content being aggregated in at most two or three places yeah 
and everyone getting their piece of the pie that they contributed. Well, it's, it's going to be the, the same story. It's going to come back again. It's going to be yo-ho-ho and a bottle of rum. And yeah. all of these services are going to st- immediately start blaming piracy again for all this horrible stuff. Hey, remember that, that thing that wasn't a problem for 10 years? Yeah. Like the thing that was the apocalypse and then just stopped happening magically for reasons we don't even understand. And we're going to pretend that we don't know why. Yeah. Oh, it, 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 Gabe Newell, the prophet. He knew it was up. He, he famously said, the only way you can beat pirates is by making your service more convenient than piracy. And that's what Steam is. Yeah. And that's why it is so popular. You need it's, to make people want to pay for something that's better than free. Because you're never going to win chasing them around and trying to play the whack-a-mole game of like defeating pirates because it's impossible. Yeah. Like you need to make people want to give you their money. So it's going to spike. Piracy is going to spike. It's going to be... We're in a cyclical state here. And it's because these stupid companies don't realize that the value doesn't come from their own shows. It comes yeah. from these streaming services being able to... One of the smartest things you've ever said, Corey, was um, the way the yeah. internet beat piracy was by making it easier just not to steal the content. What I literally just yeah, said that Gabe said. Newell yep. said. Yeah. And, but this is what I was going to say. Way to go, Corey. <laughs> Good job, Corey. <laughs> Fucking genius. <laughs> Sometimes I zone out, guys. <laughs> Apparently I just did. Well, what I was going to say is now they're just doubling back and now it's going to be easier to steal again. Like yeah, I 100% yeah. plan on stealing um, oh, yeah. a acquiring. lot of things in the future. Acquiring. Yeah, acquiring. This thing, this Plex server. You know, you mean that's Netflix? That's up on my TV. Yeah, this Netflix that's up now where I'm just scrolling through endless lists of movies. This is just all pirated. You mean acquired. Acquired, acquired yeah. And I am sorry Yarr. that I zoned out. I was preparing my argument for my next disappointment. Sure. Uh-huh. And, and so I was very, I was looking for something in particular. So for my number eight, uh, I'm going to, Tom stole half of my number eight. So that was half of it was the, the splintering of the streaming services. But the other half, and this is also going to branch into my next disappointment, which I doubt anyone would steal, but would be very disappointment or disappointing to me, is the way Netflix let the cat out of the bag and now everyone and their fucking mother has a monthly subscription. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, you want to buy razor blades? Subscription. Oh, you want like Microsoft Office subscription. Yeah, that that one drives sucks. me nuts. It's, yeah. it, it's you can't just buy shit anymore. No. Yeah, it's you don't like, own anything. Yeah. Everything's a service. Everything is a perpetual service that is priced just conveniently enough for people to not get in the street and riot with the guillotines, <laughs> but just but just enough to where you can't have more than a handful of them active at a time before it genuinely starts adding up and just the air. You know, the average person doesn't have like 60 bucks a month to throw around. You know, like, like you know, you get a mortgage and a car and insurance and yeah. and utilities and internet. And it's like, I don't have a hundred bucks a month to like pay for all the garbage that I like would be nice to have. Right. Keep your DVDs, people. Right. Yeah. DVDs and CDs. Real talk. Yep. And plus, this actually ties into that. Spotify recently pissed me off so much that I actually quit really? using it. Because they... As you may know, I've talked about it before. I'm a very big fan of the Beastie Boys. I love yes. the Beastie Boys. I wanted to listen to my favorite Beastie Boys album on Spotify, Paul's Boutique. Famously got them in trouble for copyright violations with the samples and stuff, whatever. There are three songs on that album available on Spotify now. Everything else is has been removed. 
So Spotify is saying, you cannot listen to this anymore. You can listen to these three songs and nothing else on this album, your favorite Beastie Boys album. So I said, how about this? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I have this. I will just transfer it to my computer and I will listen to it whenever I damn well please. Go kill yourself, Spotify. And that's the other thing too, like with Spotify and everything, every service does this where they lure you in with, hey, all the stuff you like is on here. You just buy this, you pay this much per month, and then you can just search for all the things you want, and then you, Bob's your uncle. Oh, wait. Oh, wait a minute, yeah. <laughs> so, and then Spotify, Spotify comes... I'm the only one available, huh? <laughs> Tom, for, for the listeners, Tom did the South Park cable company nipple rub. Uh, so what they do is... And Spotify is the most guilty of this oh, than any wait. company. And Netflix does, everyone does this. But Netflix or Spotify is the worst because you boot up Spotify, they've been incrementally updating Spotify for years to make it more and more and more difficult to search for specific artists or their specific albums and just listen to that. They are funneling you more and more into their curated playlists and their like recommended for you or their like new releases. It's cheaper to play because it's cheaper to fucking play because if it's if. They they make these playlists like the daily mix or whatever like the the hey we curated this just specifically based on your music taste that you seek out on your own but then they just fill it with garbage mm-hmm. because it's cheaper for them to play yeah and they, they under and the and guise then, of these are new artists you might like yeah and so they it's do, like and then, don't exploit these so like, they do people that, and then every quarter or so they add like another click that it takes to get to I want to listen to this album from mm-hmm. this band with this song and they make that harder and harder to and every time they do that they they sort of in like the the market of time they price more people out of seeking out the music that they like sure and it's it's infuriating it's almost yeah. like everything's just constantly getting worse yes so <laughs> everything is degenerating entropy <laughs> i'm telling you like if you it's can this <laughs> is my prophetic speech to everybody listening get hard drive space Find the things you love, digital, like the digital format, like things shows you like, put them on the hard drives. Things are not permanent anymore. Create these, a server. S- these fucking streaming services will either nickel and dime you to pay for every last second of the show for outrageous prices, even though digital format, free to copy, yeah. like it costs nothing. Or, you know they'll just it just won't exist anymore especially in a political climate where if mm-hmm. someone just if one of these big woke fucking ceos decides you know what uh i don't like this rap album because he says the n-word a few times yep it's gone yeet out of out of the fucking we're headed in a very horrible future yeah, but you don't, you don't even have to make something illegal anymore you just have to make it inaccessible yep and, and then that's where the pirates, over the rights to that. And then yep. the pirates come and then they complain about it. It's like you fucking did this to yourself. You don't got to burn the books. You just remove them. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. So that that's goes to Dakota. Rage Against the Machine reference for all the non-Zoomers out there. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have such like high disappointments in your it's life. It's true. I, Sam started that trend. Yeah. He <laughs> used to just be like, this game was bad. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> right it's like. God damn, life has really gone downhill. I guess this, don't worry, I've got the number one. My thought process, my thought process yeah. on that is, we spend literally six hours talking about video games and movies. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with getting a little bit ethereal. Yeah, like yeah. getting a little yeah. bit bigger at the very end for disappointment. I've, I've got, I've it, got a number one. For it's you. just like, don't steal mine. Let me go ahead and 
Push up the glasses here. The dopamine crisis. And well, like, here's the thing. I can't even make credit for it. The way this goes, it's not my... I come in and I'm like, I don't like influencers. And yeah. then Corey comes along and puts an awesome name on it, like right. the dopamine economy. Crisis or whatever. Yeah, so it's economy. like, I, I barely... Like, me taking credit for it, I literally just come in and I'm like, Sam doesn't like pretty people on the internet getting likes. Yeah. And then Corey dresses it up. And, and Tom, you guys both work together to dress it up as like this big, great idea. Right. That's what I love about this podcast. That's like my favorite part about it. Right. I come in, I'm like, I don't like those those hot girls showing their titties on the internet. And suddenly it becomes like this brilliant <laughs> thing where like, put some clothes on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, the thing is, it's just like, I'm not like, yeah, I'm giving you a hard time, but I just. I don't know, as the kids would say, I'm just too privileged to really have a lot of big disappointments. Right. Whereas, like, my biggest, like, I can't get to my biggest disappointment, but it's like my number third. Number seven. Yeah, number seven disappointment's not even on there because I didn't make a list. Is like the Five Finger Death Punch show. Sure. You know? Well, just, I did levity, too. You know, there's like, nothing wrong with that at all. A huge disappointment to me in my life. I'm like thinking, trying to think of myself in the like, past 10 years. I was like, what the fuck was a giant disappointment? I could be like, oh, my police career was a big disappointment. <laughs> I just don't care enough you to mean talk about it. You know what? Career. That's yeah. actually a really good point. Because <laughs> if, like, I think all of our lives have been on a pretty consistent upward trajectory yeah. Yeah, for a long time. <laughs> I haven't had many big losses. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Even all of these ones we've just complained about so far, we can just go outside. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that's fundamentally all of our problems so far have been just with the internet and the right. things on it. That's one thing I've come back to <laughs> is like in the big political debates, you know, you have people that just hate Obama and, and you have people that just hate Trump. Right. Yeah. And one thing I keep going back to is that, Honestly, and I think that I can say this pretty confidently about most of the people probably listening to this and us, has your life, for how angry and how passionate people get about these things, and this is something I have to tell myself whenever I start getting really dragged into a Facebook argument, right? It's like, has my life actually been changed? Right. Like, I'm still waking up. I'm still going to work. It's like when somebody rages against the fact that Obama didn't create enough jobs, and I always just want to be like, but you've been employed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is, what's Since George W. Bush. I don't want to derail like, this. Yeah. Is this just the light being weird or are your nails done? My nails are done. Um, and it's really fun to go to the gym with your nails done. And everybody, <laughs> I've actually had, pe- I've had are somebody come up. gender? You can come out to us. I've had fine. people come up to me in the gym and say, yes, queen. Cause like they're gay and they, they assume yeah. that I am too or something like that. I just, guys, I have a daughter <laughs> and my daughter likes to do nails. And right. if you're going to be worth your salt as a father and your daughter you wants gay? to do your nails, you let your daughter <laughs> do your nails. All so, right, I had to, I noticed. No, no, it's it. fair to ask. ask. No, my nails are always done. It and it gets me in trouble at work sometimes. But like, <laughs> also, you're, you're all quick. you're all fuck off. My daughter's more important. I'm gonna than hop you. up yeah. on a soapbox real quick and kind Go of pile it. on to what Sam was just saying about like how much does your life actually change? We were talking about creativity before, and if you have that creative bug, how fulfilling it is to actually make something for yourself. Two things: create things responsibly. Realize that people, like the complaints we have here, are like that things are too ethereal now and they just disappear. Make things that people can consume forever. Secondly, just make things. Yeah, make things. If they can take anything you can consume away from you, but they can't take what you create away from yourself. So now going back to Dakota, you're, you're are you making the Five Finger Death Punch show? One that of your was the one that got canceled, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. so that, that fucking would, sucks. That sucks. Funny yeah, story. Sucks Funny story. That's happened to you twice. Yeah, now? Dakota and I were going to go to a show in Duluth once. We were going to go see um, Modest Mouse, yeah. and they canceled last minute. That sucks. 
and then we were going to go see Five Finger Death Punch, and they canceled literally last minute, and my wife couldn't believe it that it happened twice no, in a row. She that thought we were it was a ruse. Yeah, she's like, "You guys are making shit up." <laughs> but did you get that, refunds at least for both of those? Or? Yeah, well, yeah, we got refunds okay, for both. Well, that's good. I have to tell you that the night of Five <laughs> so Finger Death Punch, I yeah, call that the redneck zombie yeah. apocalypse. Oh, dude, that was insane. It, I will never experience anything like that before. So your typical Five Finger Death Punch viewer, <laughs> the clientele, is like a redneck, like. <laughs> Yeah, four wheelers and metal. Yeah, it's yeah. like grunt style. Yep, grunt style was everywhere, and Dakota never noticed before that people that love Five Figure Death Punch are grunt style wears. And then, like, literally after the show, everybody was wearing grunt style. Yeah. <laughs> but just picture like the hell yeah, brother! And I mean, we're talking by the thousands. <laughs> it was crazy. Spilled upon Duluth, and we were just walking around, and you couldn't go anywhere without like this whole like. I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna ride my truck and scream about it. <laughs> like it was oh, give a me bizarre whiskey. night. Yeah, it was crazy. And like everywhere, right, Mister, every, everywhere you actually. went was Five Finger Death Punch. Any bar, any restaurant, Five Finger Death Punch was playing, and people bitching about Five Finger Death Punch. And I was like, I didn't even know this many people like existed in our area that likes Five Finger Death Punch. Well, they came from out of town and stuff. You had right. all these people that were pissed right. that they drove for like four hours to see for Five Finger Death Punch. Yeah. They don't. That's privilege. But it was people, just people who live in Minneapolis. Oh, how did you drive all the way to Duluth? Yeah, to yeah, concert. fuck you. Uh, go hey. fuck yourself. But it way. was crazy. Here, like I'm just gonna... seeing this amount of like I'm sorry, I'm just gonna call them with their white trash. Sure. Spilled <laughs> out on the streets in that quantity. Bars and restaurants could not keep up. And I say that as somebody that was going to the show. Sure. Here's a soft So if pitch. I if that qualifies me as white trash, I'm I'm happy to accept that title. But like Here's a soft pitch to move to the Twin Cities area. Nope. Shows come through all the time and you don't even have to drive that far. Yeah, I saw a yeah. bunch of great shows, and I only drove ten minutes. Huh. That's pretty it's, great. It's like the most special of treats when someone comes to Duluth to do a show, yeah. and then they fucking cancel. Yeah, it's just yeah. It's like once every five years, someone I care about does a show here. Yeah, nobody really plays the. I guess the last like the big one, the mega superstar, Android. the last mega superstar I can imagine Benzo. playing in Duluth was like Elton John. Oh, he played at the Amco or the the Amsoil Arena. Yeah. And it's just like, nobody comes here. Yep. <laughs> but they come to St. Paul and Minneapolis. But I, they sure that do. night... <laughs> I got the miles on my car to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> Dakota and I, and you guys have been part of them too, have had some pretty memorable nights out in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this was not, this was probably not even close to the most memorable as far as, as fun that we had or, or any of that. But I will never forget it for the rest of my life. Just seeing that population so condensed in such a large number... And the way it just transformed to Duluth to like this deep southern hick town. It was like, never, It was because like, Duluth is actually a pretty artsy community. It's like this siren call that only the, the rednecks what? can hear. Yeah, that but, like, but we were in. back in like the deep south. People spanking waitresses' asses while they walked by like crazy biker bar of a town. Yep. The whole place smelled like spitting tobacco. It was just, it was a zombie apocalypse. Right. It was just crazy. Uh, real quick. <clears throat> for next time, for the next podcast we do, remind me to talk about the TSO show I went to. I just want to say that. I saw them live too. They were yes. wonderful. Remind me to talk about the show for the next podcast. I won't get into it here. Okay. But, but yeah, cancellations, no matter how justified. Why'd they cancel it? Guys, gallbladder needed to be removed. Yeah, it was a legitimate uh, reason. Fair enough. No, but to this minute, no. I don't know why the other bands no. didn't just play. No. I wanted to see Three Days Grace. I won't lie. I was going they to Mosh. But I wanted to see Three Days Grace. That was the band I was actually excited to see. It would have been legends in those rednecks' hearts if yeah. they had gone up and still played. Did like a full set. Like a double yeah. set. Yeah. With a rupturing gallbladder. And I would have been happier because I don't even really like Five Finger Death Punch. Yeah. 
I, I like Three Days Grace. I was excited to hear, ah, hey, everything about you. And I was excited to go back to that time when I'd run upstairs and slam my door and blast that song. But it was robbed from me. Was Godsmack there too? <laughs> oh, fuck. oh, man. Could you imagine the fucking you. crowd? Yeah. Like, Godsmack, hell yeah. Whiskey hangover. <laughs> Load me up, bartender. Man, that was one drunk town. Yeah, it was <laughs> those people crazy. Six thousand blackout drunk hicks, <laughs> woo wee, screaming about how much they love the military, even though they refuse to serve. But that's that's the last thing I'll say. Uh, I, I would have served. Nobody in Five Finger Death Punch has served. Yeah, I would have, except for my seventeen felonies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> except for my troubling meth habit. Thirteen DWIs. <laughs> I could fly a helicopter. <laughs> That play, <laughs> that plays so perfectly into my next disappointment. Military? No, no. <laughs> oh, damn! Oh. Jesus Christ! <gasps> Six Sam. Um, there was a time in our human history where religion justified the persecution and destruction of the educated and of the sciences. All right. As we Is go into this always time right now where people are getting very rich with no skill set and no required education and the quickest way to get rich now is by making a successful youtube channel where you play minecraft mm -hmm. i see what are you saying about minecraft what are you saying about my minecraft <laughs> i had to YouTube get a little channel. i had a little bit of stab at it <laughs> just just because the last 400 videos only, I put up have only gotten 12 views doesn't mean it's not going to spike. As we only poor people play Dark Souls doesn't mean you have to get on that. <laughs> as we reach a time where every group of four guys has the ego to believe they could make a podcast that anybody would ever listen to. Well, we sure. do this for ourselves. Let's I'm not listening. kid anyone. Yeah, I, I know. I, know. <laughs> um, I see us, and, and as po poli politics get to the place where they are right now, I see us going back to this time where there isn't very active an intentional war on education where it's not even enough to say that um, you don't need an education to succeed, but where I see certain aspects, certain uh, people in our society hating the educated and thinking that the educated are the enemy, the anti-vax community who thinks that every doctor that wants their kid to get vaccinated is actually working for this mysterious big pharma that they're making billions of dollars to push these, mm -hmm infected things into you well um, i mean they're making billions of dollars but <laughs> there is a public service yeah. element to it <laughs> you know what I, like i always thought it was funny like if you thought they were a scam wouldn't the easiest thing to just be like give everyone saline and charge them for it right like why why would you where's the why, poisoning yeah, come in saying, yeah like, actually develop you, like, the over -engineer medicine engineer this scam and I, the easiest scam in the world to, and, and what I was looking for when I was ignoring you, Tom, I'm sorry, was this conversation I had, because I get into fights on Facebook. It's like one of my... I love seeing them. It's like probably one of my most distinguished features. It's a Sam pastime. It really it's, is. It's a hobby of yours. And, it's um, joyful. This, I, I'm removing names from this because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But this is one I got into very recently about climate change. And this was this is not scripted. This is something that this is just two people talking out in the world right now. You mean fake change? They, they came out and they did this big thing about a dis they they shared an article that had already been debunked that um, the the head meteorologist of the Weather Channel had said that climate change is false. Whatever. Um, 
I Meteorologist. Mean, I mean, the guy, oh, the guy from the Weather Channel. Yeah, I know, I know. Fuck. And this, this went into a big got thing. got his finger on the scientific pulse. This person that shared this constantly goes on about how you shouldn't trust scientists, essentially. And so I comment, and I'm just reading this word for word, so warts and all, it's good or it's bad. I mean, this is just the conversation. LOL, I don't believe their data unless it supports what I already decided I want to believe. You're a gem, never change. They reply, Samuel... Wish you would believe me as quickly as you believe what they've been feeding you. Ha. I say, easy. Go and get your doctorate in environmental science at a reputable institution. Write your thesis on climate change. And if you come back and tell me mankind has had no measurable impact on the environment, I'll believe you. Good luck. I'll wait. (laughs) Oh, there you go again. (laughs) Worship of academia over the exercise common sense. Your serve. Common sense, huh? I go, you know, I, I hate to admit it. But you've really gotten through to me. Education is pointless. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> There's the Sam line I was waiting for. That's the Samiest thing you've ever You're read. right. I'm a retard. <laughs> oh, shit, you're right. <laughs> hey, while we're at it, can I do your next surgery? How hard can it really be? I promise I'll trust my gut and I won't look up a single thing. <laughs> then he goes, uh, Samuel, you got me there. Just hoping to leave the next generation some remnant of freedom. Oh, so that's yeah. the conversation. Really? That's, that's from death. beginning to end. That's, the, like, that's basically pearl clutching. So it is. So that's and I and that's not just that conversation. I see arguments like this all over the place all the time, where people have suddenly chalked being uneducated and trusting your instincts, which can be wrong for anybody, over the opinions of the people that have devoted their lives to the study of that thing. Education is one of the greatest gifts we have in the first world. The opportunity to go and learn and improve is something that they don't have everywhere, but we have been given in great supply. And I was really trying to avoid putting it like this, but I don't know how to do how else to say it. The Republican Party, which has openly quoted that they love the uneducated, has done this great thing, this fantastic thing, where anybody that doesn't agree with their principles, and, and particularly usually the Christian faith, is to put it back to these dark ages, a witch doctor who's lying to deceive the entire nation with things like vaccines, with things like climate change, where what's funny is that you don't even have to sacrifice anything to accept these principles, right? Worst case scenario, you believe in climate change. And I don't pretend to be an expert. I don't have my doctorate in those things. I have read some data and I, I've come to conclusions, right? Um, the worst thing you can do if you improve the environment is you have a cleaner, you have cleaner air. But Sam... <laughs> Science is a liar sometimes. I, you, I was going to say this, that same thing came to mind. No, and... and <laughs> Always sunny. Oh. And there's, there's room for that. Do you know how we get past that? Mm-hmm. We allow ourselves to keep learning and sure. we keep valuing the education. Well, we keep valuing experimentation. Nothing bad ever happened to someone who asked a question. Right. Um, one thing also with that exchange specifically that is important to note, freedom itself comes with almost an equal weight of responsibility. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> like... Uh, people are free to do whatever they want. I don't really care. But as soon as people start complaining about things that they refuse to do anything to prevent or anything like that, and I guess that doesn't entirely fit with that exact exchange, but in general, like realizing that if you are more free than someone else, the responsibility is, you know, it's incumbent on you to do what you can to help if you're a good person. If you're not a good people can be bad people too. Who cares? Yeah. Well. I think it's the people of blind faith. 
mm-hmm. I guess, is like really what like the anti-vaxxers that heard from somebody that heard from somebody that heard from somebody that heard from an Instagram influencer. Yeah, that it does this. Here, though, here's the world I see, and here's what scares me. And I'm not hijacking it from you. I'm, I'm building on your point. Yeah. The, the, the projection of where we are at right now to its fullest of where I believe that we will end up is where we get our data and our information for how we react and adjust to problems from the 14-year-old girl on TikTok showing her cleavage as opposed to the 50-year-old veteran of the sciences who's devoted their entire lives to multiple doctorates on how to adapt and create oh. a problem. Not that they're infallible. Not that they're infallible. Science- Nobody trusts saggy tits. <laughs> but I, I predict this future where we're going to have because I mean like the anti-vax see no the real fix is to hire the 14 year old TikToker as a spokesperson to read the script that the 50 year old wrote but these scientists don't make any money so they can't do it <laughs> so, so we need grants for thoughts Thought grants for thoughts this is a alright let's hammer out exactly what the new world order should be here and now yeah. At, um, well, it's not a new world order. The world has always risen and fallen on the backs of tits. Can we just say that's that? True. That that is the the truest thing that you can say. Wars have been started and and lives have been lost over Cleopatra. a great pair of boobs, and that will never change. Cleopatra was kind of a dog, though. <laughs> just kidding. Based on the coins. That's a spicy. <laughs> yeah. Historical hot takes. I'm coming for you. Oh, when they're Egyptian. like, this is this is what Cleopatra used to look like. Everybody's like, oh, she was so fucking hot. I'm like, I no, he was hideous. <laughs> yeah, man. I was like, look what at the you, coins. I was like, what are you talking about? Ick. Well, anyway, that Cleopatra. Anyway, so that would bring us to number five, Tom. The blind oh. faith. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess to sum up, what? Yeah. So yeah. I guess my my disappointment is, is in the um, decreased value of education. Or the, the weaponization of ignorance. Let's put it like that. The All weaponization right. of ignorance is my biggest disappointment. Mm. Not that we should have blind faith in the educated, but that I believe that we should still be building that yeah. education. Right. Does that I make agree. sense? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Thank you. What am I? Five. Five. All right. Um, <clears throat> here's another big, heady issue. The death of privacy. I'm down. Specifically, NSA mass surveillance being revealed in its fullest extent by Mm -hmm. a patriot known as Edward Snowden, who is no longer allowed to come back to this country because of human being because of massive air quotes, treason. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, what else can be said? This guy basically worked as a contractor for the NSA and he's like, uh, by the way, just so you know, the NSA can literally just watch you through your laptop camera and they have giant databases of all your interactions. Just you, know, you might want to know. Well, that. and the thing, this like the the important part isn't that like, I mean, domestically it specific. Is, it is important, but the important part isn't even that they have the ability to just interact with anyone's information personally at any time. Where it's like, oh, let's look at Sam's webcam. Mm-hmm. The the more important point is all of that information from everywhere is being collect or uh, is being aggregated passively all the time for everyone. Yeah, stored. And then they and then they just go, "Oh, did Sam do something?" and then they just look up your name in their database and they have everything you've ever done. Yeah, where it gets that's, scary. That's the bigger part. Where it gets scary for me is that that in turn the natural evolution of that is when they start you can build a case against anybody for anything. Sure. Yeah. That's where it gets scary for me. And mm-hmm. so far we haven't seen a case officially Not yet. Officially come officially, out. Officially. Yeah. Not that yeah. we know of. Not, I mean, 
there's like shady shit that happens all the time, like mm-hmm. unknown leaking sources and stuff. It's like, mm. but we haven't seen anything come out directly from NSA collection that has a bearing on a case that we know of so far. Black ops. But it's only a matter of time. It's what's going to happen. It's like I mean, what the correct government. Where yeah. we're the direction yep. we're heading right now with the the everybody chooses their political party and pledges absolute allegiance to it, and as long as the right or the left is winning and they're a part of that team, they're excited about it. We are going to see continually uh, making enemies of the other side, and that eventually evolves into well, now we need to persecute the other side. It's just natural human nature. Well, this is also, a cycle that's repeated. And then you justify that with data you've collected by the NSA. Oh, this person does this, this, and this, and this. They need to go to jail. So the other part of that equation, it's like political party plus X equals this is the shit they did. The X is there are institutions in our government that don't have term limits. There's people that have been in positions that they've been in for 30, I mean, Which 20 is years. ridiculous. Basically the entire executive branch. I think everybody can agree. I, that's the one issue I've never seen anybody disagree with, term limits. Yeah. Like, it just seems like such a basic thing that should be But, there. like, NSA, like, the directors and stuff, they yeah. don't have to retire. Or they don't have to, like, step <laughs> down and let someone come in. They get appointed, and then they're just there. So, I hate to throw around the word deep state, but... It's the part of the state that exists outside of term limits. So Mm -hmm. what else do you really refer to them as? They exist through presidencies. Mm -hmm. So once objectives... Well, okay, I'm going to go into tinfoil hat territory here a little bit. (laughs) Once objectives of these deep state members line up with a political party, bad things happen Mm -hmm. or will happen. So... uh. Basically, if I had to say anything, protect your privacy as much as you can. Uh, it's at this point, it's almost impossible. Where we all have cell phones right now, and they're yeah, constantly recorded. pinging cell phone towers. Yep. Google is notoriously well. That's what I was gonna, shit at managing yeah, your what data. I was gonna say and, when I was. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say um, like when I was in law enforcement school, and the academy, they're like, oh yeah, you know, we just pull up this map, and it has like. 200 pings around us of people that have done shady or illegal shit and they're like we just don't have time to pick them up but at any point in time we could just go there and get them yeah like stuff like that yeah i'm like what the fuck now that on a national scale right is terrifying (laughs) yeah and they literally like pulled up the map and then said oh look at all these people in our area in wisconsin and all that shit that yeah just you know they just have big enough cases or we have bigger things to worry about than going and getting them at this point in time and i'm not i'm not saying like because the argument at all for the all ages is going to be, well, if you're not doing anything wrong, you don't have anything to worry about. That is not an argument for you're arguing for people to look into your lives at all times for any reason. Watch any of these shows. There's a million on Netflix right now where people have false cases built against them. Yeah. That, yeah. And I don't know. It's a scary world. I, I agree with you 100%. Anybody, anybody out there, anybody, 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 if somebody wanted to, with the power and access to your information, could build a case about something terrible you've done. Yep. And what you can do now, ditch these private companies that have ties with the NSA. It's hard now because all the major manufacturers and major companies have some sort of tie to the NSA um, or anything like that. Even private companies, like at the bare minimum, 
targeted advertisement is creepy enough. Yeah. I mean, here, here's a crazy one. This isn't tinfoil hat. This is a real thing that we know happened or and probably still happened. <coughs> um, <clears throat> it, as it turns out, a bunch of companies, Apple was the one that we know about for sure. Apple has like detailed uh, x-ray images of what they know their enterprise server equipment is supposed to look like. So like they buy their network equipment from Cisco. We know that. And they know what it looks like under x-ray because whenever they get new server equipment, they x-ray it because they want to know if anything was added onto it between them purchasing it and them receiving it. Because we know for a fact that the NSA has, has field offices that look and act and behave just like normal post offices. And they get people's mail and they interdict their mail and they open it and they like for things like server equipment and they add their own uh, mm -hmm. technology into it and then they package it back up and forward it along to where it was going to. Happens That's some all the time. shit. Yep. So here's the this is the number one word and it's a buzzword and everybody has been hearing it. If anyone <laughs> you know ever says anything bad about the word encryption, run away from them. <laughs> Encryption is the one, the last bastion of defense we have against this kind of thing. Obfuscating your data in such a way that it cannot be interpreted by somebody intercepting it from the outside is the only way we can prevent this kind of spying. So, the more things we can encrypt, the better it'll be. There's not a whole lot of options right now. The VPN is a good start, but that's not even an assurance of privacy, really. Um... But yeah, you know, as private citizens, that's really all you got if you want to exist in the digital age anyway. If you want to go back to Amish times, then I guess they'd have to have a sleeper agent. When we're all gone, the Amish will rule the world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They'll, what, no, what was our movie idea? You get, you yeah, get lost. back in time. Yeah. But you're not back in time. You're in an you're Amish, in an Amish <laughs> movie. Yeah, 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 but you yeah. think you went back in time. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. Corey? All right, so my number four is perpetual debt. Yeah. Oh. Because. <laughs> Tell me more. So I guess it's like, I'll make this one short because we've been going on long for all I don't want to cut you off, but we'll have to wrap it up now. I owe you a conversation. You owe me a conversation? All right. I'll try to remember that. <clears throat> I was making another joke. Perpetual oh, debt. Uh, ha, oh. Ha. Uh, I owe you yeah. one conversation. Go on. All right, so. <laughs> The, the idea basically being like, I mean, I'm not that old, and in my lifetime, it used to be that, you know, a new iPhone comes out. Oh, damn, I can't afford it. I guess I'll buy something else. You can get a line of credit from anyone to buy anything. now. Yep. And yep. that's just the normal way that you purchase things. It's like, oh, you want a new TV? Oh, get a, get a line of credit from Samsung and just buy a TV and just pay monthly for it. And it's like, it and it, and it lines up with the things that, that you're buying and paying perpetually for rather than buying outright are disposable on life cycles consumerate with uh, the term of the loan that you brought out for the thing. Yeah, planned yeah. obsolescence. It's yeah. it's almost impossible to live within your means right now because it's, it's, it's so the, hard to nail down what your yeah, means actually it's the are. the ultimate conclusion of like, oh, well, what's how long is a, uh, like a, a brand new flagship smartphone, how long will that be really good for? It's uh, like three years. It's, it's designed to fail after three years. They uh, stop supporting. Yeah. Yeah. About three years. Well, it's like, well, that's, you know, you go to AT&T, you get a phone plan or you buy a, you buy a phone from months. a manufacturer. It's like 36 months. Yeah. 
Yep. That's that's all. Oh, you know, or or you could pitch your... in a couple extra bucks a month and get a brand new phone every year. Isn't that yeah. convenient? Yeah. But then your contract is okay with that. Apple. Yeah. And, and then I mean that's I'm just using phones in as a, as an example, but that's like that's an analog a, the for, most poignant for basically the direction that yeah. most most ubiquitous consumer goods are going yeah. towards. There's good debt and bad debt. Good debt, a mortgage. You're paying towards something. Like, you're paying towards owning a house. You can make improvements on the house. I you mean, can flip it, your house and make money and off it's, of it. It's more that the thing that you're paying off will be worth something yeah. at any point during the, the term of the loan and beyond the loan. Yeah. Whereas, you know, anything a else, car. Like, a, like a phone or a car, diminishes in value as time goes on. And, and the things that you're paying off, you're not getting that back. You're just throwing that money into the void to because have. just because you didn't have the money to front to buy it to begin with. And that's where we're headed with education now, too. It used to be that a degree meant something. A bachelor's degree specifically meant something. Mm -hmm. Like, you went to college. You went above and beyond. You excelled. And you got this extra degree that says, I am extra qualified for this position, which makes you much more yeah, The master's degree is the new bachelor's degree. Yeah, yeah and that's bullshit. Because... Now, grad school costs twice as much yep. as undergrad. Yep, and and they keep hiking up requirements for every job. Yeah, yeah, no and shit. they yeah like that. That's just a reaction to it because mm -hmm. colleges admit anybody with a pulse now. Yep, there is nothing special about yeah. going to college at all. Nope. You used to have to excel in high school and prove that you were worth further education. Well, yeah, that was the meme my entire life, right? Like, yeah, you better exactly. do well in high school or you're not going to get into college. Yeah, and then you like you graduate and you're like the first college you apply to, you get accepted to, and you're like wow, man, I must be doing pretty good. I then, made it. <laughs> then you go there and you're like, I don't know what I want to do with my life or anything like that. And then, you know, $60,000 in debt later and you're like, okay, well, this was a huge waste of time. And right. then it, it's not even a guarantee of a job even if you did graduate. Yeah. No. Well, it's kind of like how I approached my second degree. It was just like, it's, it's just a piece of fucking paper that says I can start this job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't see it as like, oh, very good, good grades because of such and such so, reason. Yeah. We have a similar kind of path on yeah. like the uh, technical school side of things. Yep. That, I think, still has some value to it. Yep. It's yeah. not as expensive. Kinda. It's focused, at least for LSC, which yep. we both went to. Yep. They're, what they teach you is practical. It's not yep. this theoretical stuff. It's like, right. when you get a job in this industry, they will expect you to do these things. Here's how you do them. Mm -hmm. Right. And universities, which are practically useless... <laughs> You go there and you get a bunch of high-minded talk about like, you know, liberal arts and things. And I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not diminishing education. It's the war on education. I, I knew no! that. No, I'm not saying that. There's, there's a place for that kind of. I understand. Well, okay. First of all, generals are inexcusable. The idea of generals in college. Yeah, generals are disgusting. Yes. You go to college and they're like, you have to take these nine courses that are not relevant to anything you I'm want. Russian by literature. The, by the way, give me $40,000. Yep. Yes. And then it's like, oh, but you can take out a loan. Right. It's fine. And 15 of your classes has to be The government will cover it for you. Well, it's such a song and dance. The instructors don't care about it. You yeah. don't care about it. Everybody's just trying to get through those. They're, yeah. not, they're not conducive towards anything. No. It's yeah. an obstacle. And it's like, <laughs> I've said this before and I'll say it again. If there was an apprenticeship system for everything, oh yeah, that is the way to go because you're furthering your education doing. practically. You're doing a job. I don't know who said it first because I've been saying that for years. I don't know if we came to that conclusion together. If you said it first and I copied it from you, 
I've been saying that the apprentice well, system about is the way to do it. Times. Yeah, that that is the way it should be. Yeah, but you, know? you just start. You don't know anything. The guy who is teaching you presumably knows stuff. <laughs> and he's like, this is what I do. This is how I do it. And then you learn and you get better at doing that thing until mm-hmm. a point you reach a point where you're like, now you can do it on your own. And make it better. Or make and it better. university is like, I guess, theoretically supposed to operate in a similar way. But now it's just so wrapped up in money and financial aid all i know is that all my richest friends didn't go to college that's all i know that the truth (laughs) so that's number four it's a piece of paper that's the fun thing about these discussions though is that i come out here and i say oh man the war on education is is going to destroy mankind and and i could say all these big dramatic things and right after that we can have a conversation about how education is corrupted and is going in the wrong direction well formal education in like that kind of setting is being educated, knowing more, knowing right. how mm-hmm. to, especially knowing how to receive information, well, interpret like edu- it for yourself. Education as a concept versus like education as an institution. Yeah, right. the institution of education is fucked. Being educated is wonderful. <laughs> what I'm saying is that it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And that we can like, both be in pretty much agreement and say almost seemingly contradictory things. Sure. One after another and still agree with each other. It's interesting. But yeah. I 100% agree with everything you're saying. And I understand the uh the line between what i've said and what you've said i i get that i'm mm-hmm. not lost on it you weren't raging against the machine yeah <laughs> yeah number three Balls dakota parade uh number three don't steal mine no modest mouse show what's that modest mouse getting canceled oh Another yeah cancellation. oh yeah that was this yeah. year too yep so how was the Privilege. the crowd for that cancellation that, you know that was a bunch of people my age my make my build <laughs> they all just went home and went to sleep yeah. <laughs> it was i got work tomorrow yeah there was the <laughs> as opposed to um five finger death punch where the town was nuts until 4 a.m and everybody was just destroying everything there was no it was pretty much dead everybody that was going to go to Mars Mars just went home I'm like all right well yeah all right well i guess i'll listen to float on on my way home yeah <laughs> that was a bummer though i was excited <laughs> to see them all right, well, then it's time to nominate number ones. We'll start with Sam. I got one. Genuinely can't remember. I know one that will guarantee win. Guarantee. I think I've got guaranteed. one. Oh, sure. Um, I'm trying to decide if I want to go for another lofty one or... Holy shit, it's one in the morning. Or go for the funny one. Uh, Mine's unironic. And yeah, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go with... I'll go with <laughs> What what I genuinely consider my biggest disappointment of the 2010s is myself. <laughs> Anything specific? Yeah, well, you have to understand, 2010 is the the year I got out of the military. I oh, had right. I had six pack abs. The army had spent four years telling me how <laughs> how smart I was because I showed up on time and could use words like caveat that I actually honestly at that time believed I was a genius. <laughs> I really did. Like I'm not afraid to admit that I really thought I was a genius. Um, I thought I was going to get out of the military. I thought I literally thought I was going to become a doctor. I thought I was going to probably create a cure for something and do all of this great stuff while staying in my incredible army shape. Of course, yeah. <laughs> um, I when I say my, I I don't want to take away. I have a wonderful wife. My daughter is my entire world. I am successful in my career to a point where they're talking about promotions and stuff like that. Like I'm not knocking what I have done. But if you had seen me in 2010 and the idea I had of myself, <laughs> I would probably 
hang myself if I saw what I became. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? You're like, this is you. <laughs> that I am the version of myself that would have been shown by the ghost of Christmas future in 2010 <laughs> to motivate myself to stay in school. Like, you're bald, you're fat. <laughs> you still play video games till 2 a.m. every day. This is your future if you don't change. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, number one. This one will win. For sure. Go for it. Full show. It's a little band that happened to dissolve. The corporate white boys breaking up. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. Okay, well, my number one was Game of Thrones. My number one was the Bad Faller show. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm, so I'm changing my number one to corporate white boys breaking up. Uh, that was seriously bummed when that happened. Yeah, I'm changing my number one to that one too. As much that as I would love to be the biggest, <laughs> as much here's here's my only pitch is that it'd be pretty funny if I was the biggest disappointment. <laughs> like on paper, that's pretty second. funny. You can get second place still. That so would we're th- voting on second now, so yeah, I'll still I'm throw down. myself out there. I think Sam Center being the second biggest disappointment I'm of down. 2010 is funny. pretty funny. I think that's funny. Yeah. So let's run through them. Number ten. Okay. Uh, number ten was the dopamine economy. Number nine was the great streaming service fracture. Number eight was piggybacked off that. Uh, everything becoming a subscription service. Number seven was the Five Finger Death Punch show getting canceled. Number six was the weaponization of ignorance. Good God, all these like was it thesis, yeah, thesis whatever topics. Was. Number five was uh, the death of privacy, NSA mass surveillance. Number four was perpetual debt, not to be confused with everything being a subscription. Three was Modest Mouse, getting canceled. Number two was me, Samuel Center. (laughs) Number one was the breakup of the corporate white boys. The greatest band of all time. Just in case you don't, for some reason you're listening and you don't know what this was. um, One of the big reasons uh, Tom, Corey, and I got close was we were in a band with an unnamed uh, fourth person. And... I, I'm not going to say that we would have gotten like big, but I, th- I think we would have been successful locally. If yeah. nothing else, I think we had the, we wrote some really cool songs. It was Agreed. a blast. Um, I think that if we'd kept growing again, I think, I think we would have been one of those bands around the local scene that people were kind of excited to see. Yeah. Big if we put in Dave work and, and time. We would have learned a lot from our first show and yeah. carried yeah. it onward, I feel like. And unfortunately, we, we did fall apart uh, due to the fourth member deciding that they were done with it, which was always going to happen. And then we just never really got momentum. And instead of blaming that person, like we like to do, mm-hmm. really the problem was that we lacked the momentum to carry on on our own. I agree. Yeah. Equipment yeah. And, and motivation to do it. Well, which at that is- time, me and Corey lived in an apartment where we couldn't really have a band yeah. And so did phase. I. Yeah. There was nothing we could have done about that. Yeah. There wasn't um, really a spot. There's stopping us now. That's, uh, except for the fact that now Tom except lives I live in Minneapolis. Miles away. <laughs> well, we, go, we can record. Yeah. That's true. Well, we- actually, I have been writing music, and you will be receiving... Uh, tracks to record drums to just so you know wonderful yeah really there's no excuse not to be making music and i would still like to make music with you guys and i do need a bass player you have a bass right i do have a bass (laughs) i would like that a lot yeah if we can record some bass we'll get something good will come out of disappointments then um that's it that's it yeah i guess that's it that's a mega soda if there ever was one yeah this one is bordering on time for the last one I will say that I'm more proud of this one. Can I say that without we smelling, more, like I'm, I'm far, I'm smelling yeah, my own we fart? We had more intelligible discussions. <laughs> yeah, I think there's some really interesting stuff in this one. And it's got a little bit of something for everybody. There's video game talk and TV talk. And then there's, you know, 
the dopamine economy, which is just I want I want to write that book just so <laughs> just to have it, yeah, just to copyright it before yeah. someone else takes it. That's cool. If you're listening and you want to write a book about dopamine economy, don't even think but about don't it. give talk Corey to, his talk cut. to me about licensing that. Name. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm willing to sell. He'll it do a right monthly price. subscription. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. for the license. Speaking of which, we're going to launch. We're uh, I think we we hesitated, but we want to announce the launch of our new streaming service, the Talk Shop. Yep, online. Yeah, all which, of our back catalog. Which is now behind a paywall. Accessible for nineteen ninety nine a month. Yep. No, 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 no. That's too high. Just three, three, three bucks a month. <laughs> three bucks a month. Yep. Three. Yeah. You just tack it on to whatever. What other are you poor? Yeah, you're not, not going to notice three bucks a month. Yeah. You're going to help support us make content. And Our motto is set it and forget it. <laughs> Your payment details. That is. Yes, that's what I was alluding yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Thanks Correct. again, everybody, for for hanging out. Thanks for listening. Yeah. There's no $10 prize at the end of this one. Uh, We'll probably record a, well, hopefully we can do like another Do West one of these days. That'd be fun. I'd I do that. I love that, yeah. Yeah, Do West is a lot of fun. Pick off with, uh, I don't remember the <laughs> character's name. I don't know where we left off. I'd have to listen to it a little Loco bit to Lee. refresh myself. Uh, and, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd have to look it up. I, I know where uh, Brother Miles is. He's sitting poolside drinking Troll's Breath. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Achieving that's a, enlightenment. That's yep. a deep cut. For the art talk shop, yeah, that, that's a that's an inside joke that there ever was. When I tell you what, well, remember, it's recorded, uh, so you can go back and listen in the to back it. of the head and calling it a day. <laughs> yeah, rabbit punches to the face. Yeah, boom. <laughs> All right, thank you, everybody. As always, tell a friend, etc. Uh, see you. Bye. Bye.